Coming to you from the Troy Lee Design Saloon in Corona, California, it's the Whiskey Throttle Show, bringing you the legends and leaders of our sport with your host, David Pingree. This week's guest is brought to you by Yamaha, the leaders in the power sports industry. Motocross bikes, street bikes, adventure bikes, generators, side-by-sides, quads, boats. Yamaha sets the standard. Yamaha revs your heart. Today's guest is presented by Therabody, the world leader in human performance, wellness, and recovery. The pioneers of percussive therapy, Therabody changed the game with the Theragun device. Their arsenal has grown to include recovery compression systems, power.electric muscle stimulators, adjustable vibrating foam rollers, and a complete line of organic wellness solutions with their TheraOne lineup. Whether you are a world-class athlete or you are just looking to improve your overall health, TheraBody has the tools to help. Today's show brought to you in part by Method Race Wheels, the strongest, lightest, fastest wheels in off-road. Method dominates the off-road market, and they have the wheels for your truck, sprinter, SUV, Jeep, or van. SKDA Graphics. SKDA has turned the motorcycle graphic design world on its head by bringing a fast, fresh look into the sport. From outside-the-box designs to retro looks to a complete line of Whiskey Throttle show graphics, SKDA is operating on a completely different plane than the rest. With free global shipping on orders of over $100 and unrivaled customer service, right now is the time to freshen up the look of your ride. Troy Lee Designs. Built for the world's fastest racers, Troy Lee Designs blends elite-level protection with a history of industry-leading style and performance. From motocross gear to custom paint to bicycle protection, Troy Lee Designs is waiting for you on the next level. Thank you for joining us here at the Whiskey Throttle Show, folks. I am your host, David Pingree, and I'm joined by my buddy who's always got a seat here at the co-host table, Mr. Grant Langson. Welcome back, brother. Yeah, thank you. Wouldn't miss this one. Get the hurricane in the house. Get to learn a little bit more about him, so I'm excited for this. Yeah, it's uh, this is one we've been uh, waiting for for a long time. I've been bugging the crap out of Eddie Cole to make this happen for me for years, because uh, Bob will not pick up his phone for many people, and I'm certainly on that list that uh, don't get an answer. <laughs> but uh, we made it happen. If he didn't have caller ID, maybe I would have. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so our guest today, guys, needs no introduction. If you're sitting in this room, you, you're well aware of what he's done. A uh, living legend, seven-time national champion, the original OG badass of motocross. Folks, help me welcome to the Whiskey Throttle Show, Mr. Bob Hurricane Hanna. So, Bob, welcome back to uh, Southern California. I, I Oh, glad to be here. <laughs> I know you love it down here. I do. I loved it right out here, believe me. I just had the most fun hour in uh, a long time, tell you the truth. Flying into LA sucks, I hate it down here. I come from here, but I, I had a gas right out there. It's like being, the only thing I miss about racing motorcycles, I hate to say it, you might piss everybody off about riding them, but as the trophy, after the race, because I had fun after the race. Oh, I've more seen the fun pictures. Than ever, and I miss, I miss that part, and that was like being after a race out there, but I didn't have to race. Perfect. Nice. So we can just set up after parties. If you, I can come at 5.30 at night and don't have to race, I'm good. Now, you talked a lot of crap on guys in the 90s, but that's what we like, too. I didn't think you were <laughs> going to bring that up about the 90s. 
because I was going to refrain from talking about the guys. They weren't all crappy. McGrath was in the 90s, wasn't he? It was just some of those skinny yeah. little bastards that didn't do much. Yeah, I know. I know. Those guys you are know? terrible. They were terrible. Um, when we get started on this show with the Method Race Wheels front-end chatter, if you folks are not familiar with those uh, products, they make the fastest, lightest, strongest wheels in off-road racing. 20% off if you go there and use our code. You can buy a set of wheels, save a lot of money. Uh, methodracewheels.com forward slash whiskey throttle. Uh, so check those guys out. Uh, Bob, I want to start with just asking what you've been up to. Uh, you kind of you disappear into the Idaho mountains and and we don't hear in much what from year? you. What year? What do you mean? You're a little vague. Well, give me well, the last. I've been up to last year. Last I've been up couple, to last, last decade. Give me the, the last decade? ten years. Yeah, just in general. The decade. I don't do much different. In the decade, I've been in the same house uh, for thirty years. Uh, last decade, I uh, stay at home. I deal with airplane sales, and uh, play with my dogs. Fly airplanes. Ride bicycles. But. I don't do much. I don't go anywhere. I don't go to. Uh, somebody was jacking with me the other day. They go, where was I? I, I was at somebody's house and they said uh, something about going to people's houses. And I go, my airplane partner, I've been to his house twice in uh, 25 years. Twice. I went and looked <laughs> at his house partner. in McCall and I went to look at his house in Boise, but I've never been to his house since because I don't like going to people's houses. I go to very few people's houses. I go to Eddie Cole's house, but I don't like to do that anymore after this week. Um, that's out I think this is the last trip down there but <laughs> I go to my buddies in Hartnett's I keep the motorcycles at Hartnett's he's the motorcycle manager so there's motorcycles down there to ride we fly in there a buddy of mine Jeff Hicks usually goes with me we have Harleys down there and Tenere's and uh, YZ's and and uh, I go to his house but I don't go to people I'm not much of a socializer I don't like crowds this is a freaking crowd right here and this is really sucks out here <laughs> okay three's a crowd that's right. I got you. I don't like crowds well I, I tried to space but I had out. a black I shit and blast out there I yeah. met some real jackasses out there tonight it was funny <laughs> guys I went to school with guys that were Unadilla one guy I jumped a bicycle over 40 years ago I mean it was pretty funny that was and funny. one guy with a 53 year old wife I don't know if he even got in here but <laughs> I really like that guy. <laughs> Jesus. I, I forgot his name, but I know what she looks like. <laughs> oh, you are here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh here we go. Um, tell, I've heard a story about you. Yeah. Uh, Bones from Pro Circuit was telling me he used to stay at your house, actually, sometimes, because Jeff Hicks was living with you. And you'd be out of town racing, and he'd stay over there with Jeff. I, I don't, you know, whatever. I don't know they were what doing. they did. I'm not going to get into yeah, it. But he said that you had, he never even knew this was a thing, you had a carpet rake. And they had to rake their way out of your house we with a rake. Okay, I'm a so, little fussy about crap. <laughs> you know, I like stuff just, yeah, perfectly manicured. Okay. Yeah. So it makes sense you've been in the same house 30 years. It probably looks brand new, doesn't not, it? Not anymore. I'm not as picky anymore. Oh, okay. No, okay. I got dogs. I got dogs. I was gonna you say, got dogs, dogs inside. My dog. Oh, my god, dogs inside. Shit, I. When I sleep at night, my one dog, my one gold moves up to my head and lays on the pillows. Then he moves down on my legs. Then he moves up on my head. The other one stays down there. But I've had four of them on there at one time. You know, I'm, well, a, I'm not that picky about dogs. Okay. I'm not picky about dirt. I don't like germs. Mm. Yeah. So COVID was Hence probably see, a real nightmare for you. Hence, alcohol wipes here from shaking all these knuckleheads' hands. <laughs> Uh, all right, I want to touch on something before we move on to your story. Uh, you're still involved with Matrix Concepts quite a bit. You oh, might, have you guys, I mentioned Matrix? You might notice the Matrix Concepts products and logos. Um, 
I, you and Eddie Cole have a long-standing friendship, and, yeah. and I know you're about involved with that company. I think 80, 90 years is what it feels like today. Feels longer, like a bad marriage. Like a marriage. Yeah. yeah. Well, tell me a little bit about your involvement there. I got involved. I first met him at Indian Dunes or somewhere out there racing with him, and I was thinking today, it's just maybe it was, wouldn't have been a bad idea if we would have just passed in the parking lot and never met. You know what I mean? But it did Most happen. marriages are like that. Yeah. <laughs> No, I've been hanging around for years. We got to be friends in 76, and uh, he's been basically using my ass ever since to make money and doesn't really invite me to bar. I've never been to a barbecue at his house, but I've been to his house a lot of times to do stuff like this. It seems a yeah. little one-sided, maybe. It, it will be a lot oh. of one-sided. Yeah. Well, it's a good thing he's a nice dude. Anyway. And he, uh, he asked me comments on product and stuff, and he's always building something new, and it, you know, like his latest stand, the uh, one that jacks your bike up if you're real lazy and you don't have to do anything but put your foot on it. Yeah. Yeah, that one, he sells lots of well, those. This, we're at the Vet World Championships. There's a yeah, lot of old I like that one. That I want to get some of those if yeah. the tight ass will send me some because I want them from my heavy tenorings. <laughs> yeah, the tenor, yeah. it's perfect. Or little kids who can't lift their bikes up onto sure. it. Um, it's a cool product, the power lift over there. Is that that's still what we're calling it, Eddie? Yes. Okay. Uh, they've got it works new- 500 times, you know, without charging. 500 times. Plug it in, charge it up, yeah. Stainless steel gas Salesman cans. He's got right some really here. cool stuff and over it's there. It's pretty cool, like if you, huh. like if Jeff, let's just say if Jeff Ward was in here and he was over <laughs> here and he's short, so if he sat on that sucker, I could run him up here, he'd be level with all of them. <laughs> No shit. I mean. Would love to have Wardy up here. <laughs> I'd love to have Wardy You see that guy? Here. Everybody, you've already gotten your money's worth. I mean, you could go home now and like, <laughs> be like, yep, it was what I thought. Uh, all right, let's have get I mentioned any of my other sponsors? Do you want to? I'd like to because it's kind of like, have you ever seen a modern day press or uh, trophy presentation? They're pretty freaking boring. I usually fall asleep. Yeah. But, Do you want to uh, get into one of those right now? They stand up and they have somebody hold their sponsors. <laughs> On a pit board. I'd like to thank Dunlop. I really would because Dunlop is one of my sponsors still. Brian Fleck sends me tires. If I order, it's the funniest thing. If I order four tires from Dunlop, Dunlop sends me eight because Brock Glover's his boss. And Brock Glover's still thanking me for letting him buy to win that championship. (laughs) He says, send Hannah whatever he wants. He pulled over for me. I don't want to remind him of that, but he remembers that kind of crap. You know, I want to say Plexus, uh, Blake that owns Plexus sends me so much Plexus. He tells me the other day, he says, you know, the only people that use more of my product than you is the U.S. A Navy. The Navy uses more Plexus than me, barely. Because right? I'm kind of a Nazi on the window. Wow. I clean the windows of the airplane every time I land. People make fun of me. I don't like bugs on the window of the airplane, right? And I, I use that. Plexus like crazy. That's your jam, huh? And uh, Ronnie Lachine still takes me, care of me at Maxima. He gives me uh, one product he has is this cleaner. And I'm not one of these, uh, oh, what do you call it, uh, save, uh, save the planet cleaners, you know. But he has a real good one. I'm one of the guys. I like to spray that shit that kills the ozone and makes big ozone holes. <laughs> you, just, you just spray I it like into that. the sky? I just spray yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> do a big happy and, uh, face. But he's got one that's like, man, you can use it for deodorant. It's nice. It's, <laughs> and it cleans so good. It took him 40 friggin' years to send me a case of it, but he does send it to me. It was worth the wait. It well, was. We, we want to thank Dogger for that. He's, uh, he's a special guy. He so. is. Anybody else? Uh, yeah. Scorpion helmets and bell helmets. They both give me helmets for different sources. Uh, Yamaha gives me motorcycles still. So, Yamaha's a great product. I want a new product. 700 Tenere if they're listening. We mm. want three of them, matter of fact. 
Hicks wants one. My buddy Harden wants one. I want. They're hard to get right I, now. I got three nine hundreds. I got I, three of them. I, I think know. Jeff Hicks has had the longest standing factory ride of anybody in he history. He does. He called it's my by little proxy, buddy. He's but my he has buddy. it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you take good care of him. He's taking advantage of it. Too. <laughs> That's right. You're still pretty close with Keith, right, McCarty? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I talked to him. Uh, I brought him something down. This I won't tell you what I brought him, but I brought him some stuff down from Idaho he needed for his guns and mm. uh, this trip. And he was supposed to be here. I don't know where the heck he is. But he comes up to my house. He did a lot of shooting up. He stayed up there a week last year. And uh, his wife, Vicky, and she makes the best tacos in the world. She left with about... She put 40 tacos in my refrigerator. I ate them for like two weeks. It's pretty good. All right. Good Mexican food's hard to eat, huh? Well, let's get to your story, Bob. Um, you grew up in Lancaster. Uh, so Lancaster today is not super awesome. No, but it's not. How was it back then? It was then? awesome then. Somebody was talking about it today. One of these uh, guys is, I don't know. I met somebody from Palmdale. I don't know why we were talking about Palmdale. Palmdale used to be wonderful. Lancaster was wonderful. And I lived 10 miles uh, west of Lancaster was better yet. Okay. There's nothing out there. My old man worked at uh, Lockheed as a uh, inspector. He's the last inspector that signs uh, the fighters out to the pilots. So he had to check everything. He made everything right. He signs it out to the pilot before they go to fly it, right? So he moved out there to run the 104 project in uh, Palmdale. And when I was born, then, then we lived there the whole time. But we could ride. I rode right out of my house every day. You know, I didn't race till I was almost 18, but I rode. I have more time than 20 of these guys sitting here before I was 18. And I I want to talk about that because that's, to me, one of the most interesting things about your story is that uh, that short window. But we'll we'll talk about that. I I didn't realize then your dad was in the aviation industry. You've you've got a long history in that then. Yeah. And he's obviously he's in the motorcycles. My dad was a fantastic rider and uh, and my uncle was even better. Okay. Uh, my uncle was super. So when you were a kid, um, they would just you guys would just go ride from the house. It was just about having fun and trail riding. Oh yeah, I, yeah. I didn't know what motocross was. I didn't know uh, when I was racing bicycles. I would say even in bicycle motocross, in like even as late as '72, I saw a picture of Brett, a, a bicycle rider crossing up, and they put under "Eat Your Heart Out" Brad Lackey, and I went, "What's, What's that, that mean?" Yeah. I had no idea, Brad. Like, I knew no motorcycle racing. I went to the Carlsbad GP with a guy in 1972. That's the first race I ever saw. And as arrogant as I was, the guy that took me there, he says, what did you think about that? And I go, they were going good, but I don't think they were going that fast. You know, I'm thinking, <laughs> man, you were an arrogant little bastard, aren't you? So you were really good on a bicycle, too. That was another thing I learned. Yeah. You were the man on a BMX bike, but way before you... Started motorcycle riding. Yeah, well, I rode them since I was three, so not to brag, but I was very good on a bicycle. I was better on a bicycle than a motorcycle, you know? You don't want to brag, though. I don't want to brag. Okay. But I was a lot better on a bicycle <laughs> than a motorcycle. And you know I was damn good on a motorcycle, right? We so, know. We know. Because okay. um, <laughs> you rode a lot uh, Bean Canyon area, right? Cause I My got- uncle started Bean Canyon. Okay. My uncle bought an acre up there. The only thing in Bean Canyon, in the hills... Were wild horse trails. That's all. No motorcycles. Okay. He th- he brought the first guys to Bean Canyon, and there's a hor- there's a trail there that they named the Wild Horse Trail. It's still there. Yeah. And there's the Goat Trail, which is a horse trail, but it's very small, and they call it the Goat Trail. Him and my old man, and uh, they started making trails there. They started bringing guys there. I started riding there when I got my bike at seven, and he he owned the acre up there, and the, he bought the acre. 
I don't know, when I was three or something. Okay. Yeah. I don't know about you, Gio, but anytime I talk to somebody who lives up in the desert or does some trail riding, every story from Honda Valley all the way over to Bean Canyon, they're like, oh, yeah, Bob Hanna used to climb this hill right here. And then he did this. He did this on a mini bike. Oh, he went up this on a side hack. Oh, I saw him on a, a unicycle go up on this one. Everybody's got a story about you climbing a hill that, like, was there just unbelievable. There were some big hill climbs there. Oh, yeah. Especially and considering the And I like hill climbing era. better than anything. Is that, is that right? I, I go, I've gone there. When I had a factory Honda one time in 83, I went up to do some training. We started climbing this one hill. It was a nasty one in Bean Canyon. And uh, I, we didn't ride that day. We stayed all day on that son of a <laughs> Is that right? Oh, yeah. And I liked it. Just trying to see if you could get further. Yeah. Make a big hill, try to get over the top of it. And uh, we play till we run out of gas on one hill. If it's really nasty. Yeah. You know? Um, do you have any siblings? Sister. Okay. She still is she up in yeah, Idaho? She, she runs. Oh, twelve miles from me. She's a broke, uh, real estate broker. Is she as ornery as you, or no? Probably. She's redheaded. <laughs> what the hell? You think? <laughs> All right. Um, you ever met a redhead that wasn't? No, no. She's no? probably pretty gnarly. Did you ever meet a nice fifty-three-year-old Lebanese woman? Is this like out of the movie Airplane? No. Nope. You ever been in a Turkish prison? <laughs> I did, but not yet. Yeah, have you ever been? It's kind of one of those stories. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm going to leave it at that. Uh, what about when you were a kid? Did you do, outside of BMX and riding, did you play any other sports? I, ran in, tra- I ran in track. Uh, I ran in track my whole life. Huh. Uh, sp- you know, I'm kind of a weirdo in sports. I don't give a... I don't give a crap about sports. Uh, I don't like team sports, never did, because I must be too, uh, I'm uh, narcissistic. Me, I don't care, but I want to, if I be a boxer, but I don't want to be on your stupid football team unless I'm the man, <laughs> and I don't want to play baseball. I'm just not into that crap. Yeah. I've never, I've probably watched maybe two, three football games only to watch uh, Peyton or some, or, uh, now, who's the guy that's throwing the ball? Tom Brady. 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 I watched Brady a couple of times just because he's old and I like him. Yeah. I don't watch football. I don't watch baseball. I don't watch basketball. I wouldn't. Eddie likes basketball. I wouldn't watch those idiots throw basketball around for two minutes. I just go, you shitting me, right? Yeah. <laughs> do, you, do, you still, do you still follow motocross and supercross? I don't. Uh, I watch it. Uh, I watched the uh, last couple nationals this year on TV because uh, Terry had them on and... Uh, I watch them, but I'm busy. I'm a weirdo that way too. I'm not, I'm not into the. I'm into the single sport stuff. Yeah, Across individual stuff. Cross country ski racing. I like that. I like any of that stuff. Yeah. One on one, but team. I've really never been. A, I'm not a team guy. You know. No, I wouldn't I'm have guessed that, Bob. I mean, you seem so amicable. Yeah, unless I'm the boss. <laughs> uh, I, that's just the way it is. I yeah. I think a lot of motocrosses are like that, though. Not, not a lot of them enjoyed school sports or, you know, team sports. Yeah, running is kind of... I was on that, like, high jump team. Okay. I, I, I was a high jumper in my school. I was, like, number one dog. I go to the uh, meet. I, get, I go out on the first deal. There would be some black kids there, and they go, Hey, boy, how high do you jump? And I said, uh, four, eight. And they go, put the bar at five. And <laughs> you're just out. I'm gone. <laughs> I never jump. One jump at the meet, I'm gone in one jump. You were the man at your high school, though. I was the man. There was a guy. There was a bigger guy that could out jump me. I remember he could out jump me. But in my height and weight and all that, I win. I go to the meet. 
They go, what do you want? Uh, what are we? What are we jumping? Four eight. Put it at five. I'm going home. The Fosbury flop. I, they wouldn't let me do it, but I jumped four inches higher with a Fosbury. Oh, yeah? Well, well, why yeah, it, was it not allowed? They wouldn't let us. No. They think they're going to break our friggin' neck. No. But it works good. Yeah. yeah. They made a scissor jump, and I go, you're kidding me, right? <laughs> I thought the girls did that. Well, welcome to, you know, modern sports. Um, tell me about your first bike. My first bike, my dad made me out of a step-through Honda 55. And he, they're pretty tall. Okay. So he took the gas tank off, put a banana seat on it. It's in my kitchen now, all restored. This, the same one? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love it. And he put a moped tank on it, so it's a little short. They didn't have many bikes in those days. Yeah. You know, Jeff Ward could have rode it. I mean, it was like, <laughs> woo. It was short. Poor Ward, he's getting roasted. Wardy's taking a beating tonight. <laughs> I'll get on the rest of those guys later. Okay, yeah, well, just keep them coming. I'm here I'll for lay, it. I'll, I'll lay off him for now. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know, I, I, I think this is a good question to get a peek into the man you are. Tell me a little bit about your dad. You mentioned he worked for Lockheed Martin. Yeah. What was he like, though? What was he like to me? Good, good. You know, uh, take me fishing, take me hunting. We went hunting, we went fishing, we went motorcycle riding, we went somewhere every weekend. Yeah. Every, every weekend. Good it's dad. Good. Good. Oh, old, yeah. I mean, I imagine pretty old school, pretty. Yeah, he didn't like motorcycles. He didn't get me into motorcycles to race. He hated racing. Oh, really? Oh, shit. I never raced while I was with him. I raced after high school when I was on my own. My old man didn't, he wouldn't mind it, but he's afraid of me getting hurt. Mm. You know, he don't want me getting hurt. I can, t I was laughing one time. They said, and when I was racing, they said I was real crazy, real wild, but I never fell off. There's a reason why, and it's no shit. It's not a joke. My old man didn't let me falling off a motorcycle. I can tell you until I was 18 how many times I dropped one, because if I dropped it, he was on me. You know, if I rode over my head, he was on me, and I remember crashing, hiding it from him. You know, and I'd break end off a lever, and I go, "Whoa, no, he's gonna see that." He took my bike away when I was seven for doing 40 down the dirt road. He go, he saw me coming down. He goes, "How fast are you coming down that dirt road?" And I don't know, you know. 40 you know he says you were doing at least 40 he says park it oh really yeah i was seven <laughs> but you know and then when i was racing i'll give you the he, yeah but you were as tall he, as jeff ward so i was no taller than him that's day. why he did i'm it. sorry wardy he got me going I, whoa it's catching <laughs> yeah the uh when i was racing, my old man went through about six races you know and uh here's what he said to me in uh you know, approximately 70, it was 79 Hangtown, I think, and uh, Tripes was the man to beat that day, and I was saying something in the pits about, oh, it's going to be tough to beat him that day's riding good, and he goes, you don't have to beat him today. You've won enough lately. Let him win it today. Let him win it today. This he, is your dad? Yeah, he told me to slow down. He's the opposite of most dads. He said, way opposite. He has no little, uh, like, uh, what do you call a baseball dads or whatever the hell they are, little league yeah. dads or yeah. whatever. He's the opposite. Huh of kicking your ass to go fast. He'd say, let him win today, you don't need to win. You've won enough, take it easy today, we'll go home. He don't, he don't want me. Really? He, he likes to sit back and he'd read about it if I won, yeah, yeah. But he doesn't want me crashing. He that does is, not want me hurt. I would not have guessed that, that's no, crazy. No, no, totally shut me down. Huh. Tame so me you, down. Were you very self-motivated then, like you pushed yourself? I, 
you know, I don't know if I was self-motivated. Uh, I think I was when I was eight. I mean, in high school, track. I'm a self-motivated. I am not a motivational person to motivate your ass. And I learned that, like you said in the 90s, I was pissed off. I was pissed off because I'm trying to teach a guy who knows what their name is, but they say, hey, help these guys, motivate these guys. I am not a motivator because I like guys in, in the flying now, I, I always put it through. I, I, have, I tell some guys some flying tips now. Well, always somebody wants something taught to them. If they really are good pilot, if they're a new pilot, I don't even want to talk to them. Because yeah. I go, go practice. You, you don't need me. Yeah. If they're a really good pilot, they want advice, I like it. But to talk to one jerk pilot over there that, they already think she knows it all. I, I, I got no time for that crap, and I got no time for motocrossers like that either. Yeah. If you had a good motocrosser with a, a good attitude already and I could help him, I won't mind talking to him. But motivating a lazy 18-year-old is not my idea of a good time, and, and I don't think you can. No. I don't think you can. If you're motivated, you're motivated. Your dad doesn't motivate you, and you don't, and nobody else is going to motivate you. Yeah, you can't teach heart or, or no. desire. You either and have and nobody you knows that, but heart is that what ends up winning the race because after a while. At first, you need, uh, first you like the money. Well, I can tell you what I wanted. I, I wanted the money, sure, but I really wanted more of the fame. Go? I looked at more of the fame because who I looked at in the old days, I looked at Roger DeCoster, okay? And I, I like it the way when Roger walks in the friggin' room, how everybody looks at him. And this, and I really, I'm in a funny situation in my life right now with Roger. I really like Roger, and I, but he was a, he, he walks in the room. I've watched, I watched him two years ago at Terry Good's bike deal. I watched Roger walk in the room, and I watched everybody watch him. And I'm just looking at how guys look at him. You know, they go, yeah. You know, and I liked that. Yeah. And I call it what you want. I wanted that. Yeah. I, I wanted the money, sure, but I wanted to walk in the friggin' room and there's the man. You wanted I to really be revered. I really wanted that then. Yeah, yeah. Okay? Once you get it, you don't really give a shit as much. Okay, in 1976, they built a cardboard placard of uh, Roger DeCosta for the, for the AMA Awards Banquet, and I just said, God, they love him, don't they? <laughs> and then they built a cardboard placard of me in 87, and I went... You know, <laughs> I didn't give a shit then, but I wanted to be Roger DeCoster in the old days. I wanted, I'll be, I don't know if that's ignorant or not, but I wanted his girls. I wanted his money. I wanted his fame. I want to be goddamn Roger DeCoster. Yeah, I love it. I love Roger DeCoster. Well, okay? they say to be the man, you got to beat the man, which is eventually what you did. No, that, and that you know, that, that's a, I beat him, but. I beat him when he was old. You know, if you want to be... Roger DeCoster's the badass motocrosser, okay? And, I, and everybody asks me nowadays, they're always trying to put... Uh, like, they could put you, you're the world champ. They, put, they say, Howard Grant, be with uh, Jeremy McGrath or Bob Hanna. Yeah, yeah. Who the hell knows? But I got to ride with a lot of guys. I got to ride with Roger, not really in his heyday, but when he was damn good in 76 he was world champ but he might have even been better before and he was badass yeah and if you every guy goes well on your best day and roger's best day well i'll tell you the truth on my best day and roger's best day on the same bike in europe on a real gp track i don't want nothing to do with the son of a gun 
Yeah, because he's going to kick your ass, too. and these guys can kiss my ass if they don't think that. Yeah. He, he's going to beat your ass. Now, Heike Mikula was just about as mean. I don't like Heike, but I like Roger. But uh, Roger was nasty. He was awesome. Yeah, he's still awesome. I mean, I I've waited. I want to beat him now. I couldn't beat him now. You know, <laughs> I've waited too long. Now I'm so damn old. I can't beat him. We could put you guys in like a you know, I don't know. You know, he rides bicycles a lot. We don't go ride bicycles with each other because we know we're going to have a, one of us is going to have a heart attack. Cause both <laughs> They're going to be pushing each other, yeah. Uh, you think he's going to let me win up a saddleback hill going up that bicycle? No. What are you two going to blow your heart right, right out of your chest? We don't chest. do it. Yeah. It's going to be like that scene from, uh, what was that old movie, uh, Days of Thunder, when yeah. in the wheelchair in the hospitals. Yeah. Don't do that. Racing down the passage. Okay, this, this is something to me that... I don't think it's ever really been done. You know, we were just listening to Jeremy McGrath, which shout out to Jeremy, just winning that award here, the Edison Die Award. Yeah, well deserved, well deserved. And and also a, a tip of the cap to Tom White, who that uh, that award really came from. Um, he was a, an amazing man, and I uh, just want to sort of acknowledge him here. But Jeremy started pretty late. He started with a bicycle background, right, and got in late. I want you guys to listen to this, because maybe if you don't know this story, I didn't know this. I learned this sort of prepping for this show. Your first race, and correct me if I'm wrong, happened in the fall of 74. Now, you said you rode in the hills a lot and hill climbing and trail riding around, but it wasn't like you were pounding motos out on a track, right? I'd never been on a track. Okay. That day, it was July 7th, 74 to be exact. Okay, and you borrowed a buddy's uh, like 72CZ? Exactly. Okay, uh, you, you sign up. You, you do however you do, intermediate class or something, right? Like, yeah. you didn't even ride a beginner class. You, you're like intermediate. Um, and you were 18-ish? Uh, July of 74. Yeah, I, I'm almost... Uh, I'm 17, 18, I'm eight, Yeah, 17. Okay. So I want you to list this. The, that was the end or middle of 74. 75, you're riding a Suzuki DG bike, doing some testing for them, hit some races, a lot of local stuff. 76, he wins the 125 national championship, beats Marty Smith. Holy shit. I mean. I told you I had a lot. I have a very, it's like airplane flying. You have to have a big background. They say, how do you get into those fighters at Reno? I say, you got to have a background. I start on a little, I start here and I fly this and I fly that and I fly that. And finally you get, you do aerobatic competition and this and whatever. And you get a chance to fly a fighter and then you get in there. You don't just fly yeah, yeah. or you're dead okay and motorcycle I had a lot of background I told you I've ridden more than 20 of these people before I was 18 yeah I rode a lot I filled the bike every day with gas I think it's just interesting though that you know nowadays the the model is to pull your kid out of grade school and send him down to one of these camps and they just ride laps and laps and laps every day I I think there's a friggin major problem with that okay and I see it I saw it with uh, Bradshaw Bradshaw fantastic rider he started when he was eight. He was paid when he was eight. He was pushed when he was eight. And he's pushed till he was 16. By the time he's 17, he hates it. When I'm 17, I love it because yeah. I just started. <laughs> and by the time I'm 23, I got a brain enough to run, to run it as a business. When you're 18, you're a dumbass. We're a dumb. Every 18-year-old's a dumbass. I was a dumbass. I'm still a dumbass. Yeah. But a big dumbass at 18. Everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's a dumbass at 18, and it's hard to get them straight. And the best thing I used to, you know, to, the reason I was motivated. You said motivated. I got off the. I was motivated because I was flat as broke in, in July. In that race day, I had. I was worth 125 dollars that day. Oh yeah. That's so what I was worth. Okay. And I spent 25 of that day getting into the race. 
And I'm either going to, I was going to work heavy construction because I had an in there, but I'm either working at McDonald's or I'm going to race motorcycles. That motivates my ass and still motivates me today. I'm still that same motivation in a job today as I was in because I don't really want to work for you or some other. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and I'm afraid of working at McDonald's and that's yeah. why I... That's why I was motivated. I don't think I would, I wasn't motivated because I was some badass, strong guy motivated. I was motivated because I don't want to be at McDonald's and I saw what I could do in the motorcycles and I figured maybe I could do it. The first year when I signed with Yamaha, I figured I'd be, I knew I'd be fired at the end of the year. I thought I pulled the wool over those bastards. When I signed that thing, I went, I said, I said, I said, I, I'm going to get paid for one year, and then I'm going to be the hell out of here, you know? I know that. I know these I guys are going to kick my I just put off my job at McDonald's for a year. Right. That's what I did. I go, woo! <laughs> and, uh, and then I saw that what I could do, but at that first, when I signed that sucker, I thought I pulled the wool over him. I said, well, this is good. Do you think maybe part of that was basically in, in two years you went from not being a racer to a national champion? Do you think, I think on the riding side, you probably – comprehended the the progress but was the money and the contracts and all did that kind of surprise you at that point Tip, really at that time the money didn't mean anything to me it uh, didn't mean anything to me and uh, only a few times during my career did i even think about money but it, it meant nothing to me at that time i really like riding them and uh, when i rode that guy cz I got the, uh, somewhat of the big head already. I said, I like this ride. I didn't know what a berm was. <laughs> Somebody said, hit the berm, and I went, what? <laughs> I didn't know what a berm was. That's how stupid I was. I didn't know what Brad Laggy was. I didn't know what a berm was. I didn't know crap. So I win that intermediate race that day. I got, wow, I like this. The guy that took me there, Mick McKee, he really took me there kind of on a dare, I think, because he knew I was good. He'd been riding with me in the desert for years, but he thought probably he's a bit of a smartass. Maybe. I don't, I don't even really think I was a smartass in those days. Maybe I was. But he wanted to prove, I think maybe he saw something that maybe, he goes, do you want to try to race these things instead of playing around out here? He was a motocross. He liked it. And he goes, do you really want to try to race one of these things? And I go, yeah. And I don't think he thought I was going to show up. He said, meet me at Indian Dunes at 8 o'clock or whatever. When I got there, he was dressed. And I, I got, thought that's pretty funny because he didn't think I was going to show. Oh. So he was going to ride it. I, I didn't even you. own a boots. I, I borrowed boots. You had to borrow his stuff? I oh. borrowed a full board boots from him. But when I won a day, so the next week he goes, you want to go back and try the expert class? I go, yeah. So I go back to Indian News next week and ride expert class. I got like fourth. And he goes, then he goes, why don't you move down to L.A. and we'll ride some other races for a while? You want to? And I go, yeah. And I had a, I'd worked in L.A. the summer before when, when I was in high school. I worked down there as a welder for okay. Bassani. So I went down there, got a job immediately the next day at uh, J&R Welding for them again and started racing at CZ. And I, I only raced at 12 races. And I realized, okay, we went to Carlsbad, Saddleback. Well, we went to Saddleback on a Saturday, and, and well, you couldn't hardly sign up for expert in those days. So when I did, they kept fighting me. They said, where's your AMA car, AME card for intermediate and all that shit? And I go, I don't want to write intermediate. And the guy was trying to talk me out of, I, I go, I want to write expert. I don't want to write intermediate. So I got into the expert class on the Saturday race and, and uh, CMC. Okay. I got in through the back door. Really, They said, you don't have any history, Mac. You know, but I was riding a CZ, and I found out that I could only go so fast on the CZ, and we knew that. We said, 
we're going to have to buy another bike. That was kind of outdated at the time? I it mean, was. Yeah. And I don't even know what I did on the CZ. I don't, I don't think I won, it won any more races. I don't think. And then what, the bike that was coming out in January, this is probably, uh, well, it was July when I went down there. You know, by, by, yeah, by uh, no, 74. In hmm. 74, so in 75, the new Huskies were coming out. They laid down Heike Mikulowans. So I had ordered one from Steve Hurd. I said, I want one. And when it came in in January, I bought it. 500 or 250? 250. Okay. And that bike, would, that bike was good enough to win on if you, had, if you were a rider. Okay. And so I rode that Husky for a few months. And it's a long story how, the, how I went through DG and, and Suzuki. But I rode the Husky... I won a 250 CMC, I won a couple Saturday Saddlebacks, but I wasn't a winner. I wasn't gonna go win every week, hmm. if I got lucky. You said you were welding for Bassani and, and whoever. What other jobs, because you, you held a job all the way through 75 on top of testing for uh, DG. I was a welder. Welding, okay. Yeah. I welded. Did that, and I wonder, did that give you any perspective? Like you mentioned, you know, hey, I, if I can make a living racing bikes, I really want to do it. Oh, yeah. Because you knew what it was like to grind out an eight-hour day and punch a clock. I loaded chickens. I washed, uh, washed uh, dishes, and I loaded chickens in high school. I worked, and I didn't allow to load chickens anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I think that, honestly, this could help a lot of kids. If parents were doing a good, their, their kids a service, make them go get a shitty job no in shit. high school. Okay, I'm standing at a Carlsbad. In about 87 or something, we're testing for Suzuki, and I got Eric Kehoe and George Hall in there, two great guys. They're kids then. They were 15. And, and somebody was interviewing me there uh, for, I don't know, they, so they were running cameras doing something, and they were talking to me about a job, and Eric looks at me, he goes, you had a job? And I look at him, I go, I go, you've never had a job, have you? He goes, no, I've never had a job. And I realized right then, that's the problem. Yeah. That's the problem with Kevin Wyndham. That's the problem with Bradshaw. That's the problem with a lot of people. It's not really their fault. Those masters don't know what to be scared of is yeah. a real job. Yeah. You talk about motivating. Go swing a hammer all day. I can't handle a real job. Yeah. 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 Well, now, coming down here for Eddie Cole, this is a real job, <laughs> and I don't dig it. It's a pain in the ass. No, I know. I'm sorry. Right. We don't pay well either. And he don't pay at all. No, I know. <laughs> no. Well, and you can see that even in Christian Craig, you know, I, I don't know if you followed this, but he took Christian, a break, went Christian and did construction Craig. for a year and a half, and he said, oh, right, good it's point. not that bad getting up to go running in the morning. Versus oh, his father was one that I was supposed to motivate for Yamaha. <laughs> oh, how'd that go? He had a lot of talent. But he was fantastic. Yeah, I rode sure. with him. I ran. I went around. The first time I went running with him, out of his house, I stayed at his house. I went right to his house. I, we go to, I say, he says, where are you going to run to? And I said, See that hill and that hill and that hill? We're going to go up around there. And we got up around the second hill, and I looked back, and he's gone. And where was he? He was running back to the house. No. Uh, yeah, he just peeled off the house. He wouldn't even listen to me when I'd yell at him. He just left, you know? And I go, I don't think this is going to work well. <laughs> well, I, I mean, it teaches but you. But he could ride, I mean. Oh, yeah, Brad, Ronnie Lachine's one of the greatest riders in the world. And yep. that's no shit. You go natural talent riders. I mean, I'm not even going to come on the first 20 sheet. I'm not even on there. Ronnie Lachine is the top. I mean, there's a few, there's a few other ones, too. Bradshaw is really good. Ronnie Lachine's fantastic, natural. But he's 18. He's got a lot of money. If he had 500 bucks in his pocket, he don't care if he's going to make a million dollars next year. He's got 500 bucks in his pocket. He's going to go ride his jet ski. Yeah. Okay, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just 
a bummer that, you know, you, you go, you could be, I told Bradshaw when he wanted to quit, I go, don't quit, Damon. I go, you're going to get 750 grand to throw your leg over the bike, plus, plus, plus everything. You can do nothing and get 750. I go, nobody's going to pay you 750 in the real world. You will never make 750 in the real world unless you do something special. No, the, the first time you go get a real job. Oh, it's ugly. And you see that check and taxes are taken out and you, you know how many hours you put in that week. I mean, you want to kill yourself. looks pretty good. You see, that ride looks yeah. great. That's right. No, that's really, uh, you have your ego when you first come in, like you want to be Roger DeCosta. You want to sign a big, co- you want to make some money. And then you obviously narcissistic enough. If you're racing motorcycles, you want to race. You want to win the friggin' race. You want to do that. But then 10 race or a year into the deal, the money doesn't drive you anymore because you got quite a bit of money. I got paid good money. So the money does not drive me. The only time money drove me was on contract signing day. I was a dick, yeah. and I got as much as I could. But you have to be. Right. I, you got to do that. But when, what, winning money at the races, only two times in my life did I ever think of money, and I know both of them, and I can tell you both stories. And I wouldn't have done one of them again because it was a mistake. I let Howerton win the last national, last national moto. I beat him the first moto, the championship I won in that moto. And the next moto, he was running pretty good. And I was too t- I said, I'm racing with him. I said, you know what, Howerton, it's all yours today. Go buy your wife a fur coat. That's exactly my thought. And then he bragged it up so much after that. I said, I w- should have kicked the shit out of him because I would never let that idiot win again. Never, never. And then one time I went to France to win the Super, they had 38 grand to go win the Supercross in 87. And I was testing Suzuki's a lot in Japan. I told Japanese, you're taking the bikes and my Japanese crew to France on this day because we're going to go get that money. Yeah. And I went over on 138 grand in the Paris Supercross. Right? But everybody that went there wanted the money, and you should have. Sh- it was a shit show. You should have seen it. They were fought. We all had to mellow out. They were crashing their brains out. And I'm in about fifth just laughing. I'm going, these guys are so nervous. They want this money so bad. Who was it? Who are you racing oh, Like with? Guy Cooper and, uh, and uh, I'm trying to think. Kawasaki. Matas- 87. Guy. Who? Not Matasevich. But he might have been there. There was a lot of guys there. And I remember we all went into a sand pit. I'm in fifth. I come out fourth because all four of them crashed. It was just a chaos because all they were thinking about was the dough, really. Yeah. Yeah. And that night, that night, I particularly went there. I wanted that money. I said, I'm going to go there and win that money. You know, I thought those two times. Otherwise, I didn't race for money. I race because I like to kick the crap out of you. Well, yeah, not you much know. has changed. When you think about Bercy and all those European races, everyone that goes over does it for the money. Yeah, because yeah, you don't really give a crap about winning that race, really. It's no, no, no. 38 grand, though? Uh, yeah, for a one weekend. In, that, in those days, day, 38 yeah. grand was good. Yeah. I not put it in a Belgium account. I got 10% interest. I, brought, I gave away five to the guy that helped me with it. I brought in 50. Okay. Yeah. It was good. Yeah. I feel like I'd want Bob with me negotiating a new car purchase. I feel like you'd be really good as a... I could see the salesman crying by the end. Yeah. Uh, Typically, I don't. When I walk into the Range Rover place that my worthless cousin over there told me to do, I walk in and the salesman starts to give me a bunch of crap and I go, hey, be quiet. This is going to be the easiest sale you ever want. I already know what I want. See this piece of paper? My cousin drew this up. My nephew drew this up. Get the car. (laughs) 
<laughs> I don't. I didn't beat. I don't beat them up. I'm an aircraft dealer, and and I don't. I don't like beating guys up under. How much you want for that? If I like it, I buy it. If I don't, I don't. Yeah. All right. I say it's going to be the easiest sale of your life. <laughs> okay. I, I know what you mean. I feel the same way with owning a motorcycle dealership. When yeah. I go when I go to the car dealerships, I'm like, all right, take advantage of me. I've done it. I've done it on the flip side. I'll be okay. <laughs> yeah, I get. I, I hate it. Um, who did you look up to? I know you said Roger. Was there any other local riders or, or uh, Southern California pro racers that you, you really looked up to as you got into it more? Oh, I looked up to a lot of them, but I, I remember even seeing the guy that let me ride this, Mick uh, McKee, that let me ride the CZ. One day I said something. Like I saw Morris Malone. Have you ever heard that name? No. No. Mo Morris is still around. He was at the something last year, but Morris Malone was a local Mako rider that was good. Okay. He wasn't as good as Mosier, but he was pretty good. And I go, man, I hope I said it. I go, I hope I'm as good as him one day. And he goes, if you're as good as him one day, you might as well quit right now, because <laughs> that ain't good enough. <laughs> because this guy was serious. You know, he didn't. He said, you want to be like that jerk? We might as well quit now. But Morris was. I thought he was pretty good. There was a. Uh, I didn't really look up to local guys. Uh, I, I didn't, I don't know if you, I looked up, I idolized Roger, mm. you know. I, I think Roger was the man, he still is the man to me today, and I believe he is the man, but uh, yeah, I idolized him because he re, he just had the program and. Well, he was a game changer. I mean, he, he really he revolutionized the sport in this country. Yeah, I didn't, I knew Joel, I met Joel later, and I didn't ever see Joel ride, but Joel was a, a gas and I loved him over there and he was at that race Joel and Roger were at that race I won in, in France Paris. that night I got a picture with the both of them and that money I feel like you and Joel together who that's probably Joel a had a, the right going on he was drinking beer and, and women between motors and what's I mean why not <laughs> you got to stay in shape <laughs> yeah there you go <laughs> how else are you gonna do it you know? right they call that cross training um, tell me about 75 you you did a couple of nationals um, yeah, most people don't know about them. Uh, and there's some discrepancy on what kind of bike you rode. Did you ride the 500 class? No. 250 class. In, uh, okay, I went back, when I went racing motorcycle was July of 74. I went to be a welder. In July of 75, one year to the day later, I quit the welding. And I went to be a motorcycle racer. But it wasn't working real good at the time. I, I had a mechanic from DG, uh, Rocky Williams, and I would borrow money from him during the weeks and then if I won I'd pay him back on the weekend he didn't care but I was hand to mouth for a while there and I was riding for DG and DG, D, uh, Gary from uh, DG said he gave us a truck and he paid all expenses he said get in with Rocky take the two bikes and go up the west coast and race every big race you can find for the next two months he, just to promote DG so we did we would hit the road and and that's, uh, I remember that first time I rode Washougal was that I was on a 125 and Rick Burgett gave me an ass whipping up there at Washougal, you know. And we had a match race between Chuck Sun. They wanted to put 100 bucks in the pot and say, hey, you big shot Southern California kid, let's put 100 in and we'll have a match race between Burgett and Sun and you. And I said, I don't have 100. And my mechanic said, I'll give you 100. I said, I don't think we ought to do don't, this. Don't yeah. give him the 100. <laughs> <laughs> so Ricky gave me a that was his track. He gave me a good trouncing, you know, and he took the 100. But uh, I rode two nationals for Gary that year, uh, Davey Williams and I, myself. And Davey Williams was uh, as good or better than me at that time. And it was right before I signed with Yamaha. Gary from DG was the reason Yamaha got me. Basically, he talked them into taking me over Gary or Davey. But he sent Davey and I to uh, San Antonio and uh, New Orleans. Yep. 
and I rode a 125. Oh, you rode a 125. We both rode okay. 125s because okay. he was promoting the heads and the pipes and all that stuff. Sure. And then he, he asked me, I really liked riding for Suzuki and I wanted to ride for Suzuki, but he says, hey, I, got, I talked to the guys at Yamaha. They want you to come in and talk to them. And uh, he goes, you want to ride the factory? And he goes, I think they'll take you over Davey because they're pissed at Davey because he won't quit showing off and stuff. And the president wanted Davey. The team manager and stuff, they said, yeah, we'd like to try him because we're going to try Ricky. It was, nobody knew it. They're going to try Ricky Brigette, another guy, fire all the big shots, hire a bunch of kids. And they hired Danny Turner, Ricky Brigette, and myself. Hmm. And I didn't want to go to Yamaha. That's a good story over there is I was riding Suzuki even at the time he, uh, he wanted to have me go to Yamaha. And I, and I had the routine. I worked on my bikes all week. Monday, I washed them. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I, I, I worked on them. Thursday night, I loaded them in the van, a 250 and a 500 uh, RMs. I'd go to the desert. I'd ride with my dad on Friday. He would ride one of the bikes, and I'd ride one of the bikes. We'd go to Jawbone or Bean, and then I'd beat it back to Saddleback for the next morning. I'd race there. I'd race wherever the big money race was in Southern uh, CMC race. Okay. And that's what I did every week. That was your routine. So I was a Thursday. It was a, let's say it was a Wednesday. I'm at Suzuki. And I went to the meeting at Yamaha. And they said, we'll give you a factory ride, 1000 bucks a month. You ride next year. And I go, I don't know. I'll talk, to, I'll, I'll talk to you tomorrow. So I go to Suzuki. I go to Shiggy, who was the president there. And I go, uh, I, I want to ride a factory bike next year. You, and because Yamaha said they hire me, I want to ride one of your factory bikes. I don't want to go over there. And they said, Yamaha wants to hire you? And I go, yeah. They said they'd give me 1000 bucks a month, full factory ride. And he's smoking his cigarette. And uh, later I get to become, I know him very well later, I worked for him. And uh, that time he didn't, he thought I was, he may be lying to him. But he, he calls Yamaha, and I don't know if they lied, uh, it's a funny thing, I don't know if they lied to him who he ever got, or they didn't know. But he goes, hey, are you guys hiring Bob Hand? And they go, we don't know anything about him. So the next day, I go to work at Suzuki, and he comes out, he goes, hey, I called Yamaha. He says, they, they, don't, they don't know anything about you going over there. And I'm looking at him in his eyes, and he looks dead ass in you. And I could tell he thought I was lying. And I go, don't know what to tell you. Don't know what to tell you. He went on back in the office. I worked on my bike. Next morning, I signed the Yamaha contract. I come to Suzuki Thursday. Thursday morning, I sign it. I come to Suzuki. I'm loading the bikes in the truck to leave. Hide walks out. I don't know if you know him from. Oh, yeah. I knew well, Hide walked out. I thought we were going to have a fist fight. He was pissed. He looks at me. He goes, I thought he was wanting to fight, you know. He goes, did you sign a contract with Yamaha? I go, yeah. Man, he went ballistic. And they, they took me off the property right there. They walked me to the street and kicked me the hell off the property. Are you serious? Huh. Did you tell him you'd already told a guy? And I told him they didn't care. I you know. Really? They didn't care. They, they take your bikes and they took everything. They took my. They had a trans. I had a road bike that I rode of theirs to back and forth. I didn't even own a car. I rode the bike back and forth. They took. The, they walked me by the arm off the property to get the hell out of here. Wow, seems so like a little excessive reaction. Oh, they were pissed. Huh? Yeah, they were pissed. Wow, but I would almost take that as a compliment. That means they really wanted you. They were bummed to find out. They, uh, well, they had planned backfired on them is what happened. Yeah, Shiggy was trying to buy a rope to hang himself about a year <laughs> later, I think. And Shiggy later got the – I worked for him for five years. At the and end When of your I career. quit, yeah. he, he called me. He goes, hey, I need a test rider. He goes, I know you're quitting. Do you want a test ride? And I go, uh, 
yeah, he goes, I want you three years. I go, no kidding. I go, uh, I'll tell you in a week. He goes, no, I know, I, I know you got a plane. I want you to fly down here right now. I go, I'm going to Lake Mead tomorrow. And he goes, no, I want you to fly down this morning. Fly down. So I flew down, I signed a deal, and I left, and I, I did testing, a lot of tests in Japan, back and forth, 20-day stints. I had 20 engineers work with me, and, and I worked for Shiggy then, and, and Shiggy knew then I didn't bullshit. You did know? you guys ever t discuss that day again? Not, not really. You know, it was kind of a, a little bit of a joke then, but then he realized if I said it, I meant it, and yeah. uh, there's no bullshit in it. But that day, I think he thought, he, the way he was looking at me, I knew he thought I was lying. Yeah. Huh. And and I and I don't know if if they lied to him about it, like, yeah. or they didn't know. I didn't. I don't know. I would love to be a fly on the wall with Bob and the Japanese standing around there. What do you think, Mr. Hanna? It sucks. This, trying to put it nicely. <laughs> it's a piece of shit. Yeah, it's a tub of shit, yeah. right? Isn't that oh, your tub of shit? Was I think the words yeah. I used? Yeah. yeah, that's your that's your slogan. That should be on a T-shirt. Um, <laughs> So in 76, when you went to race that season, uh, I've heard you say you didn't really expect to win. No. And, man, I, I just I can't imagine a Bob Hanna who didn't believe he was going to go win. Like, I just, I wonder what, I mean, what was going through your head then? Where were you at at that point? Uh, I, I, I tell you the truth, I don't know. I know I want to win because I want to win everything. It, believe me, I want to win everything. I do not, I wouldn't want to lose in card game, running game, my score. I don't like losing. Yeah. It's just me, you know, yeah. pull-up contests in high school. I don't, don't want to lose, you know. Yeah. So I didn't want to lose, but I just didn't. I, those guys were on a pedestal to me. I didn't think. Were, were you a little more subdued in the pits then? And oh, hell the yeah. Okay. I'm sure I was. Yeah. With the people, I, I wasn't because my acting up in the pits with the trophy, you know, with the girls and uh, spectators coming through started a very – quickly yeah <laughs> okay it must have been in my cross DNA. training right isn't that uh -huh. cross training it must have been That's in my dna said. with the spectators everything was like that but uh i won the uh, first race in uh i didn't really win it i got a 2-2 and i won it and in, uh, in uh, no in the oh. florida series oh but i had bushka and, and bushka was winer's mechanic he's very serious i mean he doesn't you're you're going to win or you're going home i mean he's not he don't like a kid not being serious yeah and he drove me yeah he drove me so we wanted that he, i remember him saying i don't care if we want it with two two we win we don't give a kid we want it with one four we win and the next and then we won them all and then he goes man you can ride with these guys but not really and on a 500 right isn't that right yeah but i was lucky yeah. i was on a 500 because if i'd have been in the 250 class i had to race stackable which oh. was a fantastic rider but you know i i, I managed to beat him yeah I really don't know how. I don't know. Stacky's a fantastic rider. But if I'd have been in the – when I went to Daytona that year, I think I got 10th. You know, Weinert and Ellis and uh, there was a lot of guys in there. If it was there a, was a lot of depth at It was a point. time qualification. I'm a 10th place rider. Yeah. Because the reason I didn't win in, in, with those boys was only because I was in shape. Even back then, huh? Even early, very oh, early. On. No, no. I, in 70 – in 77 on a supercross i obviously won so i could ride with the boys but in the 77 outdoor 250 uh i don't you wouldn't want to bet on me beating weiner i, I mean weiner should have won that year i don't know who did maybe he did but i didn't i don't think i won 70 i, I didn't win 77 outdoors because i wasn't fast enough really but at the end 
the thing that saved my ass, they had 45-minute motos. Yeah. When they went to 30-minute motos, I hated it. Yeah. I, go, I, am, that, a, that was your, I am not a speedway rider, man. Yeah. I don't warm up. I start out slow, <laughs> you know, and at 30 minutes, I'm going. Yeah. But the first 10 minutes, I suck. Well, the first national was at Hangtown in 76, right? Yeah. And Marty Smith was the man at this point. He was – did you kind of – have a lot of respect for him going no. into that? No. I didn't know him and, and uh, really didn't – I didn't think about him or care about him. T- just telling the truth. I okay. Didn't. He was the man. He was the man, but it's, I didn't give it It seems that. like maybe that was something that was good for you in that you didn't grow up at the track kind of reading jerseys. right? You show up and you're like, I don't know how it is. I don't know I who Brad Lackey is. I didn't know anything about him. It might have been an advantage. Yeah, I didn't know anything about him. So. And the good thing about Hangtown, that, that track suits me. That track was wide. It was – rough yeah it was sandy it was muddy and i was used to the sand and marty was a flat track if it would have been carlsbad he'd have kicked my ass mm. but it wasn't and that you put me on a wide track with with 10 lines i can beat you you put me on a track with it uh, there's only one line i have trouble maybe you give me 10 lines i can i can figure it out yeah and so, that track had 10 lines man if this line didn't any good there's three riders in there move the hell over there and go by and you dominated that day. It wasn't just a, a, you know, a two-two. I mean, you kicked everybody's ass. What were you thinking at the end of that day? I, what was I Yamaha saying? I mean, what were people saying? Is that where the hurricane nickname started up to, or was it? Prior we to were kind of. I think uh, I was in awe, and I think my mechanic really was in awe. I think Yamaha was in awe, and I go, and my mechanic. I remember telling me, I, he goes, "You can beat these guys if you keep your, you get your shit together. You can beat them." He's very serious. And uh, he goes, you can beat these guys. You can beat him. And I, even then I went, really? I don't think so. I don't know. And then and, and when we got to really racing, that was, a, that was a good series because it was real racing. Yeah. Who was your mechanic that year? It wasn't Bush Bushcardi. Bush oh, it was Bush Collier. Okay. Very serious Swede. And, uh, you know, there's only one way to do stuff, and that's the right way, you know. So after you win the opener, does your mental – shift a little bit like I got this now like no it, no it took no, some time no no I don't got it I still didn't know you had to grow into that pompous yeah. ass that you became uh, yeah I didn't yeah. know I didn't know <laughs> what's that I said you grew into that pompous ass that no, you actually... oh yeah I, I don't it takes a while to turn into a real good pompous ass and it, it, <laughs> it took me a year and then I was there okay. it's a work in progress you know at, at three or four races in and we've raced together I know I can beat you on a given day if, if the tra- I can tell you if I'm going to beat Marty before the race starts. How, if the track is smooth mm. and it's got big berms and it's not that rough, he's, he's going to win. Delta, Ohio, I ain't going to beat him. Mid-Ohio, I can't beat him. I can't beat him in mid-Ohio. He's mm. too damn fast. Mm. You put me at Unadilla, I'll kick the shit out of him. I mean, he, I could ride with one hand behind my back at Unadilla and beat Marty Smith. Yes, Southwick, but, Southwick but not was a your Carlsbad. Yeah. I mean, the Saddleback, it's going to be a hell of a race. Uh, in that year, probably in 76, I wouldn't have beat Marty at Carl at Saddleback either because he's very good in the berms. He's fantastic in the corners. And I wouldn't have beat him. But you put me on a sand track in Midland, um, Illinois, or wherever the hell it was, and I'll lap him. Mm. You know? Another thing I thought was interesting, you're a, you're a 125 rookie, really. It's first full season you'd ever done. Champ. And you also raced 250 and 500s at different events and, got, and landed on the podium in both. Well, in those days, we rode everything, you know. In the, 90, in the 90s, when you sissies were riding, you didn't ride all that crap, you know. But. Yeah. 
pussies. I know. I promised myself I wasn't going to bust on him, but I got to <laughs> do it. I tell you, it's hard. I, I'm good. Bring it. It's fine. I deserve it. No, we wrote everything then. Well, Yamaha, just a weird deal. When Yamaha hires me, they put me in a 500 class in Florida purely because they had two 500s. Yeah. They had 500s. They said, you're a Ricky ride to 500s. I go, all right. <laughs> I've never been on one. I go, this is fun. Was that the, uh, I think like, kick the, the, the TT 500 that was... It was Weiner's. Put the kit on? It was Weiner's works bike I rode. Oh, uh, okay. They were old works bike. Huh. You know, the first weekend I rode with those big things on the forks because Bushka broke my good forks. He over torqued them, oh. and we had brand new forks. He over torqued them. He goes, "Shit, you're gonna have to ride the old ones," and they weren't that good, really. But they were Weiner's forks, huh. and the next week we had better ones. But I'd never rode a 500. You just showed up. Yeah, and I never rode it. But it was a bitchin' bike, and, and I, I like 500s. Like, these guys say today, how would you like that 450? I go, I like the 450 because it separates the pussies from the guys, okay? Yeah, yeah. If you know how to ride, you like the horsepower. Uh, riding a 125, you have to be, you got to be smooth. You got to know how to do it. Riding a 500, if you got Huevos. testicles. Testicles, wavos, whatever you <laughs> want to call them. control with it, yeah. yeah. Um, I wonder, and, and I, kinda, I know DeCoster was a big influence on you, but. It, it's funny if you look back through history, you can kind of see people like Ricky took a lot from Jeremy. Jeremy took a lot from Rick Johnson. Uh, you know, RJ copied you and brought Glover a lot. That was, he was the, you were what he emulated. He, Who, he copied Glover? Oh, yeah, RJ loved Glover. Oh, shit, that was, that his, was his downfall. I never knew he did that. <laughs> what the hell? Oh, you could take that up with him. I, I, I should have to told him not to do that. <laughs> Who was who your influence? Was there anybody that you kind of stole from outside of Roger and went, I want to ride like you, him? I'll, I wanna... I'll tell you the truth. I stole from everybody I could steal from. them. it's just a fat, it's a real true story. Yeah. I would see an amateur guy that couldn't beat me, a, a guy in the race that couldn't beat me on his best day, and I'd see him do something, I'd go. I see Donnie Canlupi in the old days, we weren't real good on the rear brake, bringing the nose down. I see Donnie Canlupi do it, and I go. Yeah. Mm. Bah, 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 bah. I always like to jump nose high and fly out there. When I want to bring the nose down, when I want to land, I go, okay, I'm ready. Bop, bop, bop. Yeah. I like landing front wheel down myself. Yeah. I don't like landing on the rear wheel. I like to land nose down. And the forks, are, if you got good forks, you, you see, okay, I'm going to land. Bop, bop. Yeah. And I learned it from Canalupi. I learned stuff from idiots. Roger, I learned, I could tell you the stuff I, learned, I like Roger. First of all, he rides knees very, very tight to the bike, very tight to the bike, and I think that's one of the five critical deals in yeah. riding these tight. Anytime you can, be tight to the bike. I don't ride tight here. I ride tight here. Mm -hmm. He sits down in the corner the last possible second. Okay, he comes in, lets the bike, in the old days, new bikes too, but bam, 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 bike's bouncing around, stand up right when you're ready to start to turn, sit down. That's Roger. You know what's he funny? Sits down right there. I did a motocross school with you in 1990 at Canyon Raceway in Arizona, and you taught me that. You no shit. You were in my I was school. On a mini bike on a Suzuki. Well, what, I think ha you, what happened? I, I should have you. I know. It was because he only went to they one day been school. The world champ. <laughs> I really set that myself up on that one. That shows you worth a shit, right? <laughs> they don't all work out. <laughs> they don't all work out, do they? Yeah, yeah. Grant. Not everybody can be a winner. <laughs> I, I, but I remember you teaching me all that. All you gotta do is put that back on me. I'm a crappy teacher. I know that. <laughs> No, I thought you were going to say he didn't spend much time with me that day. He was with the assistant. <laughs> a real shitty student. He should have listened. Huh? Um, what about Weiner? Was he an influence on you, sort of uh, the way he acted? 
Because he was a cocky, he, uh, he you know. is. He's awesome. Weiner's yeah. an awesome guy. And Weiner was a, uh, he is a character. And he, he bothered some people, you know, but he didn't bother me. I liked it. Yeah. You know, there was a lot of stories that, that I used to tell and people go, did that make you mad? Did you get mad? Uh, I'll tell one just for the last. It's just a story out of the blue. The first year I was out, they tortured me. I'm a kid. We got Ed Shiley, we got Bushko, we got Don Dudek. I don't know if anybody knows these guys. These are the mechanics for Yamaha. They're terrors. I'm an 18-year-old kid. <laughs> they terrors. tortured my ass, okay? <laughs> so one day, I'm in a hotel. It's a 20-story hotel. We're on the 18th floor. Danny Turner calls me in the next room. He goes, Hannah, come over. We're always fighting. We're always fighting. Wrestling, the writer, we're yeah. idiots. I don't know what the hell was wrong with this. They goes, come over here. The shite was beating the hell out of me. I go to the room next door. The door shuts. I go, shit. Bushka's in there. Dudak's in there. Shiloh's in there. And these guys are perverted or something, right? <laughs> so they strip me. They strip me naked. They put me in a chair. They duct tape me. They duct tape my mouth. They put a sign on me. says, please help. They tend me the elevator. And <laughs> I push, push the, the lock. Yeah. I heard this story from someone. I go to the friggin' lobby, and it, that friggin' door opens, and there's 50 people there. And I, and I can't say anything. I'm just sitting there. A guy walks up to me, and he goes, pulls the tape off. He goes, what floor? <laughs> and and people, I used to tell that story, and people go, did you get mad? And I go, hell no. I was a center of attention. I really loved it. I was a center of attention. <laughs> I don't know if I loved it when I was down there naked, and they were looking at me going, yeah, the AC, the AC is running upstairs. Yeah, it was it was cold in that elevator. Right? <laughs> it's usually a lot different than that, you know. But they used to screw with me all the time, and I loved it. I was a kid from the desert that didn't do jack, and when I got out there, it was, it was like yeah. wonderful. Yeah. That first year, they tortured. I mean, Glover, Dudak would have Glover crying, you know, the next year, and I go, I love it, you know. Yeah. Shit. I wonder if this, is this Ryan Dudek's dad? Yes, it is. Is it? Yeah, okay. he's a character. <laughs> All right, I'm going to have to ask him about it. Yeah. All right, so take me into 77. Uh, you're, you're now 125 national champion. Did you have a one-year deal with Yamaha, or was this multi -year? First year was one year with all of us. So did you sign a pretty good deal then? I signed, uh, I signed a three-year deal after that. Okay. You took him to the cleaners, didn't you? No, 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 no. No? No. Not yet? Not yet. <laughs> I, I never really took him to the cleaners. I don't, I don't know if you talk in those days with bigger money. I think uh, the first year, my total salary, winnings, everything, 51000 Is that right? In 76. 76, yeah. So uh, the second year, I think base salary was 100 And then it went up, I think, uh, it, around, because it went up with bonuses and stuff, around 265 or something the third year or something. Would it be, seven, what, 77, 78, 79? Yeah, because I got paid good money in 80, up until through 82. I had a contract through 83. In 82, I walked in. I know I had, you know, uh, about a 265 base salary. And they were bitching at me. The Japanese guy was bitching at me saying, uh, I'd been, all, I'd been off of the broken leg and come back and the bikes were, sh in 82, they were just shit. And I'm talking to the president about the bikes. He's saying, you and, you and Brock are out of shape and that's why we're not winning. And I'm going, how do you tell a Japanese guy behind the desk we're, we're in shape? He don't know shit about shape. No. I go, no, Glover's in shape and so am I. Yeah. And I go, are you guys tight for money? He goes, we're tight for money and, and you're making too much money. I go, how would you like to let me out of that contract? You know, 
He goes, are you serious? I go, yeah, we tear it up right now. And we tore it up. Is that right? I walked out of Yamaha. I said, hey, McCarty, I got to talk to you later because I just quit. <laughs> I didn't know that. So I left 265 thinking I was going to get better. Or I, I said, you know what? Screw you guys. Your bike's your shit anyway. I mean, the, the motorcycle go like this. Yamaha's good. Honda's well, good. Well, especially that era. It seemed like every no, year someone came Suzuki's out with something good, huge. You know, Roger Suzuki's were fantastic. My Yamaha's, when, when I rode them uh, early, I'm sure they were they were pretty good. I don't know if they were great. I think Suzuki's were better at the time, really, because those damn, those damn work Suzuki's were badass right yeah. then. But Suzuki took a big crap, too, you know. And they all run. They like all have that. their moments. I mean, this yeah. 23 450 Yamaha is going to change the game again. Yeah. It's, they it's all run unreal. up and down. And so the Japanese thought Glover and I was, I said, Glover's in perfect shape, man. If the one thing he does is train, you know, I'll badmouth him, but he's in shape. Yeah. Okay? He rides a bike good and he's in shape and he's damn serious. I mean, you can yeah. say what you want. He's a dick, but he can ride. Did, did you, I, I've always heard this rumor and I wanted to get this clarified. I heard that you had all of these, you'd spread your contracts out and say, okay, I want you to pay me over this many years. I never years. took more than $2,500 a month from Yamaha. So you made it like a long-term payout? They owed me for 20 years. <laughs> Is that right? I was getting money from a Honda, Yamaha, and Suzuki at the same time when I was old. I remember hearing that story, And they, too. They, they did that, no problem. They paid me. Yamaha, uh, one jackass there screwed with me a little bit, and it got ugly. Remember in 82, they come up with this bright idea. They go, we want you to ride to 125. I go, you're shitting me. I go, we'll lose that for sure. I go, you haven't worked on that bike in years. I haven't been on one in six years, and you want me to do it? And they go, yeah. I go, why? Hey, they go, we got a warehouse full of those, and if you ride it, we'll sell them all. I go, you're kidding me. And they go, no, we're not kidding you. That's why we want I go, good, then you'll pay me an extra 100 So I was going to make 365 And they go, we'll pay. I go, I want it. I picked a year right there. I said, I want it in 1990, and I want 10% interest on it, and I want it paid in 1990, January 1. <laughs> I just picked I said, I'll be done by then. I'll be I'll, be, I'll quit by then. And he goes, done. And huh. I go, all right, I'll do it. I go, you know what, 90, I'll, I'll, I'll forget I'd even ridden that piece of crap. And I took a beating <laughs> that year. And, and I took a beating that, I mean, it was a struggle. They said, we'll give you all the Japanese you want, and we'll do everything you ask. And I, I, they did do that. Japanese but woman or engineers? They gave me all the Japanese. Because <laughs> I, I, could, I could see this they contract being balanced me, this way. They did not give me all the Japanese women that I wanted. Okay. <laughs> okay. They gave me all, all that the, they had. They gave me all yeah. the Japanese guys I wanted. I that. that sounds terrible. And Bob. some of them were cute as hell, you know. Because <laughs> they, were, they were warty size, right? But Our, I rode that thing, and I took a, you know, I, I won one race on it, I think, at Unity. Uh, Southwick, yeah? Uh, no, I don't think so. Might have, but I think at Washington, we, that thing would see, it wouldn't make 45 minutes, you know. It would, we had to run the oil about uh, 20 to 1 or something to keep it from seasoning. It was just, <laughs> it was bad. It just hadn't been worked on. Yeah. But on that contract, we get back to the subject that they wanted to screw me. There was somebody at Yamaha, one of the accountants or something brought me in there, and I, or matter of fact, I think he was bigger than that. But he threatened to not pay me. And I, got, and I was a real jerk off that night. I, and I was really out of line. I guess you can call that line, but I wasn't taking any of his crap. And I said, really, you're going to screw me. I go, you know how bad I'm going to burn you buggers. I was cussing him. 
how bad I'm going to burn you guys in the magazine. I'm going to fry your ass. And I go, another thing, you see, are those your kids in that picture? Because how, like, how would you like to be at the bottom of an effing canal with, with some cement on your feet? I go, that's what I said to him. And he looks at me, and he knew, and I was pissed. And he looked at me, and he damn well thought I was serious, because that check showed up about a month early. You know? <laughs> He thought, I, he, he actually told McCarty and everybody after I left that he goes, that son of a bitch is crazy. He threatened to kill me. <laughs> he goes, hey, 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 he's a lunatic. He goes, a lunatic. And McCarty says, yeah, he is. You shouldn't screw with him, you know? <laughs> you got a good no, McCarty impression? But he says, I don't think we owe you that money. I go, you're kidding me. You're kidding me, right? No, I don't think we owe it to you. And then you just went to right to, I'll kill uh, your children. Well, that my nature, no, cement shoes. Oh, cement shoes. my nature right there is the cement boots, man. I go, I go <laughs> yeah. bad shit, right? And I got, I got a bad temper when it comes to something like that. I'm ugly. Yeah. I would get ugly real fast. Yeah. Well, Eddie, you got that? <laughs> He's already running out of the building. All right. So take me into 77. Uh, you won the first two Supercross rounds and you crushed that year. Again, was this, you step up a class and just start murdering everybody. Super, I mean, Supercross, I, don't, uh, I didn't win Supercross then because I thought Supercross was special or anything. In those days, I didn't see it as special. The factory did because more people see us, right? But I, I just liked it. Yeah. <laughs> I just liked it. So I did, didn't were really you surprised that you came out and started winning in the 250 class no, right by, away? No, or were you kind of starting the, to expect by, it at that by point? By then, I knew... By then, I knew if I did my job, then I'm, I'm in here. I may not win them all, but I can ride with these guys. And I knew I wasn't going to be fired by then. I go, I can ride with these guys. I just have to do my job. Okay. You know, and I always took it as a job. So, What stands out from that series? I mean, you, like Nothing. I said, you dominated. <laughs> Nothing? Nothing uh, from 77? Not really. No. No. Um, we took, uh, basically, we took every, it was, uh, McCarty and I had a good time, but we took it pretty serious, and we, and we tried to win, and if, but we didn't win them all, but. And then that summer in 77 was when you, they asked you to ride the 125, right? No. You, you wanted to ride the 250? No, no, I wrote, I, wrote a, I wrote a 125 in 76 and 77. Did you want to move up in 77, though? Uh, up to other bikes? To the 250 class for the Nationals. We, they wanted you to, to we, defend no, the number one we plane. Wrote, no, we, I didn't then. In 77, I wrote all of them. The, I would have wrote oh. some 250s and 500s, but, but there were, sometimes they were on the same day, so I couldn't write yeah. all of them. So you had but to pick the We wrote the, everything. Yeah. You Any had to pick, national you had to pick the 125 class, though. To, they picked that for me. Yeah. They, okay. they did. And Was that, they, did that irritate you, or you're like, ah, No, right. hell no. I would have loved to win it again. They, we would have won it. They screwed up on the bike. The yeah. linkage on the bike for Glover and I, I was breaking the bike. Every, it's a piece of crap. Well, Brock told me at Hangtown that it was something to do with the water cooling. They, they didn't want it to get claimed, and they had something develop, so they changed it, and that bearing popped out, and you guys both, you oh, DNF'd We were Hangtown. breaking the bikes all the time. Mm. We, could win, we could win. In 70, well, he did. 77 is the year I let him buy, right? Yeah. Yeah. We I would have won the damn series easy. If we Hang, Hangtown would, messed you up, yeah. yeah well, I would have yeah. won it easy, but. The bike was no good. And then Danny would have won it if I wouldn't have let him buy. But obviously, we ri I ride for Yamaha. If they say let him buy, I let him buy, you know? Well, you won the next three rounds after Hangtown. Uh, looked like you were, you were the fastest guy by all accounts. We would have won easy, for sure. And then you broke a throttle cable. And, I don't and, know that. And DNF to Moto at the penultimate round. This is according to the history books, anyway. And then the final rounds of San Antonio. This is the famous... Uh, let Brock buy, which that's why I get Dunlop tires today. That's right, eight instead of four. Yep, many uh, as I want. 
So the Let Brock By incident, which outside of being a grammatical nightmare, uh, two out of the three words spelled wrong, which drives me crazy, uh, but I digress. Um, <laughs> the, the rumor was after the race, you disappeared off into the woods. Oh, I was pissed because nobody said squat about it. Beforehand, no one I had... I like Danny Laporte. They didn't... I don't know if they didn't think I could beat Brock that day or not, but I was kicking the shit out of my mouth front, and then the, this board comes out, and I go, you're kidding me. I didn't know I was supposed... Kenny Clark never said squat. You guys never had a... There was no before. meeting. There's the board. McCarty didn't spell it right, because he's going, what? <laughs> and he goes, tell him to pull the hell over. So they said, let him by. I go, whatever. I pull over and let him by. How hard was that for you to do? It was very hard. I don't like him, and I like, I'm very good friends with Danny. When you saw the pit board, though, did you immediately put two and two together? Yeah. You knew it was yeah, on I the knew line. Where, I knew yeah. where the points were. So but they should have told me earlier. I'd have pulled over. I'd have still won and pulled right to the finish line, made him look like an ass, but I'd have pulled over. Yeah. Get off the bike, wave him on, like, come on, buddy. I did, it years, it. I did it years later for Honda in uh, Millville for David Bailey. I, I, he knows he's not going to beat me at Millville. So I went to the last lap, and he was going to win his grand championship or something. And I wait till the last lap. I'm going to pull over for him. But I, I, in the back, no specters, nothing. I spin the bike around. I kill the engine. I lay my, I lay my head on the bars. <laughs> and David comes by going, <laughs> you know, I'm surprised you didn't do that right in front of the stands. Nah, yeah. I wasn't gonna do that. I wasn't gonna do that. And David knew there was something goofy though when I'm sitting there asleep on the bar. <laughs> <laughs> I had to be asleep for him to beat me that day, and he hey, knew it. I'm gonna tell a quick story that he told because this I, I laughed really hard. Um, I told him you were coming on, and David, you know, was telling me he goes, "Oh, I got to tell you this story." He goes, "83, we're down in Daytona. You guys are all factory Honda at this time." And he says, uh, you know, I'm, he was kind of shy, a little quiet. He's sitting at one end of the table, and he says, he says, Hannah's at the head of the table holding court with all the Japanese, all of the, you know, top brass and just being Bob. And he says, all of a sudden, he shouts down to me, hey, Bandit, <laughs> if you were out camping and you woke up with a bunch of Vaseline around your butt, would you tell anybody about it? <laughs> and, of course, you know, yeah. Do you yeah, remember this? Uh, I wouldn't say a word. And uh, so David's like going... I, I, he's kind of got me like, what do I say here? Yes, no. He goes, no. And you go, all right. You want to go camping next weekend? <laughs> <coughs> Those guys in 83, like I'm about 27 and Omero was over there. I think Lachine and Bailey and, and they were kids. And they're kids, yeah. They were kids. Yeah. They were 18 and I'm like, oh, they thought I was, I was 27. They thought I was 40, right? And <laughs> In racing terms, 27 is almost yeah, like 40. but they don't know. 27 is a good year if you're in shape. 27, you're kick-ass strong. Yeah. And that David, was, David was kind of pissy early that year because David thinks he's going to beat me that year. And, and uh, Seattle, you know, he didn't win the first night. I beat him and he was so pissed. I go, hey, David, I go, you need to get over it. You're 18 years old. I go, I'm near the end of mine, but you are not going to beat me this year. And so do not hurt yourself trying because you are not going to. Because right now I'm on it. I yeah. go, I'm in shape and this frigging bike's good and I'm, I'm going to do it. So you're, you're all pissy. Don't get pissy. You got second. You ought to like it, you know. <laughs> and I was damn serious. I'm not, bra I'm not bragging it up to him. I go, you are not going to beat me right now unless I fall off or this bike breaks because you're not. And uh, I go, you got lots of years ahead of your ass, you know. That's but you guys are 18. You're crybabies, you know. You, you're getting a second and you're crying. I go, you're just not going to beat me right now. 
because I was intoned. I, I was in tuned up. I could just you. imagine that conversation. Uh, hey, man, I, I'm just trying to do you a favor. Just don't waste your time. Yeah. I'm, I'm just better than you. I don't know how else to put don't it. Don't hurt yourself yeah, trying to I'm beat trying me. To not you I, let him, I let him uh, win about four weeks later after we went camping. It was... <laughs> <laughs> And you know what's funny? When he won that race, he never sat down the entire moto. No, I got to be, was like I got to be closer with him, and I'd let him win every once in a while. You know what I mean? Your dad's kind of voice in the back of your head. Yeah, let, let David the kid win today. Go camping next week. <laughs> <laughs> he loved the fish and stuff like that, you know? So I, I still want to hear what went on in the woods. You're out in the woods after this race. I believe I was crying, actually. I was, I was bummed. You, you were that eaten up. It was. Oh, no, I was, I was bummed. I just go, what, what the hell happened here, man? Crying or were you just no, mother effing everything? No, I don't know if I had tears or not, but I was crying. But then later it went to pissed off that I did it. So I did go to Yamaha that week. It was a piddly bonus. Anyway, I say, hey, you guys are paying me for the bonus. You know that. Because I would have won anyway. Your bikes are shit. You know, pay me. And I go, you're not paying. I don't care if you pay him or not. They probably paid him too. And uh, did they, they pay did him? pay me. Yeah. Honda screwed me on the time I let Bailey buy. It was a 10 grand day bonus. And uh, I woke up some people at Honda. That was a fun day at corporate Honda because I had little bobbleheads coming out all over these when I was mother effing these, this Jap. <laughs> And uh, he said, that ain't corporate. I said, you owe me 10 grand for that letting Bailey buy. I go, you don't pay Bailey. And I don't know why I never asked David, but I didn't. I go, hey, I go, you owe me that money. He goes, we don't, that's not company policy. And I told him to F their company policy, you know. And I stood up because I'm going to leave. And I look up and I got about 80 heads up there they're seeing who's cussing, you know, because I was. You're letting them have it? Yeah, I let them have it. <laughs> I never did. I should have asked Bailey. I go, hey, Bailey, you owe me 10 grand because obviously it wasn't your Yeah, but with interest now and He probably ought to pay me about 100 and, yeah, now, maybe. At least. Does, does the pullover still piss you off? Like, do you still get a little? No. You're good. The, pull, the pullover, no. You ride for that company. They pay you a lot of money. You pull your ass over. You don't have to like it. Yeah. You know? Okay. You don't have to like it. Um, 78. Let's talk about that season. And I thought this was weird. You started this year. You're on fire. You're winning everything, right? Tell you, me about it. But was you, I winning them all? You were doing a good job. Awesome. You were doing a good job. Hey. Look at all the ones on there. I mean, it's absurd. Houston, Pontiac, Pontiac, oh, Racing World. But Rio this was Brava. interesting. In 78, you started with a 3-12-4. Those were your first scores at the first three rounds. And then you went on a tear. 14 races in a row. So was something – did you guys figure something out with the bike that year? Do you remember anything or just – a 312. 312.4? Yeah, it looked like my results. What's that? It looked like results I'd put up. <laughs> what are you saying? Ping, you never finish that high up in outdoors. <laughs> God, now you too. You're on me. I'm trying to jump on a fourth place finish. <laughs> I don't know. You don't what remember happened. what happened? No. Okay. No. Just something started but you've clicking. Seen that and sometimes with guys, just something doesn't click and then it clicks. Yeah. Uh, Bailey and I must have went camping, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that was it. So, 78, you won both titles, 250 Motocross and Supercross. And um, I talked to Keith leading to this show, and he, he was really big on it. It was 22 motos and main events in a row, uh, that, that streak there. Um, they put a, that's dumb. I was rude one, uh, to a guy one time. I, I felt bad because later I'd be a really good friend of his. They sent me to, 
I was in Daytona right after the race. I don't know if I won or not, but we were going to Houston, and the Yamaha said, hey, get down there and do some PR. Get down there early. And I don't want to. Then I want to go riding. You know, They wanted me to go do PR at the Supercross, and I was in breakfast. I get there. I'm at breakfast, and the guy, C.E. Altman from Pace Management, comes up, and he comes from another table. He goes, he comes up to introduce himself to me, and I go, yeah, I'll be right with you as soon as I'm done eating. You know, I was just ignorant to him. Shouldn't have been because I didn't want to be there. And... Uh, I don't even know where I where I got off on that story. Maybe I'm lost here. I'm getting old, so sometimes I'm seen out. <laughs> That's all right. We'll move on. It where, comes what back. the hell were we talking about that I got off on that story? You did PR. The PR. 22 He's... motos and main events. Oh, yes. So this guy that I was rude to, C.E. Altman, which I later become very good friends with, and I loved him, you know. And uh, he put about, he didn't like me that morning, which rightfully so. I was an ass. I was sitting there with McCarty and a bunch of guys, and he was, I was pissed off, and I was eating, and he come up and, tried to get me or just introduce himself or whatever. And I was an ass. I said, I'll be there as soon as I'm done eating. He didn't like that. And he, did, he shouldn't have. I was a jerk. And he put a bounty on me on the Supercross. He was the promoter of the Supercross. He was head. He, they put a $1,000 bounty. First guy to beat me or whatever it was. Right then. They had a bounty for the next few weeks. Is that right? Yes. And it, it was, he was pissed. But that's also a compliment. I mean, no, I wasn't a compliment from him. <laughs> no. He was but mad. But you then, won 22 races in a row. He's, if, as a promoter, what's, what's the best thing you could do is try and motivate the competition to go after you. Oh, yeah. yeah. You well, know, and an extra thousand bucks might make them want to take a front wheel out. I because I was such a dick, but, I, but later, uh, obviously, I like, he used to come to my house. I bought him a shotgun for a present one time. I really loved the guy. You guys got to be okay. Oh, yeah. I loved him. And yeah. You should have been like, let me show you how to use it. I stayed at his house. would have been nervous. I stayed at his house. I mean, he treated me like a million bucks. I was a superstar for the super, thereafter in two weeks. I was his buddy, but that day I was an ignorant bastard, and I shouldn't have been, you know, and, and not in a funny way. I was ignorant, you know? Yeah. But well, some of the best relationships, I feel, start on the wrong foot. Have you ever had that? One of my best friends in high school, I punched him in the face, <laughs> and we became best friends, you know? And I was like, we laugh about it to this day, because I, I even said, no, I was such an asshole, but... Maybe that's the same reason. It gets everyone straight and narrow, and they yeah. know where you stand, right? What stands out to you from that scene? Do you remember that streak of wins? Does yeah, anything? sure. You know what? We were, I was glad I lost the first one in the end of the, that ended the streak. A lot of pressure. Yeah, because yeah. I'm going, every, you know. Every weekend it gets worse, every probably. Every weekend. Yeah. When, we, when I finally lost the moto, I was glad. And yeah. I don't know if McCarty or anybody else was. I was. I said, you know what? I'm glad that's over. Yeah, you stop worrying about it then. Yeah, well, it, I'm gonna so take it easy this week. I'm yeah. going camping with David. I'm gonna get back <laughs> on it the next week. You know, I'm gonna get right back after it though. So there was something that uh, that popped up as I was going through here. Rio Bravo from that year. Do you remember that event? It was hotter than hell, super humid. Where is Rio Bravo? I've seen it. A it's few in times. Texas. Okay, beautiful and, um, spot in Texas. Yeah. Yeah, beautiful. Anywhere near the Rio Grande? I don't know. I'm being facetious, <laughs> so it's a shithole. Oh, okay. Copy. <laughs> it's a swamp shithole. And, uh, well, I'm glad uh, we got that out of well, the way. The, the reason I bring it up, it was, I guess, super, super hot and humid, like oh. Texas, right? Brutal. Yeah. And you yeah. lapped the entire field. Because they all so, died out, yeah. So we, uh, we always talk about Carmichael in 06 lapping the entire field at Millville and how crazy that was, but it was a mutter. This was... Normal conditions, just really miserable well, let hot. Well, uh, let me remind you of uh, 78 when I lapped Howerton at the First National in Hangtown. Oh, did I do that? Was that you? Yeah, that was me. <laughs> Kent must have had a bad day that day, huh? It, it must have been, if you're lapping him. Do you remember that Rio Bravo event? 
I remember being hotter than hell. I don't remember really how how it all played out, but uh, I remember it sucked. Down well, that was Keith, so he, he yeah, and that. it's a real low, and it's dead air. The only place that's worse than that hole is New Orleans, and man, it that air down there is stagnant swamp. It's stinky, yeah. It is nasty. I used to train in New in Louisiana in 70 okay in 75 we didn't talk about but that second national i went for dg yeah i was sick i got sick at the first national i was sick all week and i don't know i just don't know what training and i just didn't have my acting i was sick all week i stayed in the damn hotel sick in an air conditioner now it's a hundred i stayed with the ac on i never came out till saturday at the at the uh where they checked the bikes and stuff in yeah and i was so weak so the next day, I got heat prostration in the first race. I finished the moto, but I was, flicked, I was flipped out. Yeah. I, I missed a few, the last lap or so. I, miss, I remember seeing the corner go by in slow motion. And I said, shit, I ended the fence, <laughs> over the fence. I finished the race. I'm going to the pits, and the cars were lying in the dirt road. I'm riding down the dirt road and my levers were hitting the cars on this side. I go, what's wrong? And the levers were scratching the cars. The mechanic says, I brought the bike in and I handed it to him and I sat down in a chair and I passed out. Swallowed my tongue. He, I bit the shit out of him because he would pulling my tongue out. I woke up in an ambulance tied down naked, right? I'm, and I go, whoa, I'm looking at my ribs. I'm going, oh, my damn ribs are broke. I go, I wasn't even scratched. I was just crazy well, yeah yeah but no, it, so they said uh, you're not going to be you're not going to be good in the heat the duck said you almost croaked and he goes you're never going to be heat, good in the heat again and i go i got to be good at heat in the heat again mac and i i had to i made up my mind to be good in the heat again so i stand in louisiana the next year training for like two months and the louisiana boys would come to the track to see me and they come, they're all glad I'm down there, you know. It's a bunch like these yahoos in here, you know. They're coming up there and, and going, hey, you must like Louisiana. I go, you're shitting me, right? <laughs> I go, if you gave me a million dollars a year and you made me stay in the boundaries of your state, I wouldn't take it. <laughs> I go, this place has bugs and alligators and snakes. I, they go, why are you down here? Then I'm going, I'm here because this is the most miserable place in the United <laughs> States that I can train. <laughs> And they just kind of look at me go, really? And I go, yeah, that's right. Because when I leave your shitty state, I go anywhere else, it feels like it's air conditioning. I'm in heaven. Yeah. I, I go to Rio Bravo, it's like air conditioning, right? <laughs> did, I, did I hear you never ran your AC after that? Like in hotels, you'd never I run don't it. know if it's good or bad, but I never did. And uh, I, didn't do, I suffered a lot, too. I think Bailey said he learned that from you. you but I go don't, I truthfully... Uh, because you lose a lot of sleep that way. I don't know. I'm truthful. I don't know. I, I would probably do it again, but I'm not positive it's the greatest thing to do because it's, it's suffering. You can't sleep. You're sitting there sweating no, in your you, underwear. You can't sleep. Yeah. It's so hot down there. But on the hot days, uh, I went a lot of races in the heat. When I was, I did the same thing with the mud racer. When I first raced in the mud, I suck. Yeah. I'm from the We don't have mud I out here. No yeah. mud. I've never seen mud. Mud wrestling, you know, the girls, but you know, <laughs> I never been in it with them. So when I went in the first mud race, I sucked. So I stayed in Pennsylvania and she was pretty nice too, but I stayed down there that whole winter with her and practice. I rode in the mud every day down there. And the next year when they came to the mud, man, I kicked the crap out of them. Was that, uh, was that with Savitsky? Nope, oh, with okay. a, a friend of mine down there. Oh yeah, a young lady friend. 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I didn't ride all the time. I rode during the day, you know. Rode various things. Uh-huh. But I rode in the damn mud till I liked it. And, and then when, and the other guys who really had a mud in your mind, Marty Smith shows up at the mud race. Man, Marty does not like getting dirty. Yeah. You know, he's going, oh. You know, and I get out Daytona. It was a big mud, big mud race. Everybody's sitting around. There's a big deep mud hole. I went out there and just ah! and get muddy before the start and just go. It's gonna be fun, boys. And it just psychs them out. <laughs> People don't say, like riding in the mud. They're probably like, "What the hell is this yeah, guy doing?" <laughs> you ha- you had a knack for doing that. I, I got some questions about that coming up, but I want to hear your thoughts on McCarty. You guys spent a lot of years together. Uh, Keith was your guy, Savitsky and Bevo. Yeah. I mean, that was kind of your crew for a lot of years. And Keith says he used to kick your ass wrestling all the time. Was it the it's Indian true. leg wrestling? Is, <laughs> is that what it, it true? was? Beef? <laughs> I don't, I don't, or McCarty? Yeah, like, McCarty beat the shit out of me. Yeah? That's oh, yeah. what he McCarty's said. You guys tough. would wrestle and fight McCarty's all the time. Tough. Did he happen to tell you that when I broke his ribs going up the brick wall by any chance? He didn't. Let's no. hear. He told me that. He did? He has told me. Because uh, when I rode for Yamaha, I asked him about you, and I heard some of these stories. But, yeah, tell it. Uh, we, we were, we, like I said, we fought all the time. He kicked the crap out of me. So we're going into the hotel one night. We're just about to go to our rooms. And there's, there's, a brick, there's a brick sticking out of this wall. I go, I could climb that. I could climb right up there. He goes, I can climb that. I go, you can't climb that. I go, climb that. Let's see you climb that. And, you know, he's stretching out. And I popped him right here. Bust, bust, <laughs> dropped him like a fly. I ran to my room, you know. That's just the way we did it. I broke it. I busted him. Just cheap shots. It was a cheap yeah. shot. But you had to get him from the back, you know? <laughs> Bailey no, said that McCarty's about you, family, McCarty and Bebo are a family to me. McCarty's yeah. my brother, you know? Yeah. And if you badmouth me around McCarty, you're probably not gonna, it's probably not going to yeah. come out too good, even if I am being, if, if it's true, you know? Tell me about that year. You also beat DeCoster at the Trans AMA. And I know you said he was getting older and different he wasn't old enough to be slow but okay you got to put it in contest i I beat him the last race for roger that's a crappy track Mm -hmm. that's a california kids track it's phoenix it's fast big railer berms but i wouldn't brag on it you know i won but that was was that the first time you'd ever beat him yeah i mean it's got to feel still kind of good no i liked it that i won the race uh but i don't think i'm a decoster killer at the time yeah you know did no, you guys put, me on a, put me on a real track in 76. I, I wish I love to tell a story about Roger, but it probably take too long. No, but, let's hear it. If you got it, let's go. I'll, I'll try to make it as fast as I can. The, the first time I get to see Roger, I'm back at Suzuki on the days that I'm working on my bikes. And I'm in the back shop working on my bikes. And I need to use the restroom. I won't go into detail. But I Thank don't you. like the bathroom back there with the shop boys because it's nasty. I go up to the executive Jap's office, and they got nice gold-heated toilets. Oh, yeah. And I sneak up in there, and I'm in the can. And I come out of the can. I come out of the can. It's usually a bustling office. I come out of the can. It's dead-ass quiet in there. And I'm thinking, NSA's here picking up the Japs or something. I mean, it's just, whoo, it's quiet. And I look over there. I look over there, and I go, I see all these heads up there, and, and people are looking, and I go, son of a bitch. I go, it's Roger and Woolsink walking through the office, and everybody's, like I said, staring. Yeah. And they're just like this. You know, they're looking. Quiet in there. I go in the back room, and I go, oh, my God, you won't believe who, I'm talking to the other mechanics back, I go, you won't believe who I saw up front. And they go, 
Robbie Roger, huh? And I go, well, how do you know? He goes, he's been talking to us for 10 minutes back here, him and Wolsink. I go, you got to be kidding me. You know, the two most quintessential writers in the world are in here and I'm in the toilet. I go, I was so pissed. I never saw him. So I didn't see him. This is in 75, 76. We go to the trophy races. I get to ride with him a little in 76. I don't, I don't say anything to him, you know. In, in Axton, well, you say I beat him the last race. In Axton, Virginia, I'm winning on the last lap. He came up from behind me. I just pulled over and let him go by. He'd come through the whole pack, and I believe that should be because when you're be caught that fast, don't Alessi me, okay? Don't. Yeah. <laughs> you roadblocking bastard, get out of the way. So when he comes up on me, I go, wee, go on by, buddy. <laughs> I go, he come from the back, he goes to the front, right? I get the hell out of the way. So I'm in Europe that year in 76, and Bushka thinks he's doing me a favor. He, we're going to trophy race. He goes, hey, I got it handled. We're going to Roger, Roger's house over here. He has a track beside it. He's going to be there at 2 o'clock. We're going to be there, and we're going to ride with him. I go, oh, good. So we go there. I go out there to ride with Roger. There's a big-ass sand track. I can't stay. Three whoop-de-doos from him. He just leaves me. And he did. I rode there all day, and every time I'd come up, I, I would wait, and I'd come up on him. He'd just go, ah. Gone. Gone. And so I don't say much about it. You know, when we get in the truck, Bushka's not, Bushka can tell I can't stay with him. I don't know why he thought I could, really. I'm on a 500 that day in, and, uh, in 76. You know, and I rode the 500s a few times that year, and I rode them, obviously, in the, in the Florida series. But he, Bushka asked me going down the road in the truck, he goes, what the hell was that? And I go, what the hell was what? He goes, with Roger. He goes, you, you really weren't riding with, I go, I can't keep up with him. He goes, well, what are you, you going to do about that? And I go, I'm going to wait. He goes, you're going to wait for what? I go, I'm going to wait till he gets older. <laughs> so there's more to this story. That's a bold strategy. So I tell John Gregory from JT that story. Well, it goes 77. Roger and I had some good races in 77. But in 78, I believe it was 78, Roger's at Unadilla, and I'm at Unadilla, and Roger can ride Unadilla, and I can ride Unadilla, and I'm, now I'm riding pretty good. Yeah. And Roger and I get into it that day. Or we, we, there's everybody that day, but Roger and I are going to have a race, and we're coming from the back. We have a race all the way up through. Roger's coming through the pack, and I'm going through the pack with him. He gets in the lead. I go, okay, I'm going to pass him. And I pass him, and I'm just going, I know he's coming back by, and nothing happens. And I'm going, okay, nothing happens. And I said to myself, I remember just, I go, I was pissed. I go, God, the old guy's dead. <laughs> he's dead. I, I'm pissed. My hero's dead. He ain't gonna no knock, fight left in him. No fight. And I'm not thinking there's another moto here. And he don't want to beat me. He don't give a shit about me. So next moto comes up. And, and again, we don't get a good start. And I remember I was passing Lackey and everything. And I go by. I, I end up, I go by him. I don't even know if we're in the lead. We're damn close to being in the lead. I go by him and boom. I go, whoa. I go by him and what? I go, well, the old boy is not dead yet, I said. 
So we are getting after it. And I have, I'm not the writer. He, he is technical as hell. I mean, he's turning so close into, the, he's turning the corner so nice and tight, scoring off. I'm going to the outside. I'm going twice as fast out here and twice as fast out here. And we are crisscrossing a little yeah. dangerous, really, because I'm not taking his lines. I mean, he's just carving it. And he's going half as fast, going wow. And we come over to, we come up out of a big screw you down there, up the hill, and we come over and there's going to be a drop off. And I, I do one of my deals and he squares. I don't really know if he did it on purpose or not. I, I don't think so really, but we get off there and I go, oh, this is ugly. Torpedo. He, yeah. I don't, oh, I was going to hit, I was going like this and he was going like this. I go, oh shit. And I'm going to hit him. And I know, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm hitting him like that. And I jump off. Because I said, we're going down. I'm going to make this easy as I can because I'm going to fall along with I jump off. And I, when I do get up, I go to my bike. I look around. Oh, now I'm really pissed. The last time I saw him, his bike was completely, <laughs> completely sideways. He's going down. He saves it. He's gone. Well, there's a famous picture of my pipe being smashed on the cover of the magazine. If I, the pipe was smashed, I, could, I want to catch him. I want to kill him. Now I'm really pissed off. I want to break his leg. I'm pissed. I try to catch him. I can't catch him. He beats me. And I'm so pissed. So we're going to the, hotel, uh, the airport that night. I'm with John Gregory. That's the guy I said, I told him the story that I'm going to wait till he's older, right? <laughs> we're going to the airport, and I'm I'm pissed I'm, I'm gonna break his leg next week I'm t I swear to God I'm gonna break he goes he goes uh, you gotta settle down first he goes but do you think you should have waited a little longer and I looked at him and then I realized what he meant and then I was even more pissed off <laughs> and I've been waiting that's ever good. since I, I want to beat him that's so good that's a great but story. those are three three very neat days to to be around him and and uh it was fun to race with him. Was he, he dirty? Would he, no, he give it to not you? No. Uh, no, not dirty. But uh, he ain't going to take any crap off you. Yeah. But I don't, I'm not ramming anybody. I'm not ramming him either to be mean, and he's not ramming me. But when he wants to buy, he's going by. I mean, he's he going by. Yeah. Not dirty. And I, would, I found out through the grapevine that, that Trans Am, we'd ride 10 races with him. I'd come in, I'd stick my front wheel on his leg and burn his leg, right? I'd come right in and just run the wheel right on his pants because I heard he hated it because he was bitching to his mechanic. Look at he does on my leather, you know, he's saying, <laughs> you know, and he was getting pissed. I found out he didn't like it. He said, hey, he, he's really pissed at you for burning his leg all the time. I go, really? <laughs> so every time I, tell Bob. <laughs> I go, every time I get, I go in, I just ride to get in close just to burn his leg, you know? <laughs> And I'd burn his leg just being a dick. And then later, his Suzuki mechanic later worked on my team in Japan in about 87. He worked with me, and we used to have a beer with her to talk about, oh, God, when Roger, you'd burn his leg, he'd get some He pain. brought it up even then. He would yeah. laugh. He goes, oh, he hated you. And I go, I know. That's so later, funny. I worked with Roger at Honda, and he was the best ally in the world. You know, he, he helped me immensely with the bikes. Mm. And he is the man there too. Was that pretty cool to getting to work with him absolutely. after all this? That's got to be absolutely. Yeah. And uh, he is. <laughs> yeah, he's a badass guy to have on your team. You give him enough money, you're going to win. I don't care if you're riding mopeds. <laughs> you know. Sure. I remember you telling a story. Um, maybe it was you and Johnny and David and Roger was riding, and there was some little off camera. Turn, I know the day. And you were 
telling the guys like look at this he was he was it's a weird technique yeah. i don't agree that's one technique i don't agree with him but he'll come down and he'll jump in a berm and, and he'll 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 jump in real late and to get traction rather than slide back he hunches his back he lays his back like that which i don't like the thing kicking you when you i don't like bending back like that i don't do that but he lays back on that sucker and gets the traction wah yeah. and i go check that out i go i don't dig it but that's it's weird good. but look at him go yeah. yeah yeah and that's when uh i mean he's riding a works honda then that's like in 83 i mean he's uh 39 years old mm. and he could ride the crap out of that thing 39 years old mm. that's why i said i don't i don't brag i beat him i was the first guy to ever beat him in the trans am but yeah, we weren't on same. We weren't same day, same bike, same age. Yeah, but, no, but no, for I sure. Know. But but so you, we, you could also argue that the Europeans were no doubt about it, better than the Americans oh, yeah, at that yeah. point. But that was the. You could argue that again, maybe the change on the guard because after after Bob won, and you beat Roger. That sort of almost started the change of the tide from the Euros to the Americans. Yeah, but the, you just got to know it ain't same day, same bike, same age. Yeah, because if it is. I don't beat him. You think I know it's impossible to to, to cross generations, right? Like nah. Ricky versus you versus, nah. but but you still think you'd give the nod to Roger if if it was if you could. could you put, put Ricky Carmichael or you take your pick of Americans and you could no way to prove it. Yeah. But I bet I bet a hundred grand. Put your pick in in Belgium on the same bike in real 45 minute yeah. motors yeah. not this shit they do now and you are not you can ricky carmichael my ass he ain't beating him yeah. some of those not gp tracks were so nasty you at know, the end of 45. they are bad ass yeah. tracks on those old ass bikes i mean put them on that bike i don't want that race <laughs> <laughs> you put Heike Mikkel as a nasty bastard, right? You put Heike, I've raced Heike in Germany, and I mean, on a 500, and he's badass too. Tough yes. I, you know, I don't like him, but uh, he get, Roger probably didn't like him much either because those are some badass races that you do not want in because those are no sissies playing. Those two guys are real, and they want it. Yeah. Roger's a serious individual. And you can sure. see that in what he does now. He's damn serious. I'm not that serious. Yeah. He's friggin' serious. When, he, when Roger yeah. has his mindset, probably shouldn't be there. Those two were intimidating, huh? Lining up against Heike and Roger. I got a nice story of Roger. Now, this time I was a, I was a little pissed, but Rod, you have to understand, I went from Roger's still a man to me, but I went from he's God, which he is God, but then I started racing one. Then it was my job to kick his ass in that Trans Am. Well, one day at Redbud, this got a little heated. It's muddy. I win the first moto. Second moto, I go to the line first. It's muddy. I turn my bike around. I do a burnout. Roger goes to the line second. I do a burnout. McCarty's here this day, too. McCarty back down this day. I do a burnout. They bring, they're bringing us up to the line one at a time. I burn out. They bring Roger. Roger pulls into my burnout. I pull up behind him. I bump him with my bike, right? I bump him. And, and then I bump him again, and he goes, I go, McCarty, get that SOB out of my spot. He goes, I'll hold the bike. You get him out of my spot. I went over there. I pushed him right over in the freaking mud. Did you really? I went over in the mud, and nobody has the balls to move him. The AMA won't move him. I said, I pulled around the front of the starting gate, and I sat out in the front of the starting gate. I am not moving till the SOB, till you move him out. 
And we got about six or eight guys lined up now. I remember Mosier saying something to me. He goes, get back over here, you crybaby. Get I, I didn't move. I said, back them the hell off. I get first pick. So they backed them off. They backed every, they were pissed at me that day. They back everybody off. I take my spot. You know, I wanted that spot. Yeah. <laughs> it's muddy. And now Roger and I really weren't getting along at that time. I mean, we were serious. You know, I didn't get to friends with them until later, but that day was kind of ugly between us, you know. What, what went that second moto? No, I, I won, but no, uh, no, no we never, no, no, no funny business. Didn't burn right? his leathers that day? I don't know if I burned his leathers <laughs> that day. But we would never, we would never ram, <laughs> we would never ram each other. Yeah. Uh, and like I said, when he, when he cut in front of me on that downhill, I don't know if there was spite there or it just happened. But it was, I thought, yeah, a little, he might have. Yeah. <laughs> he might have. Maybe. Maybe. Um, all right, going into 79. 12 wins. You get both titles again, Supercross and Outdoor. Um, killer season. What stands out from the racing side of that? Anything? Anything interesting? Oh, only that I, w I really was, I was good. I was riding good. The bikes were good. And this, this, that's the year I told you I let Howerton win that moto, the last moto. I went eight race, I think eight races out of 10. I had to win out of that. I've still, the point system sucks because I should be champ already. Yeah. In Europe, you'd have been the champ. Yeah. yeah. So I have to win the first moto of the last race to be the champion. I did that. And then the next moto is when I let Howerton win. And I said, that was stupid. I'd never do that again. Huh. It's hard sometimes to really push yourself after a championship. Yeah, I, I, it was over and before. I said, screw it. I know. I was, it's tough. I, that's a lot. Of <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. I have no idea. Um, <laughs> hey. Your podium antics, man. Like, of all of the stuff I saw over your career watching. What do you mean podium antics? His antics started at the, at the podcast wow. earlier. The guy had to get rid of his wife because he's like, honey, get out of here. Something bad is going to happen Bob if you stay too focus. long. Like, love you, but leave. <laughs> the yeah. pictures of you, though, with girls on your shoulders, you know, uh, I mean, it was a different you. time. Like, you, you know, I don't know what would happen now. The, the I don't know. I would really love to try. Yeah. <laughs> because I say, I say, if you're, win if you're the badass, if you're Jet Lawrence, and you want to put a friggin' trophy girl on your neck, I'm putting a friggin' trophy girl on my neck. Yeah, but facing backwards? <laughs> There's a picture of you well, with her on your shoulders. Well, I'll tell you that story. There's a difference between but the 70s and the 2000s. You know what? And, and maybe I'm wrong. People say, ah, no, you couldn't get away with what you got. I go, they'd fire you. I go, I win 12 races straight. They ain't firing no. Jack. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. And they might not like it. I've had, I remember the Suzuki Japanese. <laughs> I remember at the, at the uh, I think at the Trophy to Nations race, those people at Unadilla are crazy, and they loved me for doing that crap. Here come three guys across. There's a crowd, a sea of people. Here come three guys, girls on their shoulders with their tops off, and they're coming through the crowd, and the one, Tosh Koyama's going to Pat Alexander, you got to stop that. You got to stop that. And they're coming over. Then they want me to sign them. So we're signing, you know, I sign them. But... Uh, is that I we, think it would still go. I think I don't think anything's changed. I think these people have changed. You know, they, they don't want to do it. You don't race rental cars anymore either, man. We had rental car races every night. It, okay. 
You're getting me off on a tent. Did you and Marty Smith sign up for a mud bog in your rental cars? Yes. Sure. We <laughs> ran mud bog in our rental cars. <laughs> yes. Yes, we did. I mean, you know, one time the Honda team manager, I remember at a, after a national, it was right after the race, and they were and Honda guys were out there racing their rental cars around. The Honda team manager stand by me. He goes, "I wish those riders took it as seriously to race you as they do those rental cars." You know, he was just pissed. But they're sliding them around. We did bad stuff in those days in the cars. Yeah, I mean, real bad, like way out of line. Tell me the mud bog story. Way out of line. I don't know. We were just jacking around. There was a mud bog. There was a mud bog there that day, and that's where they took the cars. But we, we, we just did it, you know. And then in Florida, we had five cars out one night. Only one car went home. <laughs> and we, we got in a big contest. Laporte was out that night, and Brigitte and myself. I don't know who else. In Florida, we get bored. We stayed in there all month. <coughs> Excuse me. So we found a lake on private land, and we, we were racing around it. It's wet sand, really nice. But all of them got car, uh, sand in the carbs, and they quit later. But we were hydroplaning them across the lake. So I said, okay, who can hydroplane the farthest out on the lake, you know? And we start here, and then we go out there, and we, kept hyd- we hit them at 70, and whee, you know, across the lake. And only one car went home that night. You think five them? cars. I think my car went home, but yes, mine did because the next day I took a spoon trying to get sand out of the carburetor. <laughs> <coughs> I I heard that because uh, you did after you were done racing, you did the Toyota uh, Long Beach Grand Prix in the celebrity race. And uh, yeah, correct, correct me if I'm wrong. You won. You won that race, right? And the the gal what asked you, uh, "Do you have any car racing experience?" And you said. Well, I used to do some car racing for Hertz, you know. Or stuff. <laughs> I, I raced I race for uh, National for a while, and then Hertz <laughs> gave you a better contract. Yeah. No, we did stuff in those cars. And I, I just met somebody lately. He said, hey, I was in the canal with you in Houston in that canal in the rental car one night. I go, you were? He goes, yeah, you were running it down the canal and, and on the banks and stuff. He said, you went through the fence up there and went down there. I go, I remember doing it. I didn't know you were in the car. Somebody I met, he goes, yeah, I got to ride with you that night in the car. Fits not of his life. You, you, get, you just get the full insurance rider and just go for it. Yeah. Oh, shoot. How many did you kill? What's your rental car uh, oh, kill count? I really, I tried not to wreck them, actually. I did, I bent a T-bird in half one time, total and a jump at Redbud. The jumper by the I, old. I jump in a double. I overjump. Ah, shit! And there was a long, and I canoed that thing like that. And it was like that. It was so fun to drive. The doors wouldn't open. We went in and out of the window. And, you know, you're driving it like that. So, and so, Weinert and Mosier had a bad weekend, and I was there to witness the take back. When I took a car back one time in Michigan, it was a mud race. Weiner and Mosher were racing their car around out in the mud after the race and whacked into some other car. That started it. It didn't, it didn't do much. You about got in a fight. Then we're at a gas station. Mosher, I think, is driving. He pulls up. He gets out. He leaves the door open. He gets out to do the, do the uh, gas, and the freaking car was in reverse and went back, <laughs> tore the door off on the... Tore the door off on the on the pump. Yeah. So they tie the thing back, and so it happened to be I go to the I think it was national. It was red, but we didn't get cars the next year there. By the way, oh, I we know. gets we the car. That. He had the balls. When we get back to the rental place, 
I had a girl with me there, and I go, I'm going in with him. I go, I want to see what he says about this. Because that car had mud. <laughs> I had the windows down. It was full of mud. The idiot didn't even wash it. It was full of mud. The door was tied up with the seatbelt. So I go in there, and he had the balls. He goes, straight face. He said, there is a little damage to the car. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I couldn't. They walked out there. They had a fit, you know, and we, they wouldn't rent any of us cars the following. We were in no, no cars that year because it's a small place, and we needed cars, and I wouldn't rent any motocross or car. I yeah. think that's happened at Redboard multiple Redboard. times. I went there I went there one yeah. and uh, we rented from Avis through KTM, and it rained after the second moto, and somehow we ended up playing bumper cars in the parking lot. And in 02, I get to uh, um, Buchanan. Buchanan, or? yeah. So I land and go there, and um, they're like, oh, you're here for Redbud? I'm like, yeah. We don't have any cars. I'm like, I have a reservation. She's like, no, we, we, we don't have any cars for you. And I was like, oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> okay. All right. Never mind. Just walk down the counter. I understand. Yeah. I'm Have not going to argue. Red Buzz had a bad year, huh? Yeah, they had, they a, had bad a bad few, few decades. Because <laughs> every story, Avis literally said, we will not rent nah. a car to anyone we know that's involved in motocross. <laughs> that's what the lady at the counter told they me. Don't, I don't think they do it anymore, though, huh? I, I don't think so. Different people, generation. Pe- people mellowed out, at least. Sure. So we can Bradshaw, get cars. Bradshaw called me about six months ago. He goes, hey. What are you doing? I got nothing. He goes, Can, uh, I got a guy here doing an interview with me, and I'm telling the story about the time in Orange County when we were racing those cars. You mind me telling that story? I go, I don't give a crap. So Bradshaw come up behind me in Orange County when I was kind of training him for Yamaha after I quit. And he come up. We're at a corner pretty close to the airport is why. And he comes up, and he bumps him in and power burns it, you know. <laughs> and then we pulled around into the Coco's restaurant there, and we're in there, and the cops show up. And the cop comes in there and goes, oh, you guys driving those cars? I go, yeah. And can you come on and talk to us? Yeah. And he goes, uh, this guy here says he owns, he's a manager of Hertz over. He wants you to return those cars. And I go, I ain't returning Jack uh, myself. I go, it's up to him if he wants to return his. I go, what's the problem? He, well, he saw you. He said you guys were tearing up the cars or something. I go, check my car. I don't see any damage. I'm going back to eat. You can do what you want, you know. But they hassled Damon, and Damon for a while. And he said, I ain't giving my car either. But the guy, the guy from Hertz saw him doing that, you know. And got a little irritated oh well you know in the old days that we used to drive 50 mile an hour and just throw them in the reverse and floor them and just <laughs> i mean it was bad hey gang does your happy trail look more like a happy highway does your bush peek out over your fence if you know what i'm saying if you had to even think about the answer you need the revolutionary products from manscaped success is when preparation meets opportunity and manscaped platinum package will make sure you're prepared when opportunity strikes Join the 6 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with the code WhiskeyThrottle. The Manscaped Platinum Package 4.0 is the one-stop shop for the man who deserves it all. They designed this package to allow you to fully align your entire hygiene routine with elite products. Inside the package, you'll find their Lawnmower 4.0, the 4.0 Trimmer, Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, Ultra Premium Body Wash, Ultra Premium 2-in-1 Shampoo and Conditioner, Ultra Premium Deodorant, Crop Preserver, Anti-Shaping Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver, Ball Spray Toner, Anti-Shaping Boxers, and the Shed Travel Bag to hold your goods while traveling. Damn, it's a lot of stuff. 
The Lawnmower 4.0 Body Trimmer and Weed Whacker Nose and Ear Hair Trimmer features proprietary advanced skin-safe technology to protect your delicate parts and holes. Both are waterproof, so you can shave with less mess. And believe me, when you're down there taking care of the bits and pieces, you want to make sure that this thing isn't going to bite you. Uh, I've had that happen with other shavers, and it's no bueno. In addition to shaving, you can now completely upgrade your shower routine with the Ultra Premium Body Wash and Ultra Premium 2-in-1 Shampoo and Conditioner. Y'all have your skin and hair feeling hydrated and smelling fresh. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts to their premium Platinum Package 4.0, the Manscaped Boxers, and the Shed Travel Bag. Bring your comfort and boxers to another level. The Platinum Package 4.0 covers all bases, head to toe, and hair to ball fro. So, let's review, folks. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code WHISKEYTHROTTLE at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code WHISKEYTHROTTLE. Use the Platinum Package because the gold standard is no longer good enough. Dunlop. There is a reason every AMA championship in the past decade was won on Dunlop tires. They are the best. Choose the best performing tire and a brand that has never wavered in their support of our sport. Choose Dunlop. Pro Circuit. Pro Circuit products are designed with one goal in mind, winning. Through passion and hard work, Pro Circuit has operated the most successful 250 team in the history of the sport. They use that same formula when developing exhaust, engine, and suspension parts for every brand. When only the highest level of performance is acceptable, trust Pro Circuit. Since 2009, Seat Concepts has been dedicated to making the best aftermarket seats. More comfort, more grip, more riding. For 10 years, we've continued to raise the bar. Innovation and American craftsmanship make Seat Concepts the world-leading manufacturer of power sports seats. Something from nothing. That's what Nihilo Concepts is about. It starts with a spark, an idea, a concept, which leads to a design and finishes with engineered excellence with the highest quality products created with durability in mind. All our products are made in the USA at our state-of-the-art facility in Stewart, Florida. Whether you are a weekend warrior, ride for fun, or at the highest level of competition, Nihilo Concepts offers innovative titanium, aluminum, and carbon fiber parts for your dirt bike. We offer a wide variety of products that you can customize to your liking. Browse our site for foot pegs, brake tips, engine components, specialty tools, frame grip tape, lever grips, carbon fiber components, motor stands, our secondary on-switch, plus much more. Head to NihiloConcepts.com and see for yourself why factory teams like Red Bull KTM, Rockstar Husqvarna, Troy Lee Designs Gas Gas, Orange Brigade, Club MX, KLM Gas Gas, and some of the fastest riders in the world choose Nihilo Concepts. 
Since 1987, Coach Rob has been dedicated to creating durable motocross, supercross, GNCC, and road racers through his complete racing solutions program, integrating performance, nutrition, functional strength, flexibility, and mental development. His proven system has world-class results, producing four AMA number one pro plates and over 270 national championships. The complete racing solutions program focuses on the fundamentals of human physiology and how riders interact with the physics of a motorcycle. Its proven process and system helps riders understand the why associated with riding technique and how getting faster on a motorcycle directly correlates with strength, endurance, nutrition, and flexibility off the bike. There is a difference between a fast racer and a Complete Racing Solutions racer. Visit CompleteRacingSolutions.com and get on the path to becoming the champion you want to be. Specialized Bicycles Specialized leads the way in the world of bicycling. Whether it's cross-country racing, downhill, e-bikes, enduro, road, gravel, dual slalom, dirt jumping, or all mountain bikes that do it all, Specialized has the perfect ride for you. The brand is synonymous with engineering excellence and innovation that steers the industry. Visit your local Specialized dealer for a test ride and see just how good Specialized products are. OGO Power Sports. OGO has perfected the carrying case. Motocross gear bags, helmet bags, boot bags, hydration packs, backpacks, and travel bags, to name a few, have all been meticulously engineered to maximize space and surpass durability standards that would make NASA proud. Simply the best, OGO Power Sports. intercom on. Cool to be able to hear what they talk about and how fast they should go throttle control braking. Really cool. Extend your leg out. There you go. Good job. Good throttle control, Lonnie. That's a great training tool. It was a lot of fun to be on the track with them. Hey, Lono. What? Can you pull off? Pull off over here when you get to me and your brother. Okay. With a rich history in motocross, ProX has been dedicated to supplying quality components since 1975. Whether you're rebuilding an engine or just need a new chain, ProX Racing Parts aims to bridge the gap between OE quality and affordability. ProX has over 9,000 part numbers and over 60 different product types that are manufactured by highly reputable or even OEM suppliers and are offered at affordable prices to help keep riders on the bike instead of in the garage. Visit ProX.com to search parts for your bike or check them out at your favorite online or local dealer. The guys are just breaking in their race bikes, which will leave on the semi this Saturday to go to the first Supercross for our coast in Orlando. Uh, so the guys are just be goofing off a little bit, do some cool photos, do some cool videos. When you go racing, you want to do well, but a big key is keeping the bikes on the track. That's why we chose to work with Motul. Expectations coming in as a rookie is just to try and get my feet wet and uh, honestly just send it, see where I end up and uh, do my best out there, but just ride aggressive and ride like myself in practice and I uh, should have a good time. Challenges of this sport I believe is just simply staying healthy. Uh, with how fast we're going um, and what we're doing, your margin for mistake is really, really small.
stay sick. If you have little rippers, then you have had to have seen stay sick bikes by now. We have created bike and experiences that allow kids to develop sooner and empower them to find their own ride. From learning to ride to sharpening skills, the stay sick promise is accelerated growth. Whatever path your family chooses, it's going to be the ride of your life. Stay sick stability cycles. You ever heard the phrase that the harder you work, the luckier you are? Well, at Luck Apparel, they believe in an acronym that kind of sums it up a little more simply than that. Laboring under complete knowledge. So it isn't just some random chance that determines what your outcome or results are going to be. It's being educated and working your butt off to get it done. And I think that that goes hand in hand with the motocross industry. You don't get lucky into a win. You work your ass off and you make it happen. So check out Luck Apparel. They've got t-shirts, hats, sweatshirts, all kinds of cool stuff. And we're stoked to have them on board here at the Whiskey Throttle Show in 2022. Today's show is brought to you in part by ZDMS, the next generation dealer management system for the power sports industry. Designed for large and multi-rooftop dealership operations, ZDMS business intelligence harnesses the power of your data for better line of sight into dealership decision-making. Pinpoint performance areas of concern where profit is being maximized and opportunities remain. Real-time data visualization combined with drill-down reporting means you can track up-to-the-minute dealership performance across all departments. Unlock stories you never knew existed and meaningful insights into your business. With ZDMS's intuitive, easy-to-use dealer management system, you'll streamline your opportunities and improve communication across your entire dealership with efficient workflows while spending less time behind the counter and more time with your customers. ZDMS understands technology is only as good as the team representing it. With ZDMS's unmatched top-tier support, rest assured your customer experience is part of the package. Every team member in your dealership will have access to a support team ready to assist in any way possible. Change is good. Say goodbye to your legacy DMS software and modernize your operations, minimize costs, improve efficiencies, and make data-driven decisions to increase profitability with ZDMS. Demo at ziidms.com today. I'm on vacation every single day because I love my occupation. Hey, I'm on vacation. If you don't like your life, then you should go and change it. You've actually set a lot of trends. I don't know if you consider yourself a trendsetter. We were just talking about one. <laughs> I mean, people now fire machine guns out of helicopters at tubers all the time. Uh, no, the lightning bolts. The nickname, uh, Trouble, on the back of your, your pants. That's because they the called time, me Trouble. Nobody ever did that, though. No, no one put nicknames on the back of the pants, right? It was your name. I put or no your... passing one time, no passing. <laughs> well, you also had a Buckwheat 18 That's Carat. I think there's a story. The 18 Carat, there's a story about it. Yeah, I want to hear this that, I just did it to piss somebody off. It was just for a one day. I'm in Seattle, and we pit inside in, in these Supercrosses. Kingdom. Well, the crowd's right here. The All crowd's right, right there. The cement wall, and people are coming down all night. I'm, I'm trying to race right. I'm, get, I'm sitting right here, and they come down for autographs, so I'm always signing. Well, I'm not, I'm not always, you know, very interested in signing. I go, okay, yep, yep, yeah, there you go, there you go. Well, after that race one, some lady writes in the magazine that you signed my daughter's autograph, and you didn't pay attention to her at all. You know, the world doesn't revolve around your golden ass. They put that in the magazine. Why they would put that in a magazine, I don't know, but they did. And I just said, ah, you know, if I pay too much attention to the girls, they get mad. And if I don't pay enough, they get mad. I go, where's the 
I mean, what are the boundaries? I probably didn't look at it because I was damn busy. I liked signing autographs for people. I, I, I missed that part, right? So the next year I went there, I just put 18, I don't know if the lady would have ever seen it, but I put 18 carat on there just for, you know, just to be a dick, you know. <laughs> you? You would do that? Just... Ah, sometimes. <laughs> and the trouble, I actually heard there's a story behind this, because you could see that we've got our uh, street rhythm bike that was decked out in library. Well, I that's... saw it on the internet. Yeah, <laughs> so did you approve of that? I mean, yeah. What, yeah, hell yeah, yeah, it looks good, right? So that trouble. I'm surprised he didn't win. He had all that stuff on there. Well, they don't build them like they used to. No. no he's he's German, is, you know. Huh? He's practically a Nazi. How's he going to win? Um. <laughs> you, you might be almost as bad as me. <laughs> you and I got to get together. <laughs> well, we what, know he's the, not happy with you as the Japs. But <laughs> <laughs> or David Bailey. Um, or Jeff Ward. <laughs> was but it in, in 77, if I get this right, last race of the year, maybe it was Anaheim, maybe L.A., and you uh, rode a stock bike. Yeah. And they, they said something like, you could go out and win on a stock bike, and you put trouble on your pants for that race. Like, I'm still going to be trouble. Is that accurate? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And you did win. Yeah. In, in 77, I rode a stock YZ. The only thing we ever did to it was put a mag hub on the front. It was, it was a stock YZ. The works bikes that were... The works department in Yamaha was a separate department in the production, and they kind of had a competition. And we really liked the stock bike, and it had a really nice shock on it, and I disliked it. It wasn't that fast. It just ran nice. Hmm. And we tuned, McCarty and I got it going. I go, I go, I know this is going to piss him off, but I want to, and earlier in the Supercross season, I go, I want to ride the stocker. He goes, you're kidding me, right? And I go, nah, I'm not getting along with that. The works one runs better, but I, I can't ride it. And so we started, we rode him the whole season, and Honda, believe it or not, Palmer's mechanic tore, had it protested and toned down in Atlanta. <laughs> and paper, I go, you got to be kidding me, Merle. Are you, are you really think we're cheating? I go, we don't even have new pistons to put in this son of a bitch. It, we're, it's, when we got to Michigan, he tore it down. They found out it's stock. <laughs> we get to Michigan. I go, I'll prove it's stock. I auctioned it off. I go, remember the guy I said I was rude to? Well, he's my super, he loves me. He goes, I go, I want to auction a bike off. He goes, great, I'll, I'll run it through the crowd and we'll take $5. I go, I want $5 a ticket and we're going to auction my bike off that I, I won the race on it. So we auction it off that night to prove it's stock. He said, there's the winning bike and we auctioned the thing off. Jeez. And the bike's been out in the public. You know, they I wonder knew, where that is. Who has that bike? They don't right now? know. They knew it for a while. I knew it about three people had sold it. And Terry Good wants to buy it right now. We don't know who owns it. Ugh. But it was box stock on the starting line the second night of Michigan. Pontiac, I told McCarty, I go, it ain't going to make the race. And the piston rattle was so bad. I go, it isn't going to make it. He goes, eh, you may not. Did you imagine that now? Did, it, did you blow up? No, oh. it made it. And we sold, and we. Believe it or not, I thought I was going to make <laughs> so much money. We sold it before it blew up on us. <laughs> you know what? Yamaha was so tight right then. I called them and I said, hey, I'm going to auction it off. I thought they'd think that was a great promotion. They said, okay, we want 500 bucks for it. No shit. They made me pay 500 bucks for it. You should have said to them, you guys are so tight, just not your tolerance between the piston yeah, and the head. Yeah. Um, this has been told to death, but I got to hear about the skiing incident where you broke your leg. Um, were you were you a big water skier? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I liked it. And Things but I always skied in the lake. He says he likes it. I love water skiing. Yeah, it's a rare you know lost art. I love ski. Yeah, I loved it. And I loved it after that. I did it for years, you know. And then uh, what the hell happened though? 
just skiing in the river, and I don't know the ri- I've never been in the Colorado River, and it was right in the morning, first time on, tried to driving the boat, and he's kind of, it's sandbars and crap out there, and he's dodging. Uh. I'm not paying attention. I'm just skiing. Well, he's moving around sandbars and stuff, so I cut left. He moves way right. I don't really know it. I go, wah! I go across. I go, uh-oh, <laughs> here comes a bank. No big deal. I just let go of the rope, and I just I lay it over. But right under the water, there's big rocks. Oh. And I caught them. When I laid it in, I caught them, and it just it threw me clear out of the river onto the bank, through a tree, and on to, into some rocks. I mean, the tree, boo, I mean, the arrow oh, stuck man. in me, right? But it threw me on there and threw me back in the water, so I'm floating in the water. And I kind of laughed. I go, whoa. I go, whoa. I go, I got away with that, you know. But then the, my, my one leg floats. <laughs> and I go, oh, boy. <laughs> and it's, see the scar yeah, that's that. it. Tip fib. It's broke, yeah. Okay. And half. And I just, oh, well, obviously I knew I was toast then, you know. So it seemed like, because you were out an entire season, did it get infected? Was there issues it with it? Okay. It got, uh, they, were about, they were operating on it four months later with not knowing if they're cutting it off. Because he said, I, don't, I, I joked, I said, you're not going to cut it off. He goes, I won't know till in the morning. We'll know in the mo- you'll know in the morning. No, oh, shit. Yeah, really? it was infected bad. They hollowed that sucker. I put five. They hollowed that thing out. Oh, yeah. The, they took the all fence. the bone, everything out to an eggshell. And I put five yards of gauze, and I had to pack it every day sterile up on the coffee table. Everything sterile, boil. You know, at five yards for months, I put gauze in there, short, you know, five yards to start with. And then shorter, 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 shorter. I remember when I put the last one-inch one in, you know. Jeez. Was it because of the river water, or did they say? Pro- you know, when I broke it, I get to the local hospital. They said, we can't touch him. we got to get a helicopter out of San Diego. And when my helicopter comes, some idiot had a heart attack. And they go, some idiot. <laughs> some idiot. And I go, some selfish bastard. Yeah, and he and he goes, uh, hey, they go, they got a heart attack, and they take him, and I go, take him, give me another helicopter. They give me another, so I didn't get down there for a long time, and then uh, they didn't get cleaned out that good. It actually, it got better. It got pretty strong. I actually went cross country snow skiing because I would say, hey, I must start training again. I still got some gauze in there, and I get back from the skiing, and I'm washing it with a washcloth, and it caught on something like a scab and just ripped it open i'm going what the hell and i pull a piece of bone out of there you know i go that's not too good that doesn't seem right that's not too good did they plate it or anything or no it was just cast set in place and casted yeah open yeah op- uh plastic cast that uh, just held it and uh so i go i showed it to a friend of me because you ought to go have them look at that today so i went right over and they looked at it and they go the doctor looks at it just one minute he goes uh you need to come back here later today and i go what do you mean later today? I go, my house. He goes, no, you need to stay here. And I go, what do you mean? He goes, yeah, we need to work on that tonight. And I go, I didn't lock my house or whatever. I go, he goes, go home, come back here. And we're going to get after it. And you were walking on it at that point? I was cross-country skied on it that day. And then I was toast. I like okay. the way they tell him his legs jacked. And he's like, but I didn't lock the front door. <laughs> like, <clears throat> You still may lose your leg. I, I got to run home real fast. And so. he didn't rake the carpet either. I got to rake my carpet. I, you know, I knew I hadn't raked the carpet. And I, uh, Doc, I just give me some time. I'll be right back. So what was going through your head through all of 1980? You missed an entire season. You never really, it doesn't sound like anyway, you, do, you dealt with big injuries prior to this. 80 was just, 
It, well, it was a torture treatment. It was, uh, oh, well, 80, I'm out. 81 is when I started right. 80 wasn't bad. I was out for a year. Uh, in the end of 79, I learned how to fly. I flew 600 hours in 1980 <laughs> okay. all over the freaking place. So you, did whatever you, I want. you made hay while the sun shone. Like, if you couldn't ride, you were like, I'm going to work on other things that I've wanted to do. And six months later, I'm out water skiing. I'm training and doing whatever I want. And then I come back in 81. Okay. But it, then it was a, that was a long year. So did you, as you came back in 81, did you feel like you were as fast as you ever was? No, f- hell no, no. no. I was off an t- entire year, and everybody else was training a year. I, Lost I, a bunch I, of time. I got a two-year gap here. Yeah. You know. So how did you, how did you kind of, you just had Strugg- to race yourself? It struggled. Yeah. It struggled. Mm-hmm. And that was the tub of shit motorcycle, right? Well, it was one of them. <laughs> <laughs> that, oh, yeah. That, that thing came to Hangtown. 30 pounds over weight limit. 30. As you know, Yikes. you don't ride 30 pounds. No. I don't care who you are. Riding I'm 30 it. pounds over weight limit, but <laughs> my bike certainly wasn't. 30 pounds. <laughs> if Roger DeCosta rode 30 pounds as good as he is, then being God, he couldn't win. Yeah. Because yeah. no, the bike's got to be that light. Power, they, well, lack of power, you could say. How are the Yamaha guys taking that when you tell them? And I imagine you told them, quite frankly. Well, that was the famous term, tub of shit. Yeah. You know? How did, did they say, okay. The Japanese from Japan realized realize it. I don't know the guys over here uh, at Yamaha. I don't know. They just quit developing it. You know, when I was gone, uh, oh, why, why bother with it? Hannah's mm. out. When we get back, we'll go back to work. But So 81 and 82 were tough, tough years for you. I mean, you won some races. Tough. 82, but they paid me to ride to 125, so it was real tough. End of 82, we were, I'm arguing in the, with the president about – uh, he says Glover and I are out of shape, and I, I said, well, I could. If you guys are hard up for money, you'll save yourself 300 grand right off the bat. And he said, okay. Because he thought he tore it up, right? Yeah. And then you went. Oh, and, and, and then I said, I'll get a ride with somebody else. So I called around. I called Roger, and he goes, man, we're, we're full now. And I go, no big deal. But I go, man, I, I, I screwed that up thinking I was going to get to go to Honda. And then Donnie Hansen got hurt. Mm. Donnie Hansen gets hurt. They call me. They say, you want Han- it doesn't look like he's going to ride this year. And I go, really? And he goes, no, you want his bike for this year? And I go, yep, I'll take it. And getting on that bike, especially after the 81, 82 models you've been riding, tell me about that first ride. Because that, did you ride the 82 or right to the I 82? rode Hansen's 82. And, and I didn't need to touch it. It yeah. was like, I got on, I went, oh, yeah. Like a, a whole different level. That this good. Yeah. yeah, this good. And it had good forks, and I like good forks. And it had really good forks. One thing that, like, uh, those guys told me about David and those guys that rode that bike, they said the tricky part was the bike was amazing. A little temperamental. You had to kind of tune it. But the problem was you didn't get to practice on it, mm. right? You're riding a stalker or. They didn't. We changed oh, that. Didn't? No, oh, okay. we changed that. Okay. Because I, I told the Honda guys, I said, no, no, we got to have bikes to practice on. You can't ride that yeah. that and ride this on the weekend. And you're, you're screwing your own guys. So we started riding some works bikes. I like, I kept that 82, or the 82 when we went to the 83. I practiced on the 82 even. I took that out. It's close enough. Okay. The 83 actually didn't work very well right off the bat. <laughs> Matter of fact, when we first started testing the 83, Johnny looked at me, and, go, and we were having trouble with the linkage. I said, it's too flat. Roger wanted to go flat linkage on the rear. I go, it's a good idea, but it isn't working for me. I mean, it may work for somebody else. It won't work for me, Roger, the way I ride. I mean, it's not going to work. So, I mean, the, the house, how good they are that Paul Turner that night made the linkage that I wanted that night. He went back to the CNC, stayed up all night. Next morning at 9, I had the linkage. 
That was the commitment from Honda. Oh, Honda is badass. Yeah. Badass. Well, that, wow. that's my dad became such a Honda fan because he started riding on an Elsinore and then the Honda had every badass rider. They had the trickiest parts. I mean, they were just, everyone wanted to be on one or part of one at that point. And it seems like the, whoever's running these, these companies in Japan, if they're a racing fan, yeah. like, uh, then the racing budgets oh, is good. get big and then you see those type of, you know, yeah, that's the up and down. HRC kind of HRC was running stuff. Then a guy named Kazuka was running. I think it was Kazuka was running HRC, and he was right out of the military in World War II. I think he was the only surviving Jap on the front line. He was mean, <laughs> and I liked him because he was mean. I liked his ass, but he did not like mediocrity. <laughs> okay, yeah. I remember one time I'm looking out the back of my box fan. I see him over there, and he's looking back at us. Right, he's looking this way, like he's pissed off, and I'm going, "What the hell is he looking at?" I walk out, Johnny O'Mara's in some band three down, kissy kissy face with some broad, and his his girlfriend in the in the truck, and he wasn't digging it. We had a big meeting the next week, no girls at the races. Oh, he goes, right? "You guys get six days a week. Sunday's mine." Wow. And I go. Yes, I like it. Keep the wives and the girls the hell out of the pits, okay? I like it. Sunday's mine, too. You know, I wanted to <laughs> yeah. ride. So I liked it. They were all pissed off about that. You know, McCarty liked it at Yamaha, too. He, McCarty didn't like that crap in the pits, either. And McCarty popped off at Wyndham's broad one time, I think, and got in some trouble. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think he called her something <laughs> kind of bad. All right, well, yeah. we'll leave it there. Yeah. Sunday, you know, leave him at home. I agree. You know? No, I agree 100%. Leave him at home. I agree 100%. Um, I got This has been talked about to death, too, but the, the massacre at Saddleback that year. Oh, I love that subject. So I watched that race before this show here, and I, the hits you put on him at the top of that hill, they were accidental. Of course it was. You wouldn't do that on purpose. I mean, those would make... Justin Barsha blush. They were heavy. <laughs> okay, but I do one in my whole career and it gets famous, right? <laughs> they still talk about it. That stupid idiot still talking about it now. I don't talk about it, but I'll, I'll set the whole stage. You want me to set the stage? Yeah, let's hear it. Set the stage. I've been out. I was out a year. I had a bad year. Howerton got his ass kicked by me for years. I'm gone. He wins. They say, you wouldn't win if Hannah was here for a year. He's pissed. He goes, bullcrap. I'm the champ. I get it. The fact is, he wouldn't have. But I get it. Yeah. I come back. He's got something to prove. I want to race. But Hank, uh, Saddleba or, uh, Hangtown, he wins the week before. I don't remember. He beat me. No contest. They're not going to have any contest. He writes in the paper, and this didn't have anything to do with me ramming him, but he remembers he writes in the paper because he mentioned it about a month ago to somebody. He writes, I'm going to beat Hannah so bad this year he's going to want to quit. That, wouldn't, that would probably piss me off knowing my nasty attitude, okay? So we get the Saddleback. He would have beat me easy. I wouldn't have. I would have rode hard, but he's gonna beat me because my bike's just my bike's now 25 pounds lighter. They took 25 pounds off with titanium. It's 25 pounds, and I, I remember jumping up some stuff, going down in where we had jump up. I mean, my bike's just a tub of shit. And Howard and Suzuki at that time pop up, and I'm going. He's riding right in front of me. I see it, do it. I go, yeah, killing me, right? Well, he he starts roughhousing me. And the way I'll prove the roughhouse, and he'll, he'll argue all day long that he didn't, but I'll tell you how, it, how the proof comes out. He, you know, he comes under <laughs> me, boom, you know. Jack, you know, pardon me. Just like that. And Just I like go, that. yes, like that, right? 
So we get in the first moto. I pass him. He passes me back. He blows me out of a corner. I go back by. I go down right before this massacre. We, I go down in a berm. He comes in the same berm down in with me and blows me the hell out of it. I he's, remember. He's burning your leathers. He's burning my leathers. <laughs> and you know, Roger. Who does like that? that? <laughs> Who does that yeah. kind of crap? I'd had enough. And at the, I was furious. I said, this is the end of this shit. So we go to the Magoo Double. Did you know you're lining him up I, for this? I like, was breaking his leg. I didn't. Oh, I was gonna. Say, yeah, this is what I you said. Get, I went in there to break his leg. It's over now. It's over now. I go. I'm. This is over now. You want to play this shit? I'll play this shit. You started it. Okay. Yeah. I always said, I never started it. Always but I'll end it. it. But yeah. once you piss me off, I'm. I a bad attitude there. I go over that double, and I'll give him credit because the first knock didn't knock his ass down. I hit him so damn hard in the side. And he f- does this crap, and I realize he's not going down. I took another hit. I get him. He jumps at me, tries to grab me. Uh-huh. I go, wee! <laughs> <laughs> and, but it freaked me out. I, wouldn't, I, I didn't want to ride like that. So I just motor around. I just, I'm pissed. He comes up. I let him by. I'm, I'm waiting. I let him by. Next moto. You let him win? I let him. I, I let I mean, him. Or what? I was. I said, "This ain't the way to do it." You know, this is. This sucks. The next moto, it was on. Hardest moto I ever rode in my life, for sure. Yeah. The bike is not good. And <laughs> it was unbelievable race because, well, it's on video. You can see how close. And I'm, I'm over my head. I should have crashed. I said, "I'm crashing her. I'm gonna hang in here." But I should have crashed, and he's right behind me, or he's close enough, you know. And I'm thinking, we're getting farther in the race. I'm wondering when he's going to come by, and he probably doesn't want to get anywhere near me, right? And I go, he's going to get me, because he can pass, he can catch me in certain sections. So I started thinking, okay, what section do I have him? Okay, I go, there's a bad section down here. I go, he can move up on me pretty easy, you know. And I'm thinking, it's about three straightaways from the end. And I go, he's going to get me. And it's coming down the back straight, and I got, I got about a one right-hander, and I got a left-hander, and there's a finish. And I'm coming into this right-hander, and I'm going. I, all day long, I'm, there's a very slippery. And I've been taking the inside little berm, and, and I go, I go, I know, I know the inside berm, and I don't know that outside berm, but I know it's big, and it's sandy, and it'll hold me. I go, I'm going to go, I'm going to go a gear higher, and I'm going outside, and I'm going to rail it, because he won't expect it. I, I'm just hammering it, and, I lay, and they're big berms. You can lay them in, and I'm laid in. I look, I go, oh shit! He's coming at you. <laughs> he squared, he squared it, and he's coming at, but it's so slick. He's gonna, he's he gonna run into my gas tank, and right before he gets me, that thing washes out, and it goes right. I lift my foot up, he goes right under me. Voila! You know, so. But in between motos, you know, he's, he's over there. The Suzuki's over there yakking at the MA, coming over to McCarty. McCarty says, you tell. He goes, Johanna's got knocked that crap off. He goes, you tell him. And I go, I didn't start that crap. I go, you go back over there and tell him. He touches me in the next motor. I'll break his friggin' leg for him, you know. And so everybody, everybody has their opinion. Uh, Howerton says, I started the crap. I said, really? Because I'm going to give you an example. You and me are racing the saddleback, and I just come up for no reason and ram your ass off. Are you going to come over and punch me out after the race? You're not going to just sit over there and take it. 
I rammed your ass off. I hit you so hard, I knocked you off of that bike for no reason. Not a reason. You're going to come over and kick the shit out of me. And he didn't come over. <laughs> and nobody said anything because you know why? He knows he deserved it. Yeah. That's my opinion. So what happened? Any words after that? Race? Never. I used to be friends with him. I went to his house and rode with him. We never spoke another word the rest of our life. The last time I saw him, well, I asked him, I, I said something in the magazine. I, I said something to somebody. I go, in 82, when I get back going and I get on the bike, I go, where's Howard, where is Howerton now? Is he still riding? You know, being a jerk. And where the hell are you now that I'm back on, you know? And then the last day, Mike, the day I quit racing in, in uh, Unadilla, I'm coming through the pack. I saw two guys. I remember passing Glover, and I go, I had to punt him one more time. I had to punt him. <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, go punt Glover. Come on. Because yeah. I'm not going to win that day. I go, God, go punt him. And then I caught Howerton, and I go, oh, you ought to punt him. And I'm talking to myself in my brain. I go, oh, Ram, punt him. One. It'll make big news. I go, and I got, it's my last day. I don't want to be a dick. So I just <laughs> went. I, I passed Howerton, and I'm thinking, God, I, I, I regret it. I thought, you know, maybe I should have punted both of them just for fun. I was quitting it. I'll never get a chance to do it again. I, want I remember to, thinking, both those guys, I go, nah, I won't do it. I want an app that just plays your inner monologue all the time, like so I can hear what you're thinking all the time. It had to be great. Want to go camping? <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if Pingree will go camping with me. So you might you do look like a good camping partner. <laughs> You might not want to know what's in there all the time. Yeah, you might be right. Yeah, yeah. That guy over there don't. <laughs> he already knows. He don't want to, I think he knows. I, I know. Some kind of mind reader. The poor, the poor woman is in timeout for no reason whatsoever. I was about to say she's naked, duct taped to a chair, but I didn't want you to break into that camper. But yeah, she's duct taped to a chair, not naked. <laughs> All right. Fully clothed. 1983, before this gets any worse. Uh, tell me about that, that season. Um, how is your body at this point? Is your leg good? Oh, it's, yeah, I'm, I'm good. No problems? No. Does it bug you now even still or no? Uh, no, not that. Not okay. that. My ankles are, my knees a little bit. Not, I mean, I have to, if I manage myself right, I'm all right. My feet, my feet are a little touchy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes they can give me some trouble. Did you tweak those early on? Because I remember you wrote. I broke both ankles two or three times each, you know. And uh, You wrote so, the Scott boots because of that, right? They gave you yeah. that. Yeah. Well, how are those things real fast? I like them. I don't know how the hell you rode in plastic boots like that. Well, we put rubber bottoms on them, and, and they're badass because if I come up on you and I just want to stick my front in your, foot in your front wheel, I can't. I can, wow. Once, you've ridden <laughs> up, once you ride in those for a few years, you go. when I went back to leather boots, they quit making them. I thought I was in slippers. I said, oh, shit. Yeah. I don't want to put my feet anywhere. No, those things are badass, really. They would have been good if they had been. You still think they should, like, pursue some of that? I right? wish. I would have always loved to have those. At first, right. we didn't have bottoms on them. And now, just, wee! You know, but I was used to doing that crap anyway, you know? <laughs> That's kind of how you rode, right? Yep. Um, 83, okay. You were you were on it, and I, then you broke your wrist at Orlando, and it kind of it was stupid. jacked you up. Didn't, was that when someone landed on you? Uh, no, that was born. Uh, Later, yeah, that was at Six that Flags. That year, yeah. maybe later, or maybe the next year, or something. This was maybe like a later. press day thing in Orlando. That yeah, it was at. dumb. Yeah. It was if, if my worst habit ever. And I practiced. I was going to destroy Yamaha just to show the guy that said you guys are out of shape. I was going to say, you're going to get a lesson in that you were wrong. So 
I was very, I, I rode every day. I, the only days I didn't ride or train is if I was traveling or whatever. I just stayed in road. I rode so much that sometimes I had, I go, whoa, I'm getting tendonitis here because I'm too much. Yeah. You know. Do you and think sometimes they look back and go, eh, I might have overcooked it I a little stupid. bit. Yeah. I stupid. I totally should have tamed down, but I had Lunnis working for me that year, and he wants to drive my ass, and I want to drive it, and we want to, we want to lap him. I don't want, and it's stupid. We should have just barely beat him. Yeah. I should have ne- if my one thing to tell somebody nowadays about to a guy like Jet or somebody, I'd say never jump anything you don't have to to win the race. Never. Jeremy said that earlier. Never. About the outdoors when he got injured. We yep. should have beaten Emig, you know, and he even said. You get to It's so hard to never get too cocky. No. Nah. But you, at some point you do. You do. Even, I did. Even unintentionally, I think. We could all argue that we've been there. Think point. you're Superman. Yeah. And then Superman, even with a broken wrist, is worthless. I had a 100-point lead in the Supercross and the Nationals Jeez. when I broke that wrist. Four races, I was still in the lead. What happened? What I happened? Did, anyway? Oh, there's a jump there over the – there's a, like a double. I said, man, if you can jump over the, this finish line thing and clear that, you'll make a lot of time. Oh, I'd do that easy. But I just cased it on it and just – I go, Kinked why it. would I do that? You know, because I'm just obsessed with killing them. And it was a bad deal. Mm-hmm. But I look back. I, I always look back and I go, man, why did I do that? But really, that was me. Yeah. That was my attitude. <laughs> and, and so if I'd have never had any sh- that attitude, I wouldn't have been me. Yeah. I wouldn't have done any of the stupid yeah. shit I did. Okay? Well, and, you know, you, you're, you say, oh, I overtrained. I should have tamed it back. But that wasn't you. Then you wouldn't have. Uh, it wasn't yeah. me. But yeah. I sure could have I sure could have tuned it down a little bit and think, okay, you're not Superman. Yeah. You know? Well, it, it, it's almost like you learn with personalities. You got guys that just put everything out there on the table and and some guys that need that push but you know you hear from some guys later on and I think you might be one of them where it's like you almost needed someone in your corner to go hey Mm. it's okay take a breather you don't have to win every motor you don't have to lap everyone every you know but it's hard because everyone's in the same boat like we're killing everyone let's keep (laughs) it going you know you don't want to go hey man just take a second what? <laughs> I needed my old man there to tell me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't want to get hurt, Bob. Take a second or third, you know? Yeah. Let some other guys have some fun. Um, so that, that kind of screwed your 83 season up. Um, but you were on pace to win. And I remember there's a... We still could have won at the end. I went to... Even Honda wanted me to get going. They sent me, flew me to Japan for acupuncture shit. I, I don't believe in the crap, but they flew me. They said, we got a guy over there. We need to look at you. Go over there. I go, I don't want to go to Japan. To, they go, you're going... So they flew over, they work on me, I come back. They didn't want me to even ride the rest of the year. And we figured, shit, well, Spencer was taping. Spen- Jeff Spencer's a miracle maker with the tape. And we were taping both my wrists at that time. And I said, shoot, I'm gonna la- run the r- last three nationals. I go, if we win them, we can win the championship. So we go to Washougal, I win the first moto easy. And I'm winning the second one, the gearbox breaks. Oh, yeah. That's right. So you I go, and, you and Bailey were. were yeah, racing. I go, yeah. I can still win it. If we go, if we win the next two, we can still win it. We go to Colorado, the ignition quits. I go, you got to be kidding me here. Yeah. I go, it ain't meant this year. So screw it. We go to Millville. I win easy. I go, it, but it was too late. Yeah, frustrating. Then, D- David, let Bailey buy David admits as much. He goes, Hannah should have won that year. Like I was, 
I, I won told, because I told yeah. him that. You know, not to, <laughs> I wasn't bragging. I said, David, settle down, because yeah. you ain't going to do it. <laughs> no. Um, okay. Hey, Brian Lennis. I have something to ask you about him. Um, we've had him on the show, and and I'm phenomenal mechanic, very driven, very very sharp with bikes and stuff. But there's this kind of pass along thing that I think is really weird, um, because you and RJ didn't really get along. Didn't love each other. Let's we just did, say that. yeah. We didn't. Okay. Uh, the whole San Diego crew don't like me. Hmm. I was never in the San Diego clique. I come from the desert. The only guy in San Diego that we got along with, uh, I, I liked his Tripes because hmm. Tripes is a great guy. I didn't like any of the San Diego guys. They didn't like me. I don't know why. I well, just wasn't in the clique. When you when you were done and and Lennis was moving on. He, Rick said that you called him and went, hey, uh, you know, you need to take Lunas if you want to win. Da, da, da. And Rick is going, huh. It's weird that I'd never talked to Johnson in my life. Yeah. Oh, I gave him the bird once on the track. And uh, when we were both at Yamaha, that was about as close a communication as we had because he was blocking me. <laughs> so you're an expert in sign language as well, huh? He's I still love pissed. it. He's still pissed. <laughs> Rick, he actually tells a funny story about you. I'll get to it in a minute. But let me ask you this. So did Brian put you up to calling him for that? No. Okay. No. And let us, I, I am, I'm the type of guy I, I really like loyalty. I mean, I'm a friggin' Nazi. You're not loyal to me. You can go F yourself. <laughs> I'm dead serious. I like you a lot. You can have anything I want, anything I have. But if, if you're not loyal to me, I, I hate you. No you're, time for you. No, no, no time. Now, let us work. I'll give him credit. He worked. 24 hours for me. I, I uh, bought him a Ferrari. Somebody bought me a Ferrari once. Mitch? Eddie. Oh, oh, and I bought Lennis a Ferrari. Well, I still like him because he bought me a Ferrari. But Lennis, <laughs> I buy Lennis a Ferrari. I treat, him, I treat him like gold. I gave him a lot of money. Buy him a car. I got him. He were, the Honda was going to fire him when I left. They don't like him a little bit. He's a little bit of a rebel. They didn't like him. I called Johnson. I said, you know, Johnson, I don't know you, but if you want to win next year and you want somebody on your side that will work 24 hours, tell him you want this guy, not this other joke. Okay. So it was a good point. So, so he did it, but Johnson didn't like him because Lennis pushed him, and Johnson didn't want to be pushed. I didn't mind it. But Johnson didn't like it anyway. I was trying to help him. Okay. But Lennis was a traitor to me, really. McCarty, when I leave McCarty, McCarty's family. He don't care if I'm riding Harley Davidson. He loves me. Okay, he wants me to win. Lennis, when he, he went to Honda, I went to Suzuki. I beat uh, Johnson at uh, Southwick on the Suzuki on his Honda one day. Lennis trying to knock me off in the pit board area with the pit board. I mean, he's a prick to me. And he can't even stand it that I beat uh, Johnson once. I go, it's my day in the light, you know, my, yeah. it's my track. Yeah, I can beat him. He ain't gonna, I'm not going to beat him the next six weeks. But the one day I beat him, can you not be happy? No way. He hated me for it. And I go, that doesn't go for big with me. Yeah. We're done. Well, I only asked because when Rick broke his wrist and was kind of, it was obvious he wasn't going to come back, he asked Rick to call Damon and say, hey, can you call Damon and see if he'll hire Oh, he me? did? Yeah. So... He wasn't loyal to any rider. It was no, no. He wanted to go to the best guy to help. I don't. Him, right? I don't blame him for that. But I. I don't dig. You're not loyal to me. You can f yeah, off. Yeah. Let know. me t let me ask you this, Rick Johnson story, because he told yep. me this. Uh, <laughs> I think it was Anaheim. I don't remember the year. It was early on before he got to Honda, 
And uh, he was out of control. He says, you were coming through the pack. He wasn't trying to mess with you, but he accidentally got in your way, and you flipped him off and the, kicked the, him. We were both on Yamahas. Okay. He, he was just getting on the team, and we go to a Supercross track, and he's roadblocking. He's Olesi Jr. <laughs> I thought it was Olesi till I read his coat, or I read his jersey. And I, I finally got by him, and I remember going down the straightaway going, Jesus, you know, <laughs> right in his face. I'm going. He said the next week at Seattle, his mechanic, because you got to just go up to him and, and introduce yourself and tell him, you know, hey, I'm the guy you flipped off. <laughs> so do you remember that? He walked up to your pit, your signing autographs, and, hey, uh, hey, Bob, I'm Rick Johnson. I'm the guy you flipped off and kicked last weekend at Anaheim. And you're like, all right. <laughs> you just got signed. <laughs> Sorry for and you. I'm like, that sounds like Bob. Do you remember that? No, I don't. I remember oh. flipping him off, but I don't remember. He, I remember being irritated, but I don't remember that. All right. Well, anyway, I maybe maybe he's making it up. It's a good story, anyway. No, I, I actually believe that you wouldn't have remembered if you woke up. Hey, I'm the guy who flipped. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah Get over uh, it. Anyway. bridge, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> All right, '84 and '85. Um, this is when you did your wrist at Six Flags. Uh, Bowen landed oh. on you. What happened there? A guy in front of me, there's a double, a guy in front of me got some banner in his wheel, banner in his tire, and mid-jump he slowed up. So I, sl I have to slow up, Bowen doesn't slow up, Bowen jumps, and wham, you know, cases it right on my arm. Real similar to RJ, like kind of, and right, yeah. wrist, right wrist too, yeah. Yeah, same yeah. thing, RJ, somebody screwed RJ up, that guy did, same thing kind of. So did you fuse yours, what did you have to do? No, I no. just, I, we let it get better, but... Uh, I don't, they didn't fuse it. They didn't pin it or anything. But okay. did they do surgery? No, I okay. don't think. So. I, I don't think. I don't think so. So. Uh, but it screwed me up for a while. These years you were still at Honda, 84, yeah, 85. Yeah. 83, 84, 85. Yeah. So, kind of what was the wrist? Sort of the end of it there, or did you want to stay at Honda? Why oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I would have stayed at Honda. The only reason I didn't stay at Honda is. Uh, well, I wasn't been the top dog. I probably would have never won another championship, but I could win it in. I could win as many races as anybody. But I would probably never win a championship because ankles and wrists and crap started happening. To it me, was collecting. Know? But I would win some race. I would win some races for Honda. And I think I would have stayed at Honda. I should have signed a contract when I signed at Honda. I'll say, when I, I want, I want to ride it for you as many years as I want, and you supply the crap, even if there's no salary after the fourth year. I should have done something like that and said, you have to supply me with everything until I f don't like it, you know, something like that. Yeah. But a guy named Gary Mathers came in. I don't know if you know him. He came, to, he came over and he hated me. I, he hates motocrossers, I think, but he did not like me. I don't know the guy, but I could tell he hated me. Uh -huh. And when he came in, I was the end of me. Oh, he if he wouldn't no have more. been there, Roger would have, the president would have let me stay around. I'm sure Roger, because they know I'm going to win five or six races. You know? Just the PR alone is and and yeah. hold the trophy girls up for him and yeah. all that kind of. Well, thing. I, was, I was almost going to say I hold my end maybe up there. he didn't like you because his wife or girlfriend was a trophy girl at one point. Maybe. How else are those poor trophy girls going to see? You know, you got to lift them up, get them up on your shoulders. Some of them are. Why them. was the one facing backwards though? I do want to know that story. Okay, she was a trophy girl. She was a trophy. I won the year before, was on the podium, and uh, whatever, and, and she was a trophy girl that year. So when I came up, Johnny or whoever's up there, when she's standing. When I came up, I go under there and I put her up. I used to do it all the time. The Wrangler girl, you know, I always loved her on their shoulders, you know. I, I, I 
was spitting out Levi's for like a month after this one time. But I wanted her, I loved her. <laughs> so I put this girl on my shoulders. Well, we're up there, I'm holding her up there a long time, Larry Myers and everything, I'm, I'm jacking her. I go, how old are you anyway? She goes, 17, I go, ah, I go. You know, so I just said, okay, you're 17. So the next year, same girl. And then I get this bright idea. So She's 18. <laughs> I pick her up, and we're all doing it, and I go, didn't you say you were 17 last year? She goes, yeah, I just had a birthday. I go, really? And I just whip her around. <laughs> and then, oh my God, that crowd is dying. And then obviously they took a picture. I go, that picture is pretty famous, you know? And uh, we may she have was seen 18. It. <laughs> that year. That year. Um, all right, so tell me about the switch to Suzuki and um, tell me about your first ride on that thing. Oh. From a Honda to that guy. Well, here's what happened then. It was a works Honda, and then they went to a production rule. Yeah. Well, when they did, Suzuki got the bright idea. They said, oh, we'll just, we'll just run them stock. Oh, I'm sure Honda's going to do that. Yeah. But their bike was drunk right anyway. That's why Shiggy had me come over there. The guy that thought I was a liar that day called me, and he said, I want to have you test these bikes. It was either two or three years he wanted. I think three, but maybe two at least. And he goes, I need you to develop. I need you just to develop. I know you don't want to race, but I need you to develop. I go, all right. And I started developing the bike in Japan, and I get the bright. I go, I got to test these ideas. I go, we need to test this bike, and we can't even test it in the U.S. because there were works parts, some illegal stuff. I go, let's start riding it in Europe. So I would ride it in Europe. And that's why I went to that money race, the French Grand Prix, you know, one-off races. I went over there, I said, I'm gonna win the French Grand Prix on this sucker, you know? And I got second, and I would have, but I threw it away. <laughs> I got in some dust. The guys made a lot of dust, and I hit the face of this jump. I didn't even know it was there. I went, whoa, whoa, you know? And I fell off of the thing. And Do you remember who won that one? Joe Bear? Who's the big Honda rider? Joe Bay. Oh, yeah. George Joe Bay? Yeah, he George won. George Bay, yeah. I got Anderson. second, he won it. I had it, I had it, but I, I crashed the damn huh. thing, you know? But I went to one-off races just to test the bike, yeah. and I had a real good bike working for production for like 88, and I was riding, I was changing swing arms and crap like that, but I had a real bike working good. That's why I say I want, hey, I want, I had my own 20, 18 engineers working for me and all that crap. That's why I said, I had a carte blanche to race it anywhere I want, if I would want to race it. And then uh, they said, uh, do you, why don't you race some in the US? And I go, only if I do my own deal. I go, you give me a truck, you give me the tool, you give me all the parts, tools, everything. I hire my own guy, and I go where I want. They go, where's anywhere you want? And I go, and I go, I'm only going where they pay me. And if I like the track, yeah. I go to Southwick, I go to Unadilla, I go wherever they pay me, and I like the track. It's hard not being full-time rider because you're not in perfect shape, but I'm riding yeah. enough that I'm in, I would train up before I go there. You know, like in 87. You, you had the race promoters pay you? Damn right, or I didn't show. Yeah. That's interesting. That, 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 I, that I can't a, imagine that happening. That was today. a lot in Europe, too. Like the, oh, yeah. the internationals, like Roger, and they, they would, would go to Germany and Spain and, Bel and England. And they were the, to get the guys there, they would offer, like back in the day, like five, ten thousand 10,000 US cash. Wow. Huh. And I'm like, in the 80s? I'm that's like, good that's money. That's good money. Yeah. That's crazy. So that's you got that bike pretty the good. That's became really normal. Well, I, but, but when you raced here, you had to be on the stock. Uh, so it was rough. <laughs> it was it was unbearable for me yeah unbearable for me 
Um, I remember, I remember swapping so bad in Japan one day. I, I about fourth gear swapped to a stop. And I know I barely save it. And I go, I go, Hannah. I said it out loud. I go, you got to get another job. It's time to flip burgers again. again. Yeah, I, I was, McDonald's was looking yeah, good that, not that day. Bad. You know? Similar I I, colors. I think I still remember how to weld. Um, yeah. You, your last win was it eighty six at Millville? Oh, I don't look, look in our results. Yeah, there. Uh, probably a Honda then that day. No, you won a Suzuki at Millville. I did. You did in eighty seven. Oh, and I want to say, if I heard right, race. you won your. You met your wife at that race. Oh yeah, maybe. Does that sound right? Yeah. You said 86? No, no. I was on a Honda when she showed up. Oh, okay. Must have yeah. been a different year. I didn't put her on my shoulders or anything. Backwards or forwards? I didn't put her up there. Oh, you, you didn't put her on your shoulders. Okay. No um, wins in 86, but there was Spring Creek, 85. 85. Okay. That's the last one. I think one. you talked about. Um, and you kept going back to Southwick quite a bit. You must have just I liked that, that one in yeah. Unadilla. And in 87, they wanted to write... They, they wanted me to ride the trophy race at Unadilla on the 125, though. Uh-huh. And I, go, I told Suzuki, no. And Suzuki said, oh, no, <laughs> you're riding it. I oh. go, you're kidding me. I go, you're, you're, you're going to make a scapegoat out of me. I go, I haven't ridden a 125 in years. In, in what, 10 years we haven't raced one. And he goes, no, I want you to, I want you to race it. It would be great that Suzuki gets in the trophy race, you know, in the United States. And I go, I, I told him, I go, you need to make me race the 250 and make Wardy ride the 125. He's a 125 guy. And Wardy said, screw you. I'm riding the 500. Johnson's riding the 250. And they, I'm riding the 125. And I said, this is, no way I'm doing it. Could you ride the works bike for that one? Yeah. Okay. So I said, okay, here's how it goes, uh, Shiggy. Bring two real works bikes over, the European ones. I want one to practice. I'm going home 30 days. I don't want to see your face. I don't want to see anybody's face. And, and I have the mechanic. Make, prepare the one for the race. I'm going to ride the crap out of the other one. I went to Sun Valley. I stayed there 21 straight days. I ran 12 miles every day, 21 straight days, my, famous, my favorite run. I rode the bike every day. Wardy and Johnson made an ass out of me, and, you know, Roger, Roger kept his mouth shut on it. But they want to be a team going, and they wanted me to come back east and ride with them. And I said, you want me to win, or do you want me to hold your friggin' hand? You know, Wardy and Johnson were being dicks. And I go, I'm not, I'll see you at the race. I go, the idea is to win, right? I go, I know what I need to win. You go do what you need to do. If you want to hold hands or hold his weenie, I don't know what you want to do. But I go, I want to be at home training. Yeah. And I'll show up and I'll do my best. But I'm a scapegoat. I was scared to go to that race. I go, these Europeans, first of all, at Unadilla are good. Yeah. Yeah. And I go, I like Unadilla, but the Europeans can ride the Unadilla. And then it rains like a bitch. And I go, that just gave it to their advantage. Because yeah. I like the mud, but they're better. Yeah. They know the mud. Yeah. And I go, you couldn't scapegoat me any worse. And then I go, I don't know if the bike will make it there. And I rode that bike, I rode the snot of it, and it held together. I give that mechanic a kudos, because that thing should have blown up. You know, one, we rode two motors that day. I ride 125 with the 500s. I took a rock beating. Oh, yeah. And yeah. then I ride a 125 with the 250s. So it's pretty wild because on the first lap, the hill climbs and stuff, I love it. I go down to screw you. I'm the dumbass that had to turn around and go back down because some 500, not, I go, oh, shit. I go back down. 
I have to go back down. That was pretty embarrassing because I'm the hill climber, right? Yeah. I rode my ass off that day and, w and won it, you know. But I, uh, when that was over, I was so happy. I go, I can't believe it. Was that, that maybe like the most stressful race? It was because yeah. I was a scapegoat. They, I know they wanted me to win, but they're putting me in a position. I go, I go, I don't know that I can do this, man. I yeah, go. Deck was stacked against I don't you. know 125. I haven't ridden one in years. I like them, but I'm older. It's And now yeah. it's rained, and now I go, whoa this is going to be hard but it worked out all right how, but how many different years did you do the designations three did we, you win all three no 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 in europe i wrote them in the 76 remember with the rogers story we were over there shit no i got 10th 10th was good <laughs> yeah. yeah they kicked out. those europeans are where was the nation 76 do you remember? 76 switzerland and yeah. uh, and probably holland and 78 germany and and i think belgium and in uh, Belgium, I would have. I, I didn't beat. I guess I didn't beat Heike. I I hadn't ridden a 500 in a while. I did race with Heike, and I wanted to beat him. And I thought I think I could beat. I think I can beat him here. And we raced. And I threw it away one time. Heike passed me on this downhill. And I thought he didn't have his name on the back. I thought it was Gerald Rond. And I go, Gerald Rond is not passing me on no friggin' downhill. So the next lap, I go back by that son of a bitch. I don't know it's Heike. I mean, he's current world champ. Sure, he's fast. I didn't know it was him. Yeah. So I jump off this thing, and I got the nose up too high, and I go, oh, no big deal. It was a slippery downhill, wet, kind of rainy. I tap it. When I tap it, the prick quit. It was, oh. I killed the engine, right? I didn't pull the clutch in. And I, I go, ouch, you know, and now I'm going, and I land on it, I pull the clutch, I go, oh, goose, sweet. I go to jump on it to start it, and when I did, it was so slippery, and it had so much compression, boom, brown oh. backwards through the fence, right? <laughs> through the fence into the crowd. So I get it up and chase back down, you know, I don't catch him, so I the next moto, you know, I'll get him. But he beat me, he beat me fair and square, the next moto too. So, which, which races, and maybe it's some of those, maybe it's not, what? What events stand out for you in your career? Like, you know, you know Daytona. I like winning Daytona because I like Daytona, and I sh and I always look back and go, you know, I was so unfortunate. I always look back and say, and I changed my mind on this. So one day I go, I should have won seven, uh, six or seven Daytonas. I'll tell you the ones I won it in '77. Probably shouldn't have won it in '77. I say I got lucky because I was sick, and I I say I say everybody. You always think back and. When you win, you don't think of anything. You won. You don't yeah. think why. When you lose, you think maybe you were unfortunate. But now when I think about it, you know, I won uh, Atlanta Supercross. One time I was racing with Pomeroy, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Pomeroy was in the lead the last lap, and he fell, and I won. I didn't think that I didn't beat him. And I'm thinking, you know, I probably shouldn't have won that one. And I bet 77 Daytona, I probably shouldn't have won. I don't think I beat everybody. In 83 and 85, I whipped their ass. In 84, I would have whipped their ass, but some people on the Honda, a Honda and Daytona, and yeah, I'm gonna win it, okay? Yeah. Some people, I got a fourth gear over here out of, the, out, of the, out of the rough into the, close to the fence, and some kids leaned on the chain link, and they grabbed the front brake and just oh. broken wrist. Broken wrist, screwed up ankle, you know, and I'm just going, I'm way out front. I'm going, oh, this is a cakewalk, you know. 
That Honda kick ass. 83 Daytona. Daytona was fun to watch. Yeah, that was fun. Day. See, those meant a lot to me, Daytonas. Yeah. I like them. Because uh, Honda was, it was their Honda's event? Or? No, I like Daytona. I like Daytona. Yeah. I thought that European, pre- I don't know. I just like Daytona. If it's I'm going to win. It's special. Yeah. It's what it is. It was yeah. crazy how you guys used to run across the black. That's Honda. bitching. That Honda. <laughs> You come out of there, you come out of that sand and it was rough sand, ah, hit fourth gear and it hit that blacktop and it would just raise the front wheel and we'd just go, you just run the clutch a little bit just to keep the front wheel down. You go, God, this thing's power. Yeah. There was a spot you'd come across back into the dirt and you were started breaking on the asphalt. Yeah. And I got to believe you weren't slowing down really. So no. then you'd hit the dirt and it's bumps. It's bitching. That bike would just kick up and go, wah, you know. It's fast. It's yeah. fun. So I like that one. I like Unadilla. Any of, the, any of the rough tracks. Yeah. The one that uh, where Johnny O ran out of gas. You, you seemed a little s- hollow victory. Nah, on I one. didn't win that friggin' race. Okay. Two, a couple of Unadillas, I would have won. And freak accident, both times at Yamaha, the front brake caliper got broke off by rocks. Yeah. It never happens. Two years in a row, I had no front brake. I go, are you kidding me? How could it happen? You were cursed there a little bit, huh? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I said, I should have won those. I go, no big deal. But then and when I went there in 80, it was 86 when the yeah. bike, so we, I had that bike I'd been working on, and I didn't ride it. I switched bikes. It was real controversial. A guy named Boyson Reeds. Boyson? Yeah. Ivan Dag? Boyson? Oh, Ivan. Okay, yeah. Ivan had a bike, and he goes, I really want you to test this bike I built. And I go, yeah, I'll be glad to come by there and test it. Well, I went by and tested the bike, and I go, this guy, this guy's fantastic bike. And I go, what, what was t- it? Uh, it was an RM that he'd modified the linkage. And, you okay. know, he totally done the linkage real. I mean, you could hit, if you, if you rode that on a square edge track, you can come out of a corner and hit square edges that big, and it just goes, it's just wonderful. Not really good for Unadilla. Hmm. But I didn't. I didn't really think about it at the time. Unadilla's not a big advantage there. But anyway, I rode that bike. We put my motor in it. Motor didn't have enough. Johnny outhorsepowered me death. Mm. And, I, and I was planning on beating him. I was ready and planning on beating him. And man, I would go by him and he would <laughs> straight away and he would just go back by. And I go, you're kidding me. And I go back by and back by. And, and he should have won. And he's out front of me, and I've already, I gave, I've basically given up. I'm coming around, and I'm close to him, but he, I just, I'm not ever catching him again. Yeah. And I come across the finish line, and they're, yeah, yeah, yeah. I go, what's going on here? He goes, you won it. I go, how the hell I won it? He goes, Johnny never came by. He, Johnny rides a whole different, he would always run out of gas in the peanut tank before me on the Honda. We had a peanut tank, a Supercross tank. He runs out of gas five minutes before I run out of gas because Johnny, he comes into the corner, he runs it wide open, and he uses the throttle for traction and-, and The clutch, and, yeah. And I don't, RC. I run it in low, and I go, wah. And if I want the clutch, I only hit it once. I go, wah, and when I want it, I go, what? You know, once. Johnny just runs so much gas. He comes in, he's used to like a YZ80 or a 125. <laughs> he goes, he's wide open, and he goes, Wah. He wears clutches out, the plates drop out of his clutch basket, they're broken. He, they put a clutch in at every moto. Oh, man. Because his clutch is junk, because he's just going wah, wah, wah. So he runs out of gas all the time. So he ran out that day. Do you look at Unadilla these days? Have you watched any? I hate it. I would have never even want to ride it. My last race was at Unadilla, and Ward Robinson fought for me to, he says, I want you to do your last race here. I go, great. And he, he killed me. When I showed up to the track, because I, I was ready to win my last two races, Southwick and Unadilla. And I had trained up 
and I was only running 10 races a year. So 80, what year? 89. 89, okay. I go to Southwick. I think I get a second to first moto. And then I get in the second moto, and it's highly contested. The first couple laps, we, or three laps, I should have, another one of those times, I should have said, back out a little bit and let these idiots simmer, because Lachine's out front. I go, he'll tire, and I will nail him. And Wardy was in the mess, and Wardy, it wasn't his fault, but he does a big swap, comes over here and just wipe me right oh. out. High speed. That's why we had the Wardy digs earlier on today, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's why I had to dig them. <laughs> But I should have won that. I said, I could have won that. What was I doing in uh, the mix so early in the race? You well, know? those, like 86, 87, watching those videos of you, you know, the old mechanics area where you kind of bend up that hill before Screw You, the bumps are waist high. It's gnarly. Yeah. Oh, it was yeah, great. It was, it's nothing like that anymore. No. They've got the corkscrew out. Everywhere. They're calling Screw You something. To, it's like, I don't they know, used the to, They used the to leave the track alone and just replant it. So the holes were there. It's nasty, yeah. right? So the, my last race, I go, oh, I'm going to win this one. And Ward had flattened the track out and replanted it. Mm. I got there, and I'm, I'm talking to the owner, and I go, Ward, I go, you just ruined my day. I can't win on this track. He goes, what do you mean? I go, it's flat. I, I go, you just killed me. He goes, you'll win. I go, no, I won't win. I have no advantage. Yeah. I go, these guys will all go fast. And yeah, it, and they won't get tired because no, it's smooth, yeah. And it, and it killed me, and I was bummed, but that, you know, today, who no hell knows I won it or didn't win it, nobody knows. But that when you're in the moment, I want to win it, and I go, I can't win it. You seem like you did that a lot. You, would, you could know from practice or from just looking at the track, go, yep, I'm going to win. I'm, I'm, and you would... You say it call, in interviews. L.A. calls Sim, man. I know I'm not going to. I don't care what happens there. I can't win that. I'm jinxed. I mean, that is amazing. Not for you lack of Pontiac, trying. I won 11 times at Pontiac. Okay, Pontiac has. Well, I can tell you why, too, though. I am not that good on slippery track like this. Mm. I, I'm not that good. And you give me a traction track, I will bend you. Okay, I will knock you out. And yeah. If I have traction, I can go. Which but is crazy because you grew up in the desert where it's slick and... Yeah, it's different. It's sand. It's sand. It's not hard pack. Oh, not gotcha. hard pack. I, I, later, I later learned to ride the hard pack at Carlsbad. Later when I tested for Suzuki, I later learned it and liked it and I went, I figured it out. Okay. But I wasn't that good on it. I mean, that's where I said, well, I go to Marty Smith and I go there, he wins. Hmm. I can go to the track and look at it and go, Marty wins today. No, Marty doesn't win today, but Marty wins today. I know every day Marty would win. It's thank God there was one, at least one rougher track than smooth. Yeah. I might not have beat him. 87, I think it was 87 after you guys won the Disnations, you went to the White House. Was it 87? Yeah. And you met Ronald Reagan. Yeah. There's a picture of you guys with him. Mm. Greatest president, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, God, I, well, I wish we could ring. second, maybe. There's someone there. else that I think we like. <laughs> He's, he's up for election. Yeah, I want to wear my years. Trump shirt tonight, except Cole made me wear the mint. <laughs> oh. hey. I, had, I had a red hat I was going to wear, but I don't want to piss anybody. Oh, you should have. Um, I had some people say that you, you, you were kind of apolitical prior to that. And after meeting him, it seemed like you became very tuned into what was going on. Maybe, right. What was your impression of meeting him? Love and, him. And, yeah. Yeah, I love everything he did. Yeah, yeah. What was that like? What did he say to you? What, what? 
I, I don't even, we talked, we talked a bit about motorcycles earlier, and when we take in the picture, we weren't saying that much. I don't remember really what we said when we were taking the picture, but earlier we were talking about racing, he was asking, you know, about Unadilla and all that stuff, and uh, I don't think he knew anything. I think he was being, just Prime being nice, yeah. being nice. I'm sure he didn't want to see a bunch of idiots. But uh, he was a cool guy. But seeing sort of the pageantry and the, the gravity of that, did that sort of impress upon you? Like, wow, this is a pretty big deal. And I'm glad I went. I, I didn't want to go. Yes, because it's me. I don't like going anywhere. <laughs> I'm, I'm the kind of guy that's always wanting to go be somewhere where I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> I want to go home. I don't, that, that's why I didn't like hanging, thank you. I didn't like hanging out in Europe much. And I was always, some, I always thinking, man, I'd like to get out of here, you know? Yeah. So did that you tune into politics rad, a little bit more after that? Probably. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, how often? Well, my dad loved my dad loved him too, you know. And when my dad was my dad and I, I mean, my dad and I listened, my dad listened to Rush Limbaugh every day of his life, and and I learned to love Rush Limbaugh. And I li- and I thought, man, I'm just like my dad because when I left weights and crap, I listened to Rush Limbaugh until he died. When he died, I freaked out. I used to say, I hope he does not die before me. I, I love him that much. Is that right? And, and when he died, I just shit. Mm. And uh, I can't stand, I, I mean, I was lost listening to him every day. I listen to, I hear the music come on. I lift and weights. I try to get out of my office so I could turn Rush on and lift weights during Rush, you know, yeah. because uh, I love him. Yeah. And uh, when he died, I, just, I was lost. I was lost. I was. I'm sure there were lots of people lost, but my old man listened to him every day. <laughs> Well, that, that impresses, a, you know, that, that sort of influences you, right? What, what's your focus? Well, my dad you? loved Reagan, and uh, my dad used to say, you know, you need to be president, I need to be vice president, we'd fix this. We'd fix this, wouldn't we? And I go, oh, yeah, I'd fix this. People, some people wouldn't like how I did it, but I would fix it. Look, uh, you have my vote. Hannah for president sounds pretty good right now. I have some Trump shirts right now I made up. I have Trump, Hannah for Hannah vice president right now. I made them. <laughs> The skull and can I get one? Can I buy yeah, one of those? I will give you. Oh, give me my ad, your address is right tonight, and I'll have them sent out this week. For I you love guys. it. I Please. wear that sucker proudly. Um, tell me about you when you quit racing. Well, first of all, was that tough for you? Like the no. decision? Oh, or you're hell like, no. I'm out. That's a, that's a lot of people, and it may make some people mad uh, out there because that I don't like it. I did it in the beginning because I was a kid and I liked it and then it turned into a job and then, and then you get beat up and then it is a job. You have to really manage yourself and, and really do it. And I did it in the end for a job and the last day, I mean, I had planned it out. I said, okay, I'm not writing any more of this. And I, on my last lap that I took at Unadilla, I said out loud to myself, you got one more lap. One more, Hannah. One more lap is all you got and you never have to ride one of these pieces of crap ever again. Wow. That's how bad I didn't like it. Because... The older you get, the harder it is for you, the harder you have to train, the harder it is to get the train. When you're younger, it comes easy. When you're older, it doesn't come easy. Yeah. And some guy, I had to go riding a few times, and some guy was interviewing me. He goes, you don't even want to ride today, do you? And I go, if you asked me today, do you want to go riding or do you want to dig a ditch 300 feet long, a foot deep and a foot wide with a shovel, if you get the same benefit, what would you do? I would dig that ditch every day. Wow. I do not want to ride this motorcycle. That's what I really thought. But you also, you, you know, you may have had a late, uh, late start, but your, your, at least your professional career from testing in the beginning to basically testing in the end, it was still a pretty good career. 20. Especially, you know, 
Okay, nowadays I think with bikes and modern medicine and everything, guys are retiring at later ages. But back then, I mean, if you were in your thirties, you were a really old guy. Like, I mean, I think you got a lot of good years. Thirty-three when I quit. Uh, yeah, that was racing. that was a long time for especially yeah. back then. If you'd stay out of Supercross, you could ride to your forty. If you did not ride Supercross, Supercross too dangerous and it mm. beats the crap out of you. If yeah. you rode GPs. If you had really good GP tracks, and you know, you don't kill yourself, I don't think Adolph Will made the 40. Roger, you could make it a long time. Supercrosses are gonna kill everybody. Yeah. You and never those, considered going to Europe to do GPs? Only, uh, he told you he hates being out well, yeah, I guess he, that's, yeah. that would be the, what yeah. was that? You just hate being gone. I was gonna say, I couldn't imagine you I didn't go, like yeah, being gone. Live in Europe for Kawasaki wanted me to go over there. Okay. It, uh, what, it was when I it was when I got hurt. I think they wanted me to come back. I forget when they were entertaining me. They brought like his bike out even to the desert to being to ride. And they said, "Would you ride it over there?" I go, "For enough money, I would." And I like the bike. I go, "I don't want to. I don't really want to unless I don't have anything going on over here." Like early '80s, this would have been. Yeah, yeah, but I said I would go over there and entertain that if everything was right, you know. Uh, but no, uh, they most of the places have bad food. They don't use deodorant, <laughs> and there are some downfalls. Okay. Uh, this I almost lost him a ride at KTM. <laughs> we know about that one. Warm milk, cigarette smoke. I could go on and on. Um, yeah, Italy has wonderful food. The, the girls are beautiful there. They got a little hair under their arm, but other than that, they're fantastic. A <laughs> little ripe, a uh, little gamey, but you know, yeah. you get used to it. Uh, when you quit, you actually raced a lot of other stuff. Buggies, uh, F1 boats, whatever the hell that is. Hey, uh, what the hell? That's fun. What, what's an F1 it. boat? It's a pickle fork, 18-foot boat, 300 horse. They do about 150 and 10 seconds or six seconds, you know? So you just love to race, and it was like I you raced whatever. I watched in uh, Durban, South Africa when I was a kid, the F1 boats yeah, that would come there. Beautiful. Oh, I cool. had the world's shortest boat racing career. <laughs> you want to hear it? <laughs> remember Scott Gilman? I remember yeah. the name. Okay, yeah. he was a rich kid. Rich kid. Uh, dad was really rich friends of mine, and uh, they'd race. He had a factory ride one year Suzuki, and then he raced buggies. And I think they raced Indy cars. The family did, and then they went boat racing. Well, he was boat racing, and when I quit racing motorcycles, they know me well. They go, "Hey, you want to drive our second boat?" I go, "Hell yeah!" <laughs> so I practice in it in the winter in Elsinore. We practice, practice in Lake Elsinore. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so I go to the first race in Augusta, Georgia. We're gonna, I'm running the second boat. He's running the new boat, and I'm running the second boat. And long story short, he, he, he crashes in the race and wrecks his boat, and I end up getting second. And, uh, you had and your one boat repossessed. <laughs> yeah. And one of the guys, uh, well, it was Ivan Boyson's sponsor, was the first, they wanted to bring sponsorship money in using my name. They got 80 grand first day with Ivan. They got 80 grand. And Ivan's guy came to the race, and after the race, he goes, uh, you don't see what's going on here, do you? And I go, what do you mean? He goes, with the Gilmans. I go, what's going on? And he goes, there's a lot of, a lot of jealousy going on here, man, when you get in that second place and making everybody look like an ass. And I go, I thought it's my job to make everybody look like an ass, you know? I, I thought I was supposed to win. And he goes, it ain't gonna work. And I got canned. Really? Yeah, they couldn't handle it, you know? Yeah. They didn't really want a good driver. They wanted some idiot driving the second boat back there where it belongs, you know? Oh, wow. They thought you just so cruise that, around in fifth or tenth. So I would have driven it, but I loved it. It's dangerous. You shouldn't do it anyway. You could kill yourself. And I got killed that day. It's, it's, uh, 
it's dangerous. It's like racing airplanes. It's fun. Yeah. But so it's you got stupid. out of that and got into something safer like racing airplanes. Airplanes. Yeah, that's real safe. <laughs> racing airplanes is real stupid. It's uh, there's no there's no tip overs uh, in, no. in airplane yeah, no, racing. No, no, it's, it's really dumb. If you race a stalker and you want to do it for fun, that's all right. But if you're racing one, I'm racing one of the ones that are fast and they're they're. Uh, our hybrids are all they're they're doing too many modifications to them and they're very fast and they're if they break i mean they blow up that's fine i'm game with that you know i blew up one a lot of times and uh, i had stuff that i could land it but one time i broke a tail off and uh, that would kill you you know i got lucky i just really got lucky i was it was no skill involved in it i just uh, the the way it happened and the way I was pointed and the way I, you know, I got thrown on the floor. And well, there's three guys up there in a few years that broke tails, two of them are dead and I'm alive. And it's only because of luck. Pure luck. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. When Pure it luck. snapped, you got, you just somehow managed to get it down? Yeah, I landed it, but uh, if, it, if I would have leaned on the stick, you know, like the, the, the other guy, uh, Leeward, it happened to him a few years later and same exact thing, a trim trap flutters and then breaks the elevator off and the thing, you know, pitches up. And uh, if I would have been stacked different on the course, it was the first lap and I usually don't stack under anybody, I keep it clean right here, you know, I keep above the other guy. And if I would have been stacked here, I'd have killed both of us instantly, you know. But I was here and I went, wee, you know. And it, throws, it threw me on the floor and the stick's beside my neck. Okay, the stick's here, I feel it. Because it just, yeah, it pulled me out of the floor. floor. And my hands are flat on the floor. And I'm wondering at first, I'm a little dingy because it's kind of half G'd yeah. me out. And I'm going, why are my hands, I feel the sandpaper on the oak floor. And I go, why in the hell are my hands on the floor? And I kind of laugh. I don't know if I laughed out loud, but I laughed. I go, I got to jump out. And I go, hell, jump out. I can't even sit up, you know. I'm kind of laughing at myself. Do you have I, a shoot or something? Yeah. Okay. And I can't get I can't get up. I'm pinned to the floor, so I re, I have the throttle locked wide open, so I have it locked, man. And I, and I can't and I can't get my hand up. So I finally got my wrist on it, and I yanked that sucker up. When I yanked the power off, it took the it took the pressure off, and I come up, and I'm going, whoa! <laughs> I'm ten thousand feet, or five thousand feet above the runway. You know, I was at fifty feet. Now I'm at five thousand, and I'm kind of going, whoa! I wonder what the hell was that? You know. And you just got it But the other way. guy that crashed, same scenario. If you see that crash at Reno where he almost went into stance. Yeah, I did see that. Same. That's the same thing happened. Same, same, same turn. One turn later, but the only difference was this. I didn't push on the stick with my neck. Or, or it was pulling G's. If I'd have pushed on the stick, it would have rolled and it would have went right in. He either got the stick shoved through his face. Because when you hit that fast, that stick will. Oh. So it either shoved through his face or he got his shoulder up against it because he's on the floor. They have pictures he's gone. And so he's up against that stick. So he's got 10 G's pulling on it. But now he's got the aileron in it. So he's got a 10 G pull. Now it rolls upside down. What's it doing? It just goes straight yeah. around. And it just went bam. So, so you quit doing that just because you're like, okay, I'm. I raced one more year after that. And then. Uh, I really liked the flying. Then I don't want to do it anymore. I really enjoyed the flying. I didn't like the politics and the bullshit with the Reno people, really. Oh, you know, because they were uh, a typical. Uh, my typical <laughs> mouth got me in trouble there too. You know, there was a day that uh, we blew the engine up early in the week. 
Uh, so we, we had to put a different engine in. So we had to start, rather than racing right into gold, qualifying it fast enough to race in the gold, we had to race in the bronze and win it and then win the silver and, win, and then get in the gold, which we could do easy. You know, that plane was so fast. So when we go to the race the bronze, the people in the bronze race, they said, don't race. Just, we'll give you the win, you go to the silver. I go, and we go, great. You know, we don't need to race. But they didn't tell the... I, the organization of the race uh, group didn't tell the, the uh, Reno committee or something. There was a lack of communication. So I go out in the silver race and we're lined up ready to leave and they said, hey, uh, uh, Voodoo, you're disqualified. Bring it, get back to the pitch, you're disqualified. I go, what? And uh, yeah, the race committee said that you're disqualified, you didn't race the bronze. Hey, you're disqualified. I said, you tell the race committee to kiss my ass. This is while you're out in the plane on the radio? This is in the radio, yeah, in the stands here. And I was pissed. And, I, and you're not supposed to cuss on there. You know, I said, you tell them to kiss my ass. And they said, you're out of here. <laughs> they said, drive that thing back in. So I drive it all the way back in. And they reconsidered. They, the race committee talked to the organizer, and they said, put him back out there. And so I go back out, and then we win that, and then we get in the gold. But... Uh, I don't like all that crap. Yeah. I like the flying, but the bull shit yeah. I don't like. You yeah. know? And I didn't like that at all. The flying, the bill flying is exciting as hell. And that was your, uh, was that your plane's name or your, is that what you went by, Voodoo? No, no, I just flew it for a rich guy. A, oh, okay. guy, a real good guy have, had me fly it. Okay. And uh, I got lucky knowing a lot of guys, a uh, buddy of mine, Bruce Lockwood, you know, he was a friend of mine and he got me into the museum flying in Santa Monica, and I got a, I got to fly a lot of planes. And then I flew one of their, I raced one of their P-47s in Phoenix. And then the owner of that Voodoo knew me from, or had heard of me from motorcycles. He didn't really know me, and he fired his pilot that day. He was pissed off at him. He goes, "Hey, you want to fly my plane in Reno?" And I go, "Hell yeah!" It was way over my head. That plane was over my head. And why? Uh, How so? It's uh, is very fast. And I could learn that, but it has, it's very difficult to run the engine. And I hadn't run an engine like that, you know, and, uh, and I'd only raced the one at Phoenix, but that Voodoo is a, is a real racer and is way over my head. And I got, I, I only flew it about, I don't know, I might've flown it six or eight times before we went there, but every step, you know, your first time you go 400, you're going, whoa, that's pretty, you're at 50 yeah. feet or, or lower. I liked it. I, I frequently, I like it low. I'd fly, so you have a, at the pylons, you're supposed to be right here with your head. And I particularly, I like it right there because you can see the ground. I like it there yeah. better. You're no more dangerous down low than here. And, uh, but at 400, you go, whoa, that's pretty fast. That and close four, to the ground, 410, 410, yeah. 440, you know, you, you start going 450, you go, and each step is pretty, I go, and then later, you, after you've done it enough, it's all, ac you know, get acclimated to it. At 400, at 400, I could drink an iced tea, you know. I could be drinking iced tea at 400. I go, this is okay, this is fine. <laughs> you know, but you get up at 450 or whatever, and it starts to wake Feel you up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it wakes you up. And so uh, I kind of like, I like that. And I like the challenge of this, but, but you're asking to die, it's stupid. And once, you know, I just said, you know, that's enough. And that's just my attitude. That's what I was saying earlier about some people would not like my attitude about when I quit racing, but that's just me. 
when I quit racing, I'm on. I'm on. Yeah. When I quit racing that Mustang, I never went back to Reno to watch. I don't. I don't. Yeah. I don't give a shit about it. Yeah. When I'm in it, I'm in it. You're like, like 150 percent while you're doing it, and then I like it. I'm over it. When yeah. I'm over it, I'm over it. Yeah. yeah. You know, I don't. I don't live in yesterday at all. Yeah. It's good. I live in only tomorrow. You know. Yeah. Um, some of these, you know, there's some legends that aren't with us anymore, sadly. Guys that you grew up with, uh, Mike Bell, Magoo. Any of these guys that, I mean, what, what, do you, what kind of memories do you have of these folks? Good ones of those two guys. You know, good guy. Magoo is a character. Good, he's a great guy. Did you, a, did you get along with him? I, I, oh, I, yeah. Man, I love Magoo. Having a couple of beers with you two would be. I raced Magoo and, and before I ever rode uh, Yamaha in 75 up up north when he was a, I mean he was a stud he, I didn't know, we didn't know each other okay and we'd have a battle and I go who is this kid he's a wild dude you know <laughs> and uh, he was wild he was fast yeah if he's you're calling him wild pub, yeah. yeah oh he's wild yeah but it's crazy talented right oh yeah yeah absolutely what about uh, what about Bell I know you guys Bell's had that battle guy. at LA but did you no, guys get along oh yeah we didn't have any problem with Bell I didn't have any problem yeah. with Bell no, no. Yeah. The battle at L.A., he, uh, it wasn't really. No, uh, you, you weren't smashing into each other. No, yeah, just, he won that fair and square, yeah. and, I, and, uh, and I thought I should have won it, but I had some bad luck there. But he won that fair and square. Yeah, no, I was heck. watching that earlier today. You got hit off the track. You got Three times, huh? Bad yeah. start. You got, yeah. And then back then you had to rejoin exactly where you left the yeah. track. Yeah. Otherwise risk a penalty. And a mud hole. I need a <laughs> yeah. Are you in plastic boots that night? Probably. That's I'm just probably the one that, time when the mud hole didn't work. Yeah, that mud plastic. hole, you had to be soaking wet every lap. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was a good race. That was a fun race, you know. And that kind of, you can hear the crowd so loud. So I know where I, I know how, if, when I'm getting close to the yeah. front, I can tell just off the crowd. Yeah. I go, I wonder where, I, you know, I'm wondering, I go, oh, good, I'm getting closer to the front, you know. Well, you know, as Jeremy was getting his award here earlier, I was talking to his dad, Jack, and I'm pretty sure it was that event. He said he took, you know, his whole family went to, that race, and that was the first time Jeremy had really ever seen. Oh, really? Yeah, and so that you were a big influence to him, you know, from uh, from a very young age. I'm sure that was a lot of people, you know, wanted to be the hurricane. That was a fun night, but like I said, I was jinxed at L.A. I did. Yeah, I you got the championship. Oh, that night I yeah. did. Oh, good. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah, yeah. Oh, good. So you know. Got it done. <laughs> Um, I don't want you to forget some. What do you yeah. do for fun these days? How much do you ride? A little bit of uh, adventure riding, trail riding? Yeah, Harley riding and whatever, never on, never on a track, you yeah. know, and after a rain, trail riding or whatever. Yeah. I, I, I was, Hicks and I flew down last uh, Thursday, rode Thursday and Friday on the Harleys. It's too dry down there in Sacramento area, Placerville, okay. where Hangtown is. Yeah, yeah, it's beautiful. We go there, I stay there a, a lot. lot. sponsors, you live up in Placerville and it's beautiful up there. Good, nice. And the, the Tenere, you getting into some of that adventure riding? Ten, yeah, I'm gonna try. I, they want me to do some work for them uh, in the spring, Yamaha says. They called me the other day. And I said, yeah, and I want one of those 700s, you know, a little later. And I said, I'm gonna need three of them because Hicks needs one and Hartnett <laughs> needs one, my buddy. Eddie's, Eddie's, or uh, Hicks's factory ride continues. Hicks's factory ride continues. <laughs> yeah. And he, he's got a bunch of uh, jackwads in Idaho up there uh, that listen to your show all the time. They all listen to it. Uh, Cuba and uh, and Tim and uh, and uh, Scott uh, Lanafield. Who said Lanafield? Yeah. Oh, you know. I was gonna say, how do you know Lanafield? <laughs> uh, he's got a whole bunch of guys up there that listen to your show, so they know cool. I was gonna go on it. So 
So they're you, bored. What's that? They're bored and lonely. They're bored as hell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Some of them want to get a friggin' job. I think. <laughs> you do a lot of bicycling still, if I understand right. I have been the last. Well, I quit running when I used to run every day until I was about fifty, and then my and my uh, legs just yeah. So I, I always rode bicycles, but then I just went to bicycle solid. So I've been riding bicycles a lot. But uh, about a year and a half ago, I busted my ass real guy, broke eight bones in my face and both hands. And On a road bike? Cross bike, some idiot. They were close. I was just, it was going to be the easiest ride of the year. I was by myself. I'm just, I had a couple hours off at the office. I said, shit, it's nice out. I'm getting out of here last spring. And I beat it out of there. I'm not riding that fast. I'm riding through town, no, tra no traffic. And I go through an intersection. I'm up on the sidewalk, and I'm riding along. I jump back off the sidewalk, and I look down the road, and I see there's a sign in the middle of the road. I don't think much of it. I said, you know, I'm thinking, maybe they're closing the road. I'm not really thinking about it. Both lanes look open. And I come, I'm probably doing 18 or something. And I come down there, and I see the sign. And I'm going around the sign, and I figure the lane's open. But they had a two-by-four sideways going through these big yellow cones with a loop on the top, they stick them through, uh, yeah, a yeah. two by four, right at hand level. Hand level yeah. And I never saw it. And man, it cleaned both hands off like that oh. off the top, and I 45 face plant in the blacktop. You know, broke, broke bones in your face? Eight huh? of them. I don't feel this, I don't feel these bones right now, and I don't feel these teeth. Yet, oh, wow. Right now, so this eye droops some, and, uh, and I, I don't, I, if you don't know my voice, you wouldn't know, but I, I, I think I slur, and it's hard for me to say some words because I don't feel, it's like I've been to the dentist. Right. If like you've been Nova to the King. dentist, that's what I feel like all the time. Oh, wow. So I slur a little bit. I can't say slur because, it, you know, some words are funny. At Will first, that come back, do they say? What's that? Will it come they, back? They, they think so, and it's getting better, yeah. but damn slow, uh, you know. If I'm eating something pretty soft, I can't feel it. You know, you ever brought, bite your cheek? I it was uh, originally. Yeah. I haven't lately, but uh, wow, you can That's see brutal. the black top in my face and the scar. <laughs> you see that blue? I, I saw, yeah, a little bit of blue on the. That's side, crazy. Yeah. Johnny O'Mara had a big he one years ago. Deal, uh, uh, Mickey Diamond had a big one. These road bikes are going to kill somebody. Yeah, that's why dangerous. I don't cycle. Yeah, that's why I yeah stay on the couch, drink vodka. I've been on the trainer. <laughs> I've been on the trainer. I ride a trainer four days a week. So, and I've gotten to where I kind of like it and it's safer for me. Oh. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to leave your house. No, I Break your carpet on the way out and everything's uh -huh. perfect. Soon I go in that gym, ride the trainer, break the carpet, <laughs> and I go out. Um, what do you do for fun outside of that? Um, I hang with home, I hang with the dogs. I, you know, I, I uh, our aviation business, I mean, I got a land partner, a buddy of mine, Greg Hall. In the last 12 years, we've been doing a lot of land deals. Right now, when it gets high, we sell out, we sold out right now because it was a big high in Idaho. Yeah, yeah. So we sold everything. And right now, we own nothing for development. And uh, we're waiting for- You getting ready to buy? It's, it's probably coming back We're waiting for a crash, so yeah. we don't know when we're buying again. So we do that, and then I have an aviation partner. Years. That's for sure. What's that? Yeah, it's headed it down. So. And we may be buying something. I don't know. Yeah. But the aviation, uh, we, we used to do a lot more than we are right now. We kind of got it on uh, because of circumstances with companies we sold for. And I guess maybe we're getting lazier. But we're only selling for one new company. And we're probably doing one a month. And or whatever used stuff we buy. Or if we, you know, we sell a jet to somebody or a Pilatus or something, we run into that. 
uh, we do it, but we're really kind of on cruise control and just running one through. And we're sold out new stuff till next July, and we just every month we just deliver it. We bring it out, we get it fixed up, we deliver it to the guy, and we're kind of on cruise control. I fly the bush planes a lot and fly whatever we we own. I think mm-hmm. I went out with you and Danny Smith one time up there on those yeah those bush planes. And he had with a the cub. big tires. Yeah. yeah, you were with him. Yeah, we landed on some island out. Oh yeah. And they we were dragging tires in the river. It was like the weirdest shit. I, I'm like, this yeah, is... we do that all the time. That's, yeah, we do that for fun on the, uh, all the time. We fly that same kind of plane. Yeah. We sell a, a, a model of that plane. Yeah. And then uh, I have one I run around in that I flew down here, a Bonanza. And uh, awesome. But uh, I, I same life all the time. The dogs get me up about six and <laughs> yeah. Well, um, we kind of ask all of our guests a final question here, and um, your answer might be, I don't give a shit, but I'm going to ask you anyway. How do you want to be remembered in this sport? You got it. <laughs> I don't give a shit. <laughs> I kind of figured. I don't have any, any requests how to be remembered, you know? Do you I feel don't. like you've, you've, I mean, there's been a lot of champions, but just as someone that's, well, first of all, foreign that's come here and got to know a lot of these champions and that, do you ever feel like you, do you ever look back and go, man, I made an impact on the sport just because, I mean, when we, you know, even when we would put out like, hey, Whiskey Throttle Show, who would you like to hear from, you know, as a guest? Every fucking time, <laughs> nonstop, oh, it'd be sick to get Bob Hanna. I'm like, I know, I get it. I'm like, and we would always say, we're like, we got to find a way to get Bob down here. You know, it's not that easy, but maybe people, I ought to tell a story how why I'm here. People, <laughs> there's some camping. There's some. <laughs> yeah, tell it. all right. There is a story. No, I, I'm sure I made some impact, but I don't. I don't think about it, and I'm sure a lot of people made impact. And I, I tried. I never tried to. Uh, a lot of people read their own press. And I tried never to read my own press. And uh, there's so many good writers to pick one, you know. And I, I know about being a good writer, and you'll know. You gotta have some luck somewhere along. Sure. Your dad helped oh, yeah. you and you go, oh, on this day your dad told you to knock it off or do this, or I have some luck one day, I made a decision, the right decision, and, and if you're not lucky, if you don't have, you might have, there's a lot of guys with skill and no luck and no luck and never make it. And you don't know, you got to have luck to make it. And you got to be the right place at the right time. For sure. And I've been in the right place at the right time to race the planes or whatever. You know, racing has done one thing for me. It's made, opened a lot of doors, you know. So all my other businesses are probably helped out by racing, you know. So it was really good for me. And I was, and I consider myself lucky. Like I was saying earlier, I, I kind of got off the subject about sometimes I look back and go, I felt bad for myself. I go, I should have one day Tona six or seven times. And I, I, I told you, I was telling you that story and I go, uh, and then I started thinking, I wonder how many times I won and I shouldn't have. And I started thinking about that and I said, I should quit bitching because sure, I got screwed there three times. But how many times did I get lucky and I didn't even know I got lucky and I won the race? So shut up. And you know, and these guys that get hurt, I always had to say, they get hurt and they bitch and I say, if you walk off, shut the hell up. If you're walking, 
you're good. Because yeah. I can't tell you how many times I feel sorry for myself and I thought of David. And I go, shut the hell up, you big baby, and get your ass back out there running. Because that's the only thing. If you walk, you get a broken leg, shut the hell up. I crash my face up. I go, Roger called me the day after I crashed my face up. And he goes, in four months, it'll be a bad dream. Don't worry about it. Yeah. And I go, you're right. I go, I'm just, I'm busted up today. He goes, don't worry about it. You'll be fine in four months. He yeah. goes, you know. Well, I can tell you, at least from my perspective, as a, somebody who <clears throat> is a, a student and a big fan of this sport, there's a few guys that are Hall of, Hall of Fame, Mount Rushmore of moto, and you're on it. You're on that very, very Are they going to put me up there? Yeah, I don't know if you knew that. Trump's on one side, you're on the oh, other. You did awesome. it. Awesome. You did it. <laughs> you made it. <laughs> uh, no, but Bob, not, not just your, your riding and racing. I mean, I, I'm sorry you don't win 22 motos and main events in a row being lucky. So I, I, I hear what you're saying, but I, it's a, I'm going to call bullshit on you a little no, bit. No, I, mean I mean to even get into the sport. Oh, I hear you. I, got, I, had, I had some breaks. When I was racing at CZ and I quit for a few months to save money to buy the Husky, they call me and say the Husky's in. I'm in a phone booth. I'm in a phone booth. I call and they, and they said to call them. I call them. I go, do you want the bike? I go, let me call you back. And I made the decision in the phone booth. I go, man, I don't know if I had to do this or I had to just go to. My dad was telling me, you know what, don't do that. Just go to get that job with the construction. It's a great deal driving heavy equipment. And I go, no. I go I'm not my dad. I love my dad, but. I go, I want to try, I'm going to try this. I go, I call him back, I go, I'll take that bike, I'll get a ride up there. I didn't own a car, <laughs> I go, I'll get a ride up there. And I had $1,700 to my name and that bike cost $1,610, I think, or I had, it was $1,710 out of $1,800 or something, but it was, and I said, I'm going to take the chance here, you know. But you got to be lucky, so I had to be lucky that day. And then when I got to that Suzuki deal, we didn't talk about that, but that was a, there was a day that they brought all the RMs to Saddleback, and I got on that deal by luck. A guy, a friend of Roger DeCoster's got me on that ride, and that was a big turning point for me. I had some turning points that I could have went, you know, I had good turning points. I go, I, I was really lucky when I look back. Yeah. You know, so one wrong way, you never, yeah. why is he world champ, you know? He, he made this, some, some decisions that were good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I no. almost quit. I know. I've I heard homesick. about you. I, I, I you wanted to. I was in Europe, and I was like, Dad, I'm done. I want to go home. And he was the one Your who said. Your old man talks some sense into you. And he said, we don't have a home. I sold it to get you here. <laughs> <laughs> and that was a turning See, point. See, that's motivation. I don't want to work at McDonald's, and, you're, yeah. and you needed a house. <laughs> yeah, we were homeless. And I was like, wow, that was a pretty big wake-up call. But yeah. Yeah, you see it. But that, if he had just said, hey. You would have went what? home. We, we, we can go home, and you can go to school. I would have done it. Yeah. And I am so glad that he said, Yeah. I've put everything on the line for you. But I've it's sacrifice everything and we're gonna stick. Could have went either way. Don't be a pussy and put your balls on. And that's pretty Thank much you. what it was. Because I went to Europe, I couldn't ride their tracks, I was sucked in the mud. I mean, you know how Europe is. Ah, I, know. I was terrible. I came from South Africa where I thought it was pretty good. I dominated, got <laughs> no, you there, gotta know when you're beat. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. It was done real You're quick. You got to give credit where they do. They ride in the mud. They haul ass in the mud. I got lapped two or three times by Everts at an international race. And then Harry Everts was like, how'd the race go? I love Harry. I know I'm Harry. Like, Did you watch? And he goes, I didn't see you out there. I'm like, yeah, because I was so covered in mud. <laughs> you, couldn't, you just saw these eyeballs. That's all you saw. Some dudes just, everything was doing this. And he's like, 
And he kept saying, you know, you know, you've got to keep progressing. <laughs> he's a sweetheart, huh? I'm like, this guy's like, he's patronizing me. He's like, <laughs> stop, I got it. Put your balls on and go ride. Yeah, but yeah. No way, he wasn't. He was serious. He's a good guy. Like, Harry is a legend. He, he helped me a lot in my early days. He's a, he's a peach, huh? With the cigarette. Hey, Grant. <laughs> he was a peach. Well, Bob. Well, I'll tell you what. You say you've been wanting me down here, want me down here. I got to tell you. I got to tell you because they want me to tell you the story why I'm here. And I want to be right up front that I, I don't want to uh, say anything bad, people. If you want to do this, I mean, you can. I don't want to. If you want to screw a goat, I have no problem with you screwing a goat. I don't have any problem if you guys want to screw goats, but I can give you a piece of advice. If you do screw a goat, don't let your friend take a picture of it. Okay? And that's why I'm here. Oh, blackmail. I tried to buy those blackmail, pictures huh? back for years, and he won't sell them to me. So you, did, you were almost going to do a race in Dubai. And some goats I'd go got in the way. I'll do a race in Dubai if he wants me to, obviously. At my Any, age. Can we get those photos to put in here, Eddie? He won't sell them to me. <laughs> I did see you had an auction back there. Can we throw some tickets in for that? <laughs> well, uh, goats or not, Bob. I, I tried to buy them last week where I didn't have to come down here. He wouldn't sell them. <laughs> you're, you're, uh, you're an amazing guy from a lot of different perspectives. Like I said, goats aside, I didn't want to dive into that story. No. But yeah, luck is a part of it. Yeah. But you're one of the coolest personalities this sport's ever had. I don't know that Thanks. we'll ever see somebody like that. We hope not. <laughs> Doubt it. Depends. I think legally it's not allowed. So, <laughs> uh, so I just want to say thank you for coming down because All right. you know I know parts of your story have been told, but I hope we kind of got through it a little in more detail and uh, people get a little, a little bit better picture of, of where you got through and, and see your personality for all these kids who maybe don't know all the story. Um, so thank you for coming down. There's more. Maybe we'll have to do another one to get I, all the... I agree. I would love that. Yeah, we're missing, we, we're we're missing a few. I bet. I bet. Well, hey, thank you. Thank you very much, Bob. Much appreciated. All right, folks, that is our show. Thanks so much for tuning in. A couple of things I do want to mention here. Uh, this book right here, um, The Golden Era uh, of Motocross by David Dewhurst. Incredible, incredible book. Uh, it's signed by Bob Hanna. It kind of goes through all of the different generations of riders and racers and bikes in our sport. And uh, it's, it's an incredible book. And um, photography you've never seen before. Details on, on riders and races that you've never seen. And this one is signed by Bob Hanna. It's going to be auctioned off at Road to Recovery. I highly recommend getting the book if you're a motocross fan anyway. But if you want to get one that's signed by Bob, uh, you can check that out at Road to Recovery. And uh, as always, thank you to everybody for tuning in and, and um, uh, being a part of the show. Big thank you to Eddie Cole. This show would not have happened without him, Bob. Uh, doesn't show up for a lot of people, and, and uh, thankfully he does for Eddie. So I want to thank Matrix Concepts. If you can get out and buy any of their products, support them. It's a great company, awesome stuff, and uh, Bob would never have been here without them. So we really appreciate their support. And, um, you know, Bob said maybe a part two. Never know. So thanks for tuning in. We'll see you guys next time. The Whiskey Throttle Show is brought to you by Yamaha. 
Join the Blue Crew today and take advantage of all that Yamaha has to offer, including amateur racing trackside support, awesome Yamaha contingency, Jason Rain's demos and instructional classes, and frankly, the most high-performing motorcycles available on the market today. Whether you're looking for a four-stroke, a two-stroke, a side-by-side, a quad, a boat, a generator, Yamaha prides themselves on absolute top-level quality and reliability. Rev your heart with Yamaha and join the Blue Crew today. Sore necks, aching legs, tight backs. Our bodies aren't designed to be constantly tense, but what can we do about it? Help your body relax with TheraBody. TheraBody creates effective, natural solutions to take charge of your daily wellness. By combining education, innovation, and over a decade of pioneering technology, TheraBody makes wellness more accessible for everybody. A traumatic motorcycle accident led TheraBody founder Dr. Jason Westland to create the Theragun for his debilitating pain. Now the Theragun, the only physician-created percussive therapy device, uses a scientifically calibrated combination of depth, speed, and power to relax and release your deep muscle tension. Recovery Air is TheraBody's world-leading pressure compression therapy system that flushes out leg soreness so you can bring on peak performance. Most electrical muscle stimulation is ineffective. Instead, TheraBody's sleek PowerDot takes away the guesswork with an intuitive app that customizes intensity and placement so you recover faster. Regular foam rollers hurt. TheraBody's Wave Series delivers powerful vibration and pressure to help you recover with less pain. Don't settle for mystery CBD. TheraBody's TheraOne range of topical and ingestible full-spectrum USDA-certified organic CBD products are redefining high-potency CBD for wellness and recovery. 250 professional sports teams exclusively use Theragun and other TheraBody products to take recovery into their own hands. Method Race Wheels bringing you the lightest, strongest, fastest wheels in off-road for your truck, van, sprinter, UTV, or SUV. They've been dominating the Baja 500 and 1000 and every major off-road event around the world for years with high quality and performance. They also look amazing. They come in a bunch of different styles and colors for your rig, so check them out. You can get 20% off a set of wheels using our code Whiskey Throttle. No capitals, no spaces. 20% off using our code. Check them out. Also, coming soon, the R1M Project. Method Race Wheels makes a dive into the motocross world. Stay tuned. Troyley Designs is the leader in off-road motocross apparel and style. So whether you're looking for a cool new paint job for your helmet, maybe your name and number on your helmet lettered on, you're looking for new gear, you're looking for mountain bike gear, off-road gear, they've got the brand new Scout line in GP and SE models. Troyley Designs has it all. They've been leading this industry for decades, and they're going to continue to do it. Check out TroyleyDesigns.com. SKDA is a moto graphics and seat covers company with several offices based around the globe. For too long, bikes and graphics have all looked the same. They just start to blend together. SKDA is working to change that. With super clean and unique design work, a bike with SKDA graphics stands out in a crowd and adds a touch of art to the world of moto. Hey, we need that. SKDA prides itself on providing premium customer service both before and after the sale is made. Visit SKDA online to view the current product range and get in touch with their team to get your bike refreshed. I want to just make a mention here that these guys, not only is their design way outside the box, very, very cool. They'll work with you on custom things. The, the products are incredible, okay? They'll speak for themselves. But what's really awesome, and you'll notice this the minute you order one of these, man, they give you an email saying, hey, the product's been shipped. Uh, hey, the product is here. It landed in this spot. Hey, it's coming today. Hey, your product's been delivered. They, they're just so good about staying in touch with you and letting you know where it's at. Customer service is 100%, and uh, that's just something that's rare these days. Check out SKDA. 
Here at the Whiskey Throttle Show, we're all about supporting brands that support our sport. And there's one tire company that has never walked away from the sport of motocross and supercross, and it's Dunlop. When times got tough and the economy took a crash, Dunlop stepped up and stayed with our sport to support it and the athletes and individuals that love it. Their MX-53 line and MX-33 lines absolutely dominate this sport. Every national championship at the pro level has been won in the last decade, and nearly every single amateur national championship at Loretta Lynn's has been won on a Dunlop. So if you're looking for high performance, you're looking for amazing quality, and you're looking to support a brand that never turns its back on our sport, there's only one choice for you, and it's Dunlop. Pro Circuit is the leader in aftermarket performance and quality. Whether you're looking for a little more horsepower out of your engine, some quality hard parts to improve the way your bike feels and looks, better handling through suspension or linkage or linkage arms, Pro Circuit is where you need to stop. It's your one-stop shop. You can go in there and get everything you need to make your motorcycle go from average to exceptional. Pro Circuit's got enough number one plates on their wall to side an entire home, and there's a reason for that. They're very, very good at what they do. Uh, the highest quality products with one goal in mind, and that's winning. Check out ProCircuit.com. Nihilo Concepts is leading the way in aftermarket hard parts. With their secondary on-switch device, something that was much needed in this sport, they've been innovating and bringing new products to market. Their latest is the new Nihilo Run-Cool Brake Pistons. They're designed to be stronger than stock and provide exceptional cooling performance with less brake drag. Most OEM calipers pistons are made from aluminum that just can't hold it to the heat and extreme demands of serious racing. When they get hot, the aluminum will distort, causing loss of hydraulic pressure and brake failure. Nihilo's run-cool pistons limit the area that boiling hot hydraulic fluid is able to come in contact with the piston, leaving two-thirds of the piston volume in open air with breather holes to enhance the cooling ability. It's made of a proprietary stainless blend, which is better at dissipating heat. You have issues with brake fade or brake failure, check out Nihilo Concepts among their many amazing hard parts and carbon fiber parts and titanium. NihiloConcepts.com. Senna is the leader in motorcycle helmet communications. There's really two prongs to why this is important. One of them is safety. If you're a dad who's watching your kid out on a track, being able to communicate with him about a rider down or a track situation is imperative. You don't want him coming over a jump and seeing a rider down and getting himself involved in that. So from a safety aspect, it's huge. You can also coach them. So if you see them taking a line, doing something that they could be improved, it's very easy to just click a button and speak to them right in their helmet in real time. This has been a proven coaching technique used by many motorcycle coaches. There's also just the simple fun factor. Being able to chat with your buddy while you're out on a ride, share music between one another, answer phone calls, it just takes your riding experience to another level. So whether you're using the 50S or 50R connected through a mesh network in your helmet, or you're using a Tough Talk headset connected with one of those, Senna is the leader in quality and performance in motorcycle helmet communications. Check them out at Senna.com. Seat Concepts is the leader in motorcycle saddles. If you're looking for a new cover or a new seat entirely, Seat Concepts is the place to go. They make custom seat foams catered to your height, weight, riding ability, riding type. They also have waterproof covers and, and foams that will not break down if you ride in a lot of inclement weather. And they pride themselves on being much more comfortable than OEM or any other aftermarket company. If you're looking for a new seat or a new cover, seat concepts, there's nothing better. Need to replace something on your bike that's worn out? Look no further than Pro-X. 
These guys aim to make everything OEM quality or better at an affordable price. And they've also got some new products coming. So right now, chains, sprockets, anything inside the, in the engine internally, air filters. If it wears out, Pro-X makes it, and they make it at a quality level that's OEM or better. And they've got some new things coming that are awesome. A complete engine rebuild kits for the Polaris RZR 800s. Need to replace something on your bike that's worn out? Look no further than Pro-X. These guys aim to make everything OEM quality or better at an affordable price. And they've also got some new products coming. So right now, chains, sprockets, anything inside the, in the engine internally, air filters. If it wears out, Pro-X makes it, and they make it at a quality level that's OEM or better. And they've got some new things coming that are awesome. A complete engine rebuild kits for the... If you've got a little Grom that's looking to get started in the motorcycle world, the best way to get them going is on a Stasic bike. They've got multiple sizes, so from your very young Groms to those who are a little more grown up, you can start them safely. They've got controls that allow you to control the speed so he can't get going too quick. They can touch the ground. There's not a lot of noise to distract them. It's the perfect way to get your child involved in motorcycling at a very young age. And if you've got a kid who's already out ripping, there's series popping up all over. For those of you in Southern California, go to www.ameminicross.com and join their local series. If you're outside of this state, contact your local track and ask them about starting a Stasic class at your local track. Get over to Stasic.com and check out all they've got going on. Motul USA, uh, we, we lean hard on these lubricants to keep us uh, on the track and on the trail. And Motul has proven their quality over and over, uh, most recently with their Dakar win with Ricky Brabeck. Uh, they're sponsoring Supercross teams. They're diving into our sport again full full throttle, and uh, we're stoked to have them on board. Amazing products, top to bottom. Motul USA, go check them out. OGO is the leader in motorcycle storage solutions. As motocross riders, we need a gear bag, we need a helmet bag, a boot bag, a backpack, a travel bag, a hydration pack, maybe a tool kit to wear around your waist if you're on an off-road ride. OGO makes all of that, and their products are absolutely top of the line. I've got stuff I've had for several decades, just to give you an idea of how long this stuff lasts. If you're not sure, ask around, talk to folks who've had some of this stuff, and they will confirm that OGO's quality is absolutely second to none. So go check them out, OGO underscore powersports.com, and look at all they've got to offer right now. You ever heard the phrase that the harder you work, the luckier you are? Well, at Luck Apparel, they believe in an acronym that kind of sums it up a little more simply than that, laboring under complete knowledge. So it isn't just some random chance that determines what your outcome or results are going to be. It's being educated and working your butt off to get it done. And I think that that goes hand in hand with the motocross industry. You don't get lucky into a win. You work your ass off and you make it happen. So check out Luck Apparel. They've got t-shirts, hats, sweatshirts, all kinds of cool stuff. And we're stoked to have them on board here at the Whiskey Throttle Show in 2022. If you're in the market for a toy hauler trailer, car trailer, cargo trailer, Look no further than Custom Outfitters, one of our new partners for this year. Uh, these guys do an awesome job, even so far as to dial in the inside of Sprinter vans, which have become the new standard moto transportation for moto. Uh, these guys can handle it all. Uh, they use ATC world-class trailers, uh, top shelf service and performance in their products. Uh, Custom Outfitters out of South Dakota doing an awesome job. We're stoked to have these guys on board this year. So whether you're looking to just do some camping with the family, uh, looking for a trailer that can fit all your toys to go out to the desert or wherever, uh, look no further than Custom Outfitters. 
And finally, last but not least, specialized bicycles. If you are in the market to start pedaling, this is where you want to start. Uh, they've got great entry-level bikes all the way up to the Cadillac, the new Levo um, e-bike. Uh, any, anything in between, man. It doesn't matter what kind of riding you're doing. Go check out and start with specialized. Don't waste your time on something that's going to break. The derailleur's not going to shift after a couple months. Get something quality. Uh, these guys make it. Specialized leads that industry. Hey, everybody. Thanks for clicking on another episode of MPH Moto E Performance and Health with Coach Rob Beams. Welcome back. Thanks, brother. So our uh, topic today is strength training and why it's necessary for racing, when is best to do it, what type to do. Um, there's, it's gotten a bad rap over the years, sure. you know, uh, yeah. people think, oh, if I lift weights, I'll get arm pumped. Of course. Uh, which depending on what you're doing, that you could train your forearms to pump up if it's a lot of pulling grip stuff. But, uh, I think that the benefits outweigh that if you really think about it and there's ways to do it smart. Yeah. Well, we can do an, another show on just arm pump itself, but you know, when somebody tells me that weightlifting creates a lot of grip strength and that causes an arm pump, um, that's like saying lap pullback creates back pump. You know what I mean? Right. A lot of times with the with the arm pump, I mean, we're going to make some assumptions here. You're in the center of the bike. You're not behind it. As soon as your belly button's behind the pegs, you're going to invoke the potential of arm pump. But we also tend to forget, if you and I go to, and we get a massage, very rarely you say, hey, do you mind stripping my forearms? You know, we're going to go to back. We're going to go to legs, stuff that always feels good when you get a massage. But the same physiology applies. You have the skin on top. You have connective tissue called fascia below that and muscle tissue. Well, if this stuff becomes sticky because we don't give it much TLC, we don't give it much attention, it literally starts like two, you know, scouring pads. They just start to stick. Mm -hmm. So if you get massage or do your own self-massage, just grip and lift, or there's a lot of, you can take tennis balls and massage them. But what you, you've got to treat this from your wrist to your elbow just like you would your shoulders. Mm -hmm. So when all of a sudden our shoulder goes into spasm, we don't go, hey, we got to get shoulder surgery. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Right. You got to get those friction points broken down or muscle spasms, whatever it may be. But when you bring it back around, you know, full circle on strength training, we've got to remember, even if you're on a 65, you know, sometimes these bikes weigh more than the people who are riding them. And it's when you, I just personally believe there's not a sport more difficult on the face of the earth. I, I was quoted on saying that in a television broadcast. It's, you know, you've got the weight of the bike, you've got the speed, and we decide that we're going to take it over some really big bumps. And you've got to offset that inertia. And I refer to this as a moving gyroscope because of the three-dimensional plane. You, you hit something, that bike can go one of any 365 degrees, right? Mm -hmm. 360 degrees. And what you don't want is to be too weak to be able to compensate what that bike's going to send. We all know the bike goes this way, you hit the rear brake. We get it. I mean, we're this way, we know we're holding the throttle wide open. But what happens when that bike kicks sideways? Yeah. And if you don't have this, the specific word, and it's a way overused term right now, it's functional strength. But I'm talking functional strength to a gyroscope. So we'll have people that will join our program, and they're like, oh, you don't know me, I'm fit. Well, you're fit, you're just not fit to ride one of these. And that's your problem. Because you're going to the gym and you're training – like just moving one muscle group. Well, unfortunately, movement doesn't include one muscle group. No matter what we do, movement is never one muscle. Right. So every muscle, if you look at like extending my arm, bicep brings it up, tricep brings it back. But for me to bring the bicep up, the tricep has to elongate. There's always two muscles. There may be some physiologist that says, oh, there's a one muscle in your body that moves independently. That's yeah. cool. But for conversation's sake, that's why strength training absolutely has to be part of your program and it needs to be year-round. That's a part that people screw up because 
we, when we look at periodization, preseason is all about maximizing strength. Everyone goes, yeah, strength training, I get it. Then when we go into pre-competitive phase, we still want to be keeping the load levels up, but we're starting to drop a little bit of speed work. That means we bring the load levels down. We're still lifting, but the amount of weight we're lifting goes down. Then when we get into competitive mode, we're not lifting a lot of load, but the reason why we're still doing lifting exercises is because of the supporting staff of tendons and ligaments. We want to keep the tensile strength of the tendons and ligaments strong so that way when you do happen to hit the ground, you've got the supporting staff so that we don't end up seeing stuff snapping. Yeah. So that's why strength training. I mean, even we've got Loretta's coming up in a couple of weeks. We'll have athletes that will do lift. They will lift weights till Friday before. Yeah. Not heavy. They're just keeping everything tight. Yeah, I always, I always looked at it like uh, strength training is for those moments that go wrong. That's right. Whether, whether you 100%. can save the crash or not. 100%. So if it goes a, a direction you weren't expecting or the bike does something, that's raw strength pulling it back. That's you can't right. finesse your way out of that. And you just said the key word. Remember we talked about it in a previous show. You three-dimensional plane of a motorcycle, the left and the right side pegs, what's going on in front and behind the pegs, and what's going on above and behind the seat, or above and below the seat. Well, not everything can be fixed with a throttle mm-hmm. or a brake, right? So that functional strength, that's why I like that word functional. Sitting down and just doing a seated bicep curl doesn't make any sense because right. it doesn't involve movement. And what we do is, and it, I don't care if you're a triathlete and you're in open water swimming, you've got to have functional strength. Yeah. This is just unbelievable because of the velocity, the weight, depending on the bike you're on, the horsepower, the jumps we and, hit. And the, the huge. variations that it could come at you. So fast. A, every single different yes. direction you don't know. Yeah, I mean, something hits the side wall of the tire. Next yeah. thing you know, you're going 40 degrees sideways. I look at uh, a great example is Cooper Webb at Millville this year. Yes. Clips a tire with, it, with uh, Chase, and he had to have the strength to fight against what that bike was wanting to do, pull it back straight enough that he doesn't crash. Yep. He still did crash, but he saved himself a guaranteed injury. 100%. And then him getting spit off, again, now that, that extra strength you've put on is beneficial when you hit the ground and tumble. Well, the ability to absorb impact, right? Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, this sounds a little harsh to somebody, but um, you, you've got to be able to bounce and not break when you hit the ground. I mean, hitting the ground is just part of our sport, but if you're physically strong, and we've talked about this in other shows, when you're physically strong and you supplement that with flexibility, mm-hmm. that's your best prescription to offset injuries. Yeah. There's no two ways about it. It's got to be strong and flexible. Because think about one without the other. Go ahead, excuse yeah, me. Yeah, they, they can't exist. They can't you, exist yeah. by themselves. Not functionally. Okay, so if you are talking to just the weekend warrior types or local competitive local guys or even guys at an amateur level, at a high level, what moves would you recommend? I've always been told the deadlift is one of the best movements you can do if you're doing it correctly Mm -hmm. in terms of a complete posterior chain movement yeah what what do you like well it's it's so funny that you brought that example up because this is the one that gets me in trouble all the time i think the the function the the traditional deadlift and the squat are the worst things that we can do as racers is that right but for the wrong reasons okay because most people can't do an air squat with good form i damn sure i'm not going to have them do it with load Mm. So it goes back to with once you can show me that you've got functional movement without load, I'm all for, yes, the deadlift is going to be the best functional movement for the posterior chain. You got me. I, okay. I couldn't agree with you more. But show me you can do that functional movement without load, i.e. invest in a foam roller, invest in a power dot, invest in a good massage therapist, and get a good chiropractor. Because now once you show me that we've got muscle symmetry, we've got joint mobility, because you got to think about it. If I'm complaining of a shoulder injury 
and I, I look at you anatomically and my shoulders are anteriorly, they're rotated forward. Is that because my pecs are so strong? Because if my shoulder rolls forward, now the muscles in between my shoulder blades are always going to be extended. Mm -hmm. Now I'm riding the bike and I just lose the front end in a corner and the front end goes away from me. Now I tear the muscles in the back of my shoulders. Is that a lack of strength? No, it's a lack of flexibility in an overdeveloped set of chest muscles because it's going to anteriorly rotate the shoulders. So we're always looking for making sure that every joint, the bones sit in anatomical neutral. We see this a lot. We're good. We could talk about the, I refer to it as the difference between a pain site and a pain source. So someone will report themselves to our offices and say that their low back hurts. So if you imagine that the front of your quads attach at the top front of the pelvis, specifically at ASIS, if your quads are tight, it pulls the pelvis down and forward. Well, that creates that curvature in the small of your back, lordosis. It also, because I've taken the pelvis and I've pulled it forward and up, I, now I'm going to have a high hamstring tear because that's the opposite side of the attachment. Right. Quads are tight. Now I have a hamstring issue as well as a low back pain. Someone says, oh, my back hurts, so I'm going to stretch it. Worst thing you can do. It's called the stretch reflex. It's a self-defense mechanism. Mm. This is what understanding the difference between the site of the source and the source of the pain itself. Tight quads are the source, but you're feeling it somewhere else. Right. And it goes back to strength mm. training the same way here. When you're looking for that balance, it's, do I need more strength in my, te in, my, in my pecs and my chest? Not if I'm already anteriorly rotated. I need to get this flexible so now I can go to neutral. Now I need to work on sh rear shoulder strength so I've got front and back balance. Yeah. That's going to be the key. So you, there isn't like a certain set of things that you're like, these are the, these are the movements. It, it varies person it to person. It just always starts with functional movement. Right. You know, if you can't get in a pike position, you probably shouldn't do push-ups. Mm. Because you've got this big curvature in the small of your back. If I can get your back nice and straight, now we could do a legitimate push-up. Right. Great, push-ups are going to help. But what are the two things that set us back? An injury or an illness. So when you can't do something without load-bearing, I would be absolutely irresponsible as a physiologist to say, you know what? You can't do an air squat, but we're going to do squats with 200 pounds. Gotcha. Because that's the key workout. Is there an exercise that doesn't work? I don't think there is one. Hmm. There. there we're humans, right? Any movement's going to be advantageous. Yeah. It's about looking at the consequences of bad form that's exacerbated with muscle tightness mm. and then muscle weakness that leads to more muscle tightness that leads to compounding and cascading of injuries. Yeah, I think a step that a lot of people skip is some type of functional diagnosis like yes, you're talking about. Go, go to someone who can say, uh, do left versus right That's strength right. and movements and go, okay, you're tight on this side. This side's stronger than that side. You obviously have an injury here right. or a longstanding one. I can see, you know, break that down, try to correct some of that. Well, and take and it a step further. Forward. Somebody that's broken their femur, right? So they've broke their thigh muscle, the atrophy, the muscle shrinkage on that side is going to be there. So now I'm going to be left leg dominant. Now I'm throwing the balance of the bike off because I'm always going to be left leg dominant. I'm going up the face of a jump. I'm leaning on the left. Bike's always going to kick. Mm. I'm trying to go through rhythm sections. I'm trying to go through super cross whoops. If I'm left leg dominant, I'm always, I'm just interrupting the input to the bike. Yeah. So when you talk about a functional assessment, what we do with our athletes is we do what's called muscle symmetry. I want the left side to be the same as the right side for equal power output, but that has to be supplemented with flexibility. If I'm Gumby on my right side and I'm a rock on my left side, I'm probably going to get hurt more on the left side because of the lack of mobility, not a lack of strength. Mm. That's why I always say they have to be synergistic. Not to, you know, beat that dead horse, but it's one without the other 
it, you know, if we think about, no pun intended, we're only as fast as our weakest link on this bike. You could mod the motor, but if you don't put the supporting staff on it, and you put yeah. a stock chain on a modded bike, we're not surprised the chain breaks. Sure. Well, there's, a, there's obviously a lot more to dive into here to strength training and a uh, lot more information over at completeracingsolutions.com. Um, have, have Rob uh, helped you through some of these. You know, there's, there's uh, a lot of free stuff on there, but you can also get a membership and yep. get more engaged Happy with to you. Help. So uh, you're a fantastic resource. I highly recommend people taking Thanks, advantage man. of it. So uh, get over there and check them out. Stay tuned for more MPH videos. Thanks for watching the Whiskey Throttle Show, now available on the Spot Network, an independent standalone streaming platform live now on Apple TV, Roku, Amazon Fire, Google Play, Android TV, most smart TVs, and all phones and tablets. Look for future live shows and specials only available on Spot Network. Download the app today on your favorite device. And don't forget to like and subscribe and click the bell to get alerts for all the latest content. Follow us on Twitter at W underscore throttle underscore show and on TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram at Whiskey Throttle Show.